I'm so sorry, Daddy. This is my fault. I never should have got on TV. I should have stayed quiet. Everybody get up out the car. Get out the car and line up on the grass. Point seven of the ten point program, say it. Stop crying and say it. We want an immediate end to police brutality. Finish it. In the murder of black people and people of color and oppressed people. By what means? By any means necessary. By what means? By any means necessary. By what means? By any means necessary. So why are you gonna be quiet? Welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think, what is this in the tin? It's best film ever. My name's Ian. I'm Liam. I'm Ethan. And I'm Georgia. Hey, and were we all here last week? Um, it's hard to remember. Austin remember. Powers. Yeah, yeah, Austin Powers. Yeah, yeah. Austin Powers, Star yeah, Wars. We've, we've done a few. Yeah. We've done a few. So, um, I don't, we're here for... It's gonna be it's gonna be a complicated one. It is. Episode 122, The Hate You Give. Ooh. I've already got my end line. Have you? I'm very proud of myself. I've got my end line. Oh, good lad. So there's the hook. <laughs> Make it through however long this episode is. He's got his end line. But I'll tell you what should be a hook as well. Not just the end line. But we're going to be joined, after we do the deep dive, we're going to be joined by uh, BFF at the BFE. And yeah. even if that wasn't a title that we give on our Patreon, she'd still be a BFF at the BFE. Oh, definitely. Yeah. We've got Julene joining us. Julene. 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 I like that Ethan realized about two notes in. All right, I'm not supposed to do this anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I felt like I was in the room with you guys for a split second, then I realized my sad reality. Hopefully that's what everybody feels out there. Wherever you are, you feel like you're in the room with us. The room where it happened, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And... I'll tell you the rooms where it happened all across the world. We charted this week in uh, in Great Britain, in Canada, Canada. in Australia, in South Korea, in Norway, in the Denmark, in Netherlands. (laughs) I should have said the Netherlands. (laughs) In Switzerland, in Nigeria, in Egypt, we were number 45, I think, in Ghana, number 25 in Ghana, and number 5. Thanks for leaving the light on. In Sierra Leone. Hey. Now, tell you what, this one's going to be a bit, this one's going to be a bit serious. It is. So yeah. the counterpoint to this one, kind of, go listen to Austin Powers from last week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or go listen to Star Wars from the week before. I have harvested so many clips from those two episodes for end of year stuff. Is it all Ethan? Uh, no, no. Probably for Star Wars. I didn't talk bit much of it about Star Wars. Uh, it's either Ethan or us reacting to Ethan or us sparring <laughs> with Ethan. Normally, Ethan, I'm the full guy. Year at the show. Oh, I think I will be a, a much bigger end of year Ethan quotient than usually this year. But there is that. Thanks, but Austin Powers. I mean, we talked about some big ideas there. Anyway, we talked about nationalism. Mm. We talked about. Um, I'm trying to, I don't want to say Hooters, because we didn't talk about Hooters, but I think we talked about the idea about, um, women's the dress culture code around in, Hooters and yeah. culture around of. Hooters and the idea about, you know, having men in positions of authority in a business structure like that just feels mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah. So we talked about that. 
Um, we talked about lots of big ideas, actually. So uh, give that a listen. I really had a lot of fun with that one. And Ethan and I finally put out episode five oh, wow. of, uh, of Moon, Dancing in the Moon Night. Oh, okay. Yeah. So give that a listen. It's, it's, it's been much waited for. I'm still playing catch up on that. All right. Well, there yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah. Our pod's the perfect pod for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we officially decided our real roundtable is on Bruce Willis. Bruce, the uh, tweet went out. People are starting to flood in bits of information. I look, this time it is at you, not on the microphone, mm-hmm. because you're the person who compiles our audience lists. I for do, things like yeah. That. So they are starting to come in. Well done, Georgia. Uh, yeah, thank you, Georgia, for that. So good. Um, and so, uh, but the biggest thanks goes towards our Patreon backers who helps yeah. keep the light on here at the Studio of Awesomeness. I'm, of course, talking about Reverend Bruce, of Juline, of Hermes, of Lena Oberholzer, of Katie McRae, Ensign Ian Davies for making it so, Chris yeah. Peterson, Randall, what's your Twitter handle, Silva, the silent that. enigma at the BFE. Dwayne Smith. Hi, Dwayne Smith. The Yeet Meister. Nate the Great. And Cheesy. With a fish on a bike. George was the one who wasn't making any eye contact because I was trying to direct us in, I and she just I went. See you. No, you were early. I, I had to jump us in oh, to make yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you're singing with Liam, and you're like, "Oh, he's in! God, join him!" Every time I'm like, "Just, just watch me, <laughs> follow me." I'm kind of like Tom Cruise. Help me, help, help you. you. <laughs> I want so, you to help me. There we are. I, speaking of a little bit of help needed. There's a mistake. Oh, no. oh, I'm realizing a mistake I made. I haven't gotten rid of some of the hyperlinks. I usually remember to do that. Uh, that's a mistake. <laughs> so I'm trying to read like almost white writing on white paper. Good Ooh, luck to well me done. there. Um, first off, I, I do want to go. It feels kind of in, against the spirit of that. I really had a lot of fun with Austin Powers last week. I thought it was a great episode. Yeah, it was. Um, the mistake made by me is we were talking about Roseanne and how she kind of went nuts and said a bunch of things she shouldn't have definitely, definitely not said. Mm-hmm. And not shouldn't have said, she said some like terrible evil things. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I said, then they're, they're now calling it the Arnold's. Of course, that's a mistake on my part because the Arnold, that was Roseanne's surname when she was married to Tom Arnold. Yes. It's the Connors. Connors, that's it. So, of course, uh, I want to say thanks to my sister for picking that one out. Hey, it's your sister. <laughs> Who also, I mean, I went ahead and said... It still makes me... It still gets me. I went ahead and said, you know, I remember my dad saying love and all that stuff, but I didn't remember how how the women took it. My sister apparently does. Oh. I don't know how my younger sister had a better memory than I. Well, I probably wasn't paying attention to, to, no. to, to, to the women hearing it. I was just focused <laughs> on my dad. But she went, a dad loved call, sorry, a dad called ladies love and they swooned. He was very charismatic. Well, you know. Yeah, like I, father, like father. Oh, okay. I was going to go, oh, maybe one day I'll be charismatic too. <laughs> you are charismatic. Oh, You're charismatic, but in a different way. I don't think you'd go around calling Oh, I'm not love. that kind of charismatic. No, no, no. no. Different way. No, no, different way. Yeah. I think it would break my brain if I tried to do that. Oh, like, yeah. I'd instantly be like, okay, wait, process, process. <laughs> I want to see that. Oh, jeez. You're charismatic in the way that, like, you're quite loud and, like, instantly, there he is. Like, oh, okay. you know, he walks into the room and it's like this persona of, or well, not a persona, but like this bubble of, like, personality yeah. walks in. Whereas I reckon if your dad went around calling people love and they swooned, that was more of an understated kind of charisma, like a... I've been watching a um, series of YouTube videos called Charisma on Command, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. And it's all about like what we can learn from famous celebrities about like how to be charismatic. Yep. And it's actually really kind of, I'm sitting there, I do see some of it. 
I do see some of it. Like they said about Craig Ferguson, he always starts off by being about 10, 15% louder than everybody else in the room would be at that point as a way to make the conversation there for themselves seem more exciting than what's going on around them. I'm like, I think I do that. You definitely do that. So I'm like, hey! And then, you know, we, then we bring you back in, but it starts off loud. I'm like, I think I do that naturally. Yeah. But it's a really interesting thing to take a look at and kind of then self-assess. Mm. You definitely did that. I tell you, I can give you an example of when you did that. We went to a a cast meet for a show that we're hopefully going to be in um and you 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 walked in late you were the last one in yeah but that's because you didn't know where you were do you want to know, know why i was late why were you late i've made a deal where i'm not going to eat in my car and i was starving so i stopped by tesco and was like trying to plow down this meat, tesco <laughs> meal deal so try to get through a sandwich and some crisps because i will not eat in my car which kind of is defeating the purpose wow. of kind of what's occurring at this point i should have turned off my microsoft teams oh well so much for that so that's why i was late but back to anyway, the conversation yeah, you walked in late and everyone had already kind of gone the hi i'm georgia i'm playing insert character name here and they'd all we'd all done it a couple of times because people kind of came in in several different groups and we did it again when you walked in and instantly your volume was like Hi, hey! I'm in. <laughs> I'm properly up there. And I, me being like well, one of the nothing, only people in the room that know, knew you already went. <laughs> but there's nothing more depressing than just if, hi, I'm so and so. So this is the first time we meet each other. This should be an exciting event. Even an Ian need a hug sometimes. Yeah. Say that was a good impression of Eeyore, Will. <laughs> well, you've seen me, we talked about this, we've having a conversation today about me directing and stuff like that, but when you have those yeah, first meetings, I'm not like, yeah, yeah. all right, guys, well, it's nice to see everybody. <laughs> it's, like, it's that first, because mm, you need to be excited about it. And we're excited about everybody listening right now. And I'm talking to the people in the microphone. People in the microphone. People in the microphone. <laughs> they're not so, in microphones, they're in headphones. With that, well, I don't know, from, from, from my mouth to their ears, that's where we go. So, um, Nate the Great says, he, he, he wanted to point out his points here in numerical form. Number one, Ethan was right this time for me, at least. I only saw Uncharted because of Holland and Wahlberg. I know nothing about the Uncharted games or played them ever. And I said, okay, I hear you. But respectfully, that wasn't the point I was making because I went and saw it because of Tom Holland as well. Mm-hmm. The point I was trying to make is that movie doesn't get greenlit. Yes. If it's not an existing piece of IP. Yeah, yeah. And then you use the star power to bring people in yeah. on top of that. Yep. At which point I went... Oh, yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> Which is the point you was making. So, you know, hashtag Ian is always right. Well, I have no idea what this button is right now. What is it? Enter, stranger. That's not acknowledging me <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Enter, stranger. I, I definitely need to uh, fix that. That is from Nightmare. That is. That is the, that is, yeah. Oh, you weren't here. When oh, you guys um, were all away, I was referencing, we had the nightmare conversation yeah, the week yeah, before, yeah, yeah. and so I introduced both Jason Lai and Hermes using the Enter Stranger. That's brilliant. So, yeah. I was just go. looking at the buttons to see if you have still got it on here, but I don't think you have. No, no, it was, it's, it's in the first bank. Yeah, it goes through several, several things. Yeah, how many have you got? I've got oh. many, but it's like, you know, happy birthday wishes and stuff from years gone by. So, so if you just <laughs> not got rid of them. Please don't lose where I'm at or else I'm not. I think don't know I'm which one it is. Is that one? There right. you go. The <laughs> uh, second point was I did get the Pledge of Allegiance right. Well, thank you very much. Number three, Big Boy is all over, he says, but he's only been to the one in the Detroit. So I did a little bit of research. Big Boy is an American fast food restaurant chain headquartered in warren michigan which is in greater metro detroit mm-hmm. big boy was started as bob's pantry in 1936 by bob weed in glendale california the restaurants mm. became known as bob's bob's drive-in and then finally bob's home of the big boy 
Oh. So there we go. Um, and the hamburger originally was called uh, Bob's Big Boy. I'm guessing, yeah, Big like Boy. Like Big Mac, yeah, kind I'm, of concept. I'm guessing Big Boy became the name late after the after. It the became burger. the thing that like identified them, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there was that. So I thought it was a Canadian, apparently not. Apparently there's very few in Canada. But <laughs> and I went on their Wikipedia page, not one mention of Austin Powers. How is that possible? That's crazy. Because tell me they were never more culturally relevant than yes. when they were doing the Big Boy oh, jokes. I've never heard of them until then. Yeah, yeah. So there we go. Um, we've got a thought here from Ian Davies, who says, I do find the way the Americans treat their flag very strange, and he's not a fan of a Union flag, whereas Wales. Well, I'll tell you what, we just watched, well, I watched Eurovision last yeah. night. Union yeah. flags everywhere. Yep. And that's the Jubilee scene, Oh, I really it? hope, so I really, flags. really hope it normalizes again. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. we can take I'm it hoping. back. It was great to watch Eurovision, because usually, certain American audiences, Eurovision's this crazy thing. They have American Song Contest. It's very, very... You're starting to try yeah, it, yeah. but it's not, it's not nearly the no. event this no, is, no, so no, no. I'm going to explain it still. And basically, it's the idea that every country out of 40 submits a song. It's a, Technically, it's a songwriting competition, not a singing competition. Mm. But they do sing them. They release the songs. They... <laughs> Except that the singers have to be from the country, but the songwriter doesn't. No, no. The song, the singer does not have to be from the country. Celine Dion has been on Eurovision many times. That's what I mean, but the songwriter doesn't have to be. No, the songwriter does have to be from the country. The singer doesn't. We've written loads for like other countries that have won before. I don't know what to say. I know what Celine Dion has sung, and Canada will maybe be part neither, of the first time next time. Need to be anyway. Okay, it's like football. Uh, everybody shows up, and then they sing their songs, and then there's this double vote, one by like the musical experts Hello. who rank them. Musical experts. And after the musical experts had their go, Great Britain, United Kingdom was first. Yeah. yeah, and then it was the popular vote, and naturally the people in Ukraine are in everybody's thoughts and prayers and hearts right now. So they ran away with it. <laughs> it was yeah, the popular yeah. vote. Yeah. Hey, we come they like though. they like tripled or quadrupled their score based off that. So if it was it like was, right. if it wasn't for that though, uh, one, one would argue if it wasn't if if the political situation wasn't the way it is, yeah. we actually would have been with a shout yeah. to win. So and we normally have nil point, and we, previously. Because of Brexit, we were like zero, zero points. Last year, we were zero. And the winner gets like four to 500 points usually, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so then the thought, but it was, everyone you saw there were Union Jacks being waved and people, and it was like, oh, it's okay to, it's okay to be this for one night. It was okay to be British again. It was okay to wave that flag again. It was inclusive still. You could wave that and still be inclusive. Like back in the 90s with Britpop. With Britpop and and Noel Gallagher and the Spice Girls and all that and Austin Powers. Yeah, and Austin Powers. So there we go. He He is the best of what we offer though, isn't he? Bless his heart. Bless his little cotton socks. Because he's, I mean, he was, he's from I a, never heard of him before yesterday. He's not a particularly, he was from a not particularly wealthy family that did, I believe, uh, like carpentry and those sorts of trades. He got famous through TikTok. Yeah, that's what um, I understand. And was chosen by the BBC because he is a, a like a working man of England, which good on him because he seems so lovely. Um, mm-hmm. You know who, who also is lovely though is Ian Davies, who says that he wanted to know where the Welsh flag is made up and the British. Because if you haven't seen the British flag, the British flag is actually literally the Northern Irish flag. It's the, the patron saint flags of yeah, so, England, Scotland, and Northern Ireland. Yeah, right. But it's the English national flag, the Scottish national flag, and the Northern Irish national flag all layered on top of each other, and it makes Union Jack, which is just brilliant. It is. Yeah, so... Uh, there should have been a Blood Red Dragon in the middle. Oh, Ian Davies posted one for Blood Red Dragon <laughs> in the middle, and I'm like, yeah, I'd have that. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're like, that flag, you know, the old British flag has issues, let's put a dragon on Slap it. Slap a dragon on <laughs> it. Absolutely. <laughs> Ian Davies, I'm one million percent in favor of that. So George slaying the dragon, so that's all inclusive. It's all inclusive, so there we go. Every flag Never is better it, with the dragon. Oh, okay. no, I mean, obviously, because it's a dragon, but like the actual, the actual St. George, who was a real person, yeah, yeah, yeah. was a uh, Roman, uh, a 
Roman soldier. Ah. Yeah. Imagine dragons on our flag. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be radioactive, radioactive. Um, I love when you laugh at your own jokes. <laughs> it wasn't even a good one. He only laughs at the bad ones that no one else will laugh at. No, I like it. It was just, <laughs> going, well, as long as someone gets the reference, I'm just well, happy Why is the there. flag going to be radioactive? It doesn't make sense. The people will go radioactive for it. <laughs> it's going to go nuclear, I tell you. Um, speaking of um, futuristic materials, uh, we found out that Clint Howard has been in four Star Trek shows. Uh, Clint Howard was, of course, the guy talking about the, about the big boy last yeah. week. Uh, he apparently, he's been on all the original Star Trek, Deep Space Nine, Enterprise, and Discovery. If you're not on TNG, wow. you don't mean a thing to me. That's my, that's my, that's my Star Trek sort of thing. <laughs> Uh, resident Posty Russell, hey, 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 hey Mr. Postman, Postman, says the guard who gave Austin his items back, including the Swedish-made penis enlarger pump, is called Neil Malarkey. He and Myers used to have a double act that used to appear on British kids TV in the early 80s. I never knew that. Because we did mention there was a nice back and forth between yeah. them. Yeah. I did stumble upon that in my research the first time around and went, eh, who's really going to who's really gonna mind if I miss this? Russell, the Russell is yeah. saying, hey, I got an extra delivery for you. Did I say Rusty the Postal? No, no, oh, okay. no. I said Rusty. I have previously, haven't I? I yeah. said Rusty. Uh, <laughs> Russell. Sorry, the, sorry, Rusty. Yeah. You're uh, Rusty to me. He said, Ian, you were curious to know why I thought I didn't age well. He said, simply didn't laugh once at Austin Powers. I wanted to have a great time, but it didn't happen. I have no idea why. I have a very juvenile sense of humor as well. I wonder if it's one of those movies that's better as a group watch. Yeah. Because you, you get to sort of like relive it corporately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This you find funny. If you start giggling, someone else, else giggles you. at it. Yeah, yeah. So I think yeah, the bar like is lowered. If I'd have watched it by myself, I'd have had a much worse Son. experience. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hermie says already. I think I'm going to be on Team Georgia for this one. Didn't even offer my fifth seat rank because they don't want to unfairly bring down the overall score. Hey, Hermes, buddy, hey. If, if you've watched the film, yeah. as yeah. long as you watched it. And you've got an opinion, even if it's low, that is valid. It's okay, yeah. Yeah, it's As not a... Katie we don't do <laughs> We don't do strategic voting here. Nope, nope. No, no. So if yours is low, but you watched it, if, you, if, yep. if you're like, I hate that movie, I won't watch it, fine. Don't watch it. Don't yeah, watch it again yeah, and yeah. don't give us a vote. But if no. you sat down and watched it when I still hate it, give, give, give us that low rating. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Reverend Bruce and <laughs> yeah. Katie aren't going to be shy about giving their... We turn tens and twos. Tens and twos. <laughs> tens and twos. <laughs> Um, he says, all I can say about our logic regarding, by our, he means American logic regarding the patriotic pledge and the logistics of law is simply America. E.g., we don't ever make sense, but damn it, do we love it. He says, most schools no longer require the Pledge of Allegiance. Oh, yeah. And that's part of that hyper real thing because I, because the movies teach me that every classroom does want it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe that's not the case. And that's the thing where you go, I have this idea. I've never set foot in a real, but I've experienced this fake realness that I then accept as being real. Mm-hmm. Hyper reality. Hyper reality. Um, he's also willing to throw in a little cash for the Shaguar. So we'll get in yeah, contact yeah, if, we can, <laughs> if we can find the, uh, he just wants, he just wants to, hey, you make the trip over here, buddy. I'll give you a ride. <laughs> um, friend of the podcast, poet laureate, Dwayne Smith. Uh, Dwayne Smith. He went all the way back to our mailbag. And I really wouldn't usually include stuff from this, except for he has a very good point. Because our video game Mount Rushmore, if you remember. Ooh. was mario that's going back it was sonic yeah i forget who the third was dang it link maybe Warcraft? link uh, i think he said Lara link. Croft. Lara Croft. he yeah. wanted to throw in the idea of pac-man Ooh. and i went oh that's a good one that is that a, good, is a one. good one that's a very good one probably overlooked because it's not necessarily a console game it's more of an arcade yeah, game it, is. But it yeah. counts doesn't it 
Well, it's 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 greatest. I mean, the Atari twenty six hundred or arcade yeah, before yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was it was an arcade thing first. Maybe it does. I guess just the idea about what era it comes in because I think I was sitting there going, I was starting with Mario in nineteen eighty four yeah. or eighty three, whatever it was, and I was going, that's the Super Mario Brothers, not when he's in Donkey Kong, when he was just called Jumpman. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think Pac Man's a totally valid shot. Oh, well done yeah, there, definitely. Well done there. I've played on the uh, world's largest Pac Man machine. Have you? Yeah, and lost to my friend Emily. Okay. It was really cool. That's, that's anticlimactic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not very good at it. <laughs> uh, Dwayne says, absolutely loving the Austin Powers episode. 52 minutes in, you haven't got past the first scene. <laughs> he's not a, wrong. It was a long one. But it's a very enjoyable tangent. So, uh, I, mean, it was, I think it's one of those ones where it did open up conversations. Yeah, it did, yeah. And hmm. so he continues to go, as one of the people that live in the microphone, hey, hey, uh, I would like to propose covering Austin Powers 2 and 3 in the same way you cover Star Wars. Do it once a year of a spy who shagged me next year and gold member the following year. You talked about this, though, didn't you? Stamp of approval. There Summer of are. love. We're going to do are. that. Yep. So next year, we will bring you Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. There we and are. the following year, we will bring you gold member. Yes. I do hate that word. Shag. Yeah, I don't think... In um, America, that's known as a dance, isn't it? It's a type of carpet. Yeah, I was saying, shag carpet is a type of carpet. <laughs> that's the biggest thing, yeah. Oh. Um, I, I, the, I, the theory being that shag rug. Mike Myers might not really have discovered how how crude of a word that is yeah. over here. Because over there it's like, oh, it's this British word, shag. But over here it's like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't really say this in front of your, in front of your, your grand. No. No. So it's that kind of concept, a little bit of cultural that, malaise. It's almost like dirtier than saying like to fuck someone it feels dirtier see yeah. back home no very much the opposite no, like, but yeah. here, to me, no, like, no that's that fine no. Yeah. so i think that's an important thing to sort of express yeah, yeah. to the american because like he's dropping the word shag yeah like oh what like carl urban drops the c word on the boys <laughs> you know what i mean like it's it's everywhere it is um so yeah so i'm officially using executive producer powers to go absolutely <laughs> executive producer powers you say yes executive like awesome pro- Aust- powers <laughs> executive producer is my middle name <laughs> uh let's do some shout outs shall we so, oh dear shout outs uh for well, i think actually you're gonna discover next year actually that they the first movie makes them realize oh dr evil's actually the breakout star and so like the second movie is all like it's dr evil's movie oh my idea wasn't at the fact we're doing it, it was at your joke that you made so oh, okay i'm, I'm, I'm um, all right with it you're just a little bit okay <laughs> uh, let's give a shout out first one to julene just for being fantastic julene. and we'll we'll hear more from julene later really? on in the show yeah. Looking forward to it. uh ray from being bookish thanks a lot ray if you're into reading if you're into books if you're into sort of book reviews of modern released books um then ray from being bookish is your person russell the post he had his birthday this Yay. week birthday birthday Aww. birthday Wow, I don't even know what that was. Is that, is, is that a thing, or do you guys just riff on no, that? No, just riffed. Wow, <laughs> that was impressive. We, we got to remember that. So it's intrepid. It's birthday, birthday, birthday. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> Russell, you will be the first. You will. There's your present. Uh, plus, it saves you having to carry it around and deliver it to yourself and all that stuff. Uh, Josh, my next favorite movie, who has confirmed... Best summer ever two. Best month ever. Oh, best month ever two. Two. A best month boogaloo. So um, I said that we would have a conversation about if we want to talk about themes or something like that. But we'll we'll get back to them on that. I have no idea what film I'm going to do. No, not a clue. I don't really want to do one. I've covered in the pod already. I kind of want to go somewhere else. Can you pick anything? You can pick any, as long as it's a movie. Yes. Uh, okay. You can't pick like Baywatch, the TV series, episode three of season four. It's a good episode. Though. <laughs> 
Goodness. I look forward to Liam's to Liam's Baywatch review episode. <laughs> we could do a Baywatch podcast. Baywatch. No. Yes. No. No. It's about 13 seasons. Some people stand <laughs> for darkness. Darkness. It's a banger of a tune. It is. It's like you hear that tune, you're like, how is that the tune to that? I know, right? I'll be ready. Uh, I'll tell you who else I'm ready I'll for. Be ready. I'll tell you who wasn't ready. <laughs> Go on. Seth Green. Because <laughs> a few oh, people no. did take us up on the offer of tweeting him. Oh. Yep. Oh, Mr. No. 1990s and hashtag Seth Green for the bit. No, no, you all know me. Oh, if you want on. your microphone to yeah. stay on. I love this. Get there. Get a hold of Seth Green and tell him. Seth Green for the BFE. Yeah. We are doing the spy who shagged me next year. Next year. Come uh, on, Seth Green. Let's get Seth Green in the pipeline. Come on, dude. Is he, is he in the second one? Oh, yeah. He's in all oh, three. He's in all of them. He's in all three. Just checking. Come no, on. he's great. Seth Green. Seth Green. Here. Seth Green for the BFE. Woo! So just go ahead. Tweet him with that hashtag. hashtag. There we are. Every week. Every week. I'm going to bring this up. <laughs> if we do it every week, I think we may have a prayer. Who knows? Um, so uh, I've got Carlo who had, uh, first off, Carlo, just thanks for everything you do. Yeah, Woo. thanks, Carlo. Uh, he had Ethan on for an episode yeah. on Star Wars. I've listened to most of that. I haven't made it all the way through yet because I had finished cutting my grass. So I was like, all right. <laughs> Wait, no, hang on. I think I did make it through all the way through it. Ethan, did you talk about 15 hours? I did because you guys, oh, did, so did, your, you guys did your trivia contest where he came with, yeah. with some pretty mid-level trivia. I don't think anything was too hard that he threw at you. What is George's favorite Star Wars character? Not that one. Um, but, you know, Joa. really enjoyed it. Uh, go listen to the movie Loot anyway, but listen to it for Ethan. I know Dwayne hey. Smith said he listened to it and really had a good time with it as well. Oh, good. Uh, your friendly neighborhood, Oklahoma. Ooh. <laughs> Thanks for the love there. Oh, I think that's that. a new one. Thanks yeah. a lot. Uh, so Wizard Podcast for the love. They're great. They have more people than we do, which is saying something. Shoot the flick for the love. Charlton316, of course, from the Post Wrestling Network uh, of, of fans, who says, I owe John and Wayne at Tim Hortons if I ever meet them. Yeah, I, I've, I've made no claims to the contrary. Uh, Way especially has been very kind whenever I've asked for any sort of feedback or any, not feedback, but any idea. I've said, what do you do here? What do you do in this regard? How do you do this? And he's always got back to me, no matter how busy the guy is. So thank, thank you, you thank very you, thank you. much. Um, Hermes says, you know what, Ian? You can keep Jim Carrey's name out of your damn mouth. Ian is not always right. He's just saying that in anger. That's all that is. <laughs> Hermes, Hermes, I understand. At some point, you're going to realize, Jim Carrey, not that good. Oh, not, right, yeah. not that good. He's an overactor. <laughs> and spring! Can you make up now? All right, then. Gif of the week future dress right that was the, the space dress space dress sorry space dress yeah i um, come up with these on the spot so you know you don't say <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had entries from russell the posty josh my next favorite movie ian davies chris peterson survivor uk revived uh nate the great juline and cheesy and uh my win i don't even know if it was an official submission but I'm going to give it to it. It was Survivor UK Revived who did a, except a picture of Ariana Grande kind of dressed like a fembot. I was oh, like, oh, cool. I count as a space dress. Well, I'm yeah, counting yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's our win, whether it was, was adjacent it a GIF, or not. Oh, it was a GIF. Oh, okay. It was definitely a GIF. How do I not see these? I don't know. Why am I well, so well, bad I get on tagged. Twitter? You don't. You don't get tagged in those ones because oh, they just okay. tag it to the to the, to the BFE account, mm-hmm. don't they? Okay. So I uh, thank you very much. Let's uh, while we're just finishing up here. If you really want to thank us back in return, you can give us a review on Apple or Spotify. Yeah, five yeah. is our magic, magic number. number. Five is the magic number so uh the film i kind of stayed <laughs> off the the context corner on this one because i really wanted to experience this first time huh? uh first time uh, yeah. to, as i typically do with films that i have um 
Xperia without having done before. And especially if we have someone who's picked it coming on, like mm-hmm. Julene has. Obviously, she's picked it for a reason. Yep. And we I look forward to unpacking that with her when she joins us in a little bit. <clears throat> Um, what we do have in the sort of medium term is going, I'm assuming nobody had seen this before. Nope. Nope. No. But no. having, having just looked, cause I Googled it just quickly it, cause it was a book first. Yes. I, 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 do, I do know that. I've, seen, the I've seen a couple of things about it. Okay. So it was a young, it was a young adult novel. Yeah. Which I think makes sense. We have, with the protagonist that we yeah, have in yeah. this film. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and so uh, that's really kind of all I went to with that. As far as one fact, what is your one fact you know, Ethan? Uh, When we get to KJ Apa's character, I will bring it up. Cool. Okay. So that's a that's another hook for you guys out there. It's not a fun hook. Okay, so you know he's not like a Dustin. He's not like not like Dustin Hoffman's hook. He was a fun hook. He was was a fun hook. (laughs) This is a this is a this is the anti Dustin Hoffman of hooks. Yeah. Ah, to die is the ultimate adventure. (laughs) What there will be like without. Captain Hook. And if you want to listen to a full review of Hook, go check out the Talk in the Mickey archives, yeah. where we actually talked about no, that. No, we didn't. No, we oh, didn't wait. Do did we did do Hook? We did Hook. No. Yeah, I we did. remember that. We did Hook. I have when not. did we do Hook? I'm sh- did someone take a look. I guarantee you I'm right. Ooh. I kind of half remember watching it recently, but I don't remember talking so about it. Hook is so long. I think we talked about Hook when we did our real roundtable on... Um, oh, on Robin Williams. Maybe that yeah. was it. Oh, and okay. then we were like, on. it's so long. Hang on, maybe. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll get confirmation on I'll that at some point. You have a look. All right, so... Are we still getting downloads on Talking to Mickey? Oh, we're, we're still charting every week. Oh, nice. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. We're like, typically, like, we, we sort of live in the number 50 zone in Japan. Oh, brilliant. And, like, all sorts of places in South America. It's crazy. It really is. So good. So why are we doing this? And I don't mean... <laughs> somebody going, yeah, why are you doing this? <laughs> hang on, hang on. But why are we doing this? Um, well, we're doing it because Julene has brought it to the table. Um, it's, this film was directed by George Tillman Jr., who did Soul Food and Faster. I think Faster was with The Rock in it. Oh, I like that movie. Oh, do you? Yeah, I do. Okay. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either. It's a great little movie. I mean, he's not going to win the Oscars, but it was a great little movie. Screenplay by Audrey Wells, who did The Truth About Cats and Dogs, Under the Tuscan Sun, and Disney's The Kid. Interesting. The Kid, that's Bruce, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that's Bruce Willis. There we go. Yeah, yeah, Eligible yeah. for the real round table. Look yeah, at that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Audrey Wells, not black. Mm. Just an interesting mm. thing for someone who writes about clearly the black experience. Yeah. And I had my statement when we did Steel Magnolias, where I went, written by a guy. Mm. Said, Nothing wrong with that. Mm. If you can provide a story like this, that's, you know, what that is shouldn't get in the way. No, exactly. So, um, yeah, so it was just an interesting little little point that I was very surprised to find out, in, especially in today's climate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cinematography by, I'm hoping I'm saying this right, Mahai Malaymer Jr. That's Mahai Malaymer Jr., who, amongst other things, has done The Master and was the cinematographer for Jojo Rabbit, Ethan. Oh, I love Jojo Rabbit. Uh, the cinematography in that is fantastic. Why, that's why I threw it to you He's for that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought, who do I know who likes Jojo Rabbit? <laughs> Q Ethan. Yeah. There we are. Uh, music by Dustin O'Halloran. Nope. D- Dustin O'Halloran, who did the music for Lion. Now, Lion, I. S- oh, did oh. I see Lion? Is that a Bob Marley thing? Oh, I wanted to think. That's it's, the it's, Nicole Kidman one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it is the one. Okay, yeah, okay. So we're yeah, okay, the same no. one. Nicole Kidman yeah. and, oh, what's his name? Uh, Dev Patel, I think. Dev Patel, thank you yeah. very much. He's in Slumdog. I don't know. I, I literally teach that that film. <laughs> and I quiz walked, my students on his name, and I, I blanked on it. I walked past him once. 
Dev Patel. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Passed him in the street, in the high street. Oh, in Lynn. Yeah. Because he was doing David Copperfield, wasn't yeah, it? That's yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, Dustin O'Halloran did the music for I Love Dick. So, <laughs> I'm, Sorry, ass- I'm assuming that, that that's an intentionally provocative title uh, about something else. I never thought how you say that. So let's unpack, let's un- let's peel off the band-aid really quickly here. We're four white people talking about this film. We are. And so as such, uh, we are going to do what we always do, which is talk about this movie as a movie. As, mm-hmm. as a construct yep. where characters might feel consistent or inconsistent in their motivations or things like that. We'll talk about that, but never for a moment would we try and sit here and hypothesize no. that we can relate to the black experience in, I think this is designed to be California. You got that feeling, yeah. It's got that feeling, but okay, but just the American black experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yep. are separated both by ethnicity mm-hmm. and by nationality. Yep. And in some cases, Liam, you and I by age, because <laughs> some of the yes. words that's thrown out here, I'm like, I don't know if this is youth culture, I don't know if this is black culture, I don't know if it's American culture. But either way, I'm three parts removed from it. Yep. So there we go. I'm five parts removed. And so <laughs> I think it's important just to just to acknowledge that off the start. And yeah, we're kind yeah, of yeah. doing uh there's a, a great South Park episode um that was commended by the NAACP. Um where the basically the 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 gist of it is that the at the end, um Stan goes up to Token at the end of the episode and goes, I get it. I don't get it. And I'll never get it. Yeah. And that's what I get. Yes. And Token goes, now you get it. Yeah. yeah and it's yeah. that idea that I know that I'm yeah, going to be yeah, off yeah. to the side on this one. Yeah, yeah. And we'll but the that. film has been made, and I feel in a way that lets me come in and access the narrative, mm-hmm. and it sets that up really well. So that's the conversation we're going to have. I just want to sort of be honest and sort of front load that for our listenership. Yeah. Okay. So um there's i tell you what like this film doesn't waste any time getting to the getting to the like significant difference between experience because we open and it's the talk and i think when you're white the talk is about sex the birds and the bees i think this is a talk that i've heard referenced many times in many uh situations by people um in well by 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 black people but i both mean in films and in real life they talk about when they've had to have this conversation and it's about what you do and it's completely alien to me because have have you never heard about this talk oh so the idea about what you do if you get pulled over what you do if not even if it's when thank you yeah what you do when this situation will happen and it's training you how to react we had a small conversation once with georgia and ellie about conversations they get told about how to protect themselves as women who are vulnerable and i went wow that's that was one that floored me i did not know that that one Mm. happened i'm aware of this one and so the idea that uh you know you stay calm you do not get angry yeah do not get argumentative both hands always Always. on the dash because if they can't see your hands they will assume things Mm. and so none of this was like a a foreshadowing for stuff to come later this is a talk that happens this blows my mind yeah because like you said when we were watching you were like we just have to worry about oh my god how much this gonna cost you know yeah as far as a ticket goes ticket wise don't you um, we don't think about our lives or anything, do we? We got retweeted by professional wrestler Bully Ray last week, and um, <laughs> cool. which was kind of cool. But cool. actually, I bring this up because he's part—he's uh, white, but his tag team partner in the Dudley Boys is black. Yeah, 
and they were getting pulled over once and he was starting to get a little bit lippy and his partner Devon had to go shut up you this is a different experience for for you than it is for me uh, shut uh, up oh, okay do not get belligerent and was kind of calling back to this yeah, yeah, yeah this situation here um so that's that happened this day and age this is a really i've had to discuss it i'm sorry I've had to uh, discuss this idea because obviously my my girlfriend's black, so uh, her niece also is black. So we, I think, her brother had to have the talk with her, with her niece a while back, and it's really horrifying thing to see from the outside. Yeah, yeah, Um, and I think this scene is really effective for a white audience because it jumps us in the middle of us. If you don't know, no. Now you know. <laughs> yeah. And um, can I just give a shout out right off the top to Maverick, who's played by Russell Hornsby, oh. who is amazing in this film. He yeah. so is. Because yeah. he's the mix of control and being a good father. And emotion. And emotion. But yeah. you see, he's not He's not a perfect... If anything, no. he's, the, he's easily... The, the, he might be the only nuanced character in this oh. film. Maybe one of two. I'm probably giving away too much now, but yeah. Because um, he's got flaws. <laughs> oh, so much. He's got flaws and he's got emotion oh. and he's torn between what he knows and the life he's had and how he feels. But, but he's, he's the great. One I relate to the most. Yeah. Um, being, he says, uh, but even though we have to go through all of this, don't uh, look at your blackness as a negative. Being black is an honor because you come from greatness. And he lets them know he's going to drill them on the Black Panther 10-point program, which he calls our own Bill of Rights. Mm-hmm. And he says, know your rights, know your worth. And then we get a time jump uh, to Star. We meet Star's bedroom and we meet Star. And Star is played by Amandia Stenberg. There's an extra I in there. Amandia Stenberg. Oh, it's Amandla. There's no... Oh, is, 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 sorry, is that it's, an L? It's an L. Yeah, it's thank an L. You, thank I. you for the correction. Amandla Stenberg. Stenberg. So, Stenberg? Yeah. Oh, I've got my extra things now here. Let me take that one more time just for <laughs> clarification. Amandla Stenberg. Okay. Um, I'll tell you what. Will Smith on the wall. <laughs> oh, I know, right? Jeez. She references Fresh Prince later as well. Does she? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's a weird scene where she like walks by and her brother's like peeing on the toilet seat. Yeah, and I was like, what you doing? I'm just watching my brother pee because it's what we do. I think she's really good in this movie as well. She is very good. I think her acting performance is fantastic. I think her character is not as nuanced as dad's. Mm. Uh, she's a little, yeah, maybe that's what we need for a protagonist in a film like this. But again, I, I'm, it's really, I'm going to talk about character construction <laughs> without making any sort of, cl- it's not a, a commentary on the ideologies present. No. Okay. So we were discussing, I think at 16, 17 years old, you do think you know everything though. You are quite one dimensional. That's, yeah, and that, I think that's best evidence in the scene that comes later. Yeah. But I think there is that, I think we have a whole lot of that actually with, with all the high school students. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, but I'll tell you what was nice, and it was a functional relationship and a steady father figure, because so often in the media, black fathers are represented as being absent. Yes. Yeah. And it was great to see this positive, strong, loving mm-hmm. man yeah. at the head of this family. Even if the family has, com- there's, 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 there's complicated matters in this. Well, of course, yeah. 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 Um, we get introduced to the town of something Heights, Garden Heights, which, uh, Star refers to as the projects. And we see like the sort of 
key areas in the community. We get, we get the barbecue joint, we get the barber shop, and we get Daddy's store where you can buy hot Cheetos. And these are all, I think, fairly and milk. And milk. Yes, which will become important later. These are all fairly, I think, conducive with um, the way sort of these cultural hotspots of black communities that have been established in other media texts. Yeah, yeah. Ethan, am I am I am I am I hitting that right so far? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I hope I'm not going to be the barometer for this. No, no, no. I'm just thinking. Yeah. You're probably the one who'd be most likely to tell me if I wasn't getting it right. True. True. Yeah. <laughs> I was really worried for a second. No, 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 no. We're not. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, and so uh, we also get introduced to King and King is Anthony Mackie in what I can only refer to as hey we got Anthony Mackie yeah and does he do a whole lot nope it's Anthony Mackie it's Anthony Mackie um, just a presence isn't he <sighs> is he well, that's a good question yeah. is he I don't know if he is no I don't think he is but they no. brought him in just for the presence yeah it? and if you're gonna have a, I mean, if, you're, if you're gonna bring Anthony Mackie in but he can't give you that much time this is the role for him yeah but I'll tell you what the relation they tried to give me a relationship between him and Maverick yeah and that wasn't I don't think it really pulls pulls nah. it off especially when he's supposed to be his right hand yeah I think we, I think we need like a flashback scene yeah, or something. Some, something. We need something more. Yeah, more than just the one conversation well, they, we got. We do get the idea that he is done time because of him. So they've yeah. done. It's going to be a strained relationship now. They're not going to well, be buddy buddy now, are they? Or I, particularly I, wanting to talk. to I each think other. there's a scene that comes up, which I think yeah. will help us sort of unpack that a bit. But a uh, dad used to be Maverick used to be Mackey's right hand man, King's right hand man. They're called the King Lords. King Lords, yeah. Bit of a strange title, but it all right. is, isn't it? Um, Bit of a mouthful as well. It is. And then we meet uh, we meet Star again, but we meet Williamson Star or Star Two And this is the idea of dual coding. Is this a term that everybody's come across before? No. No. Okay. No, but I kind of get it. So, uh, dual coding. I hope I'm getting that term right. Dual coding is when. Um, uh, Big Mouth talks about this a lot. Uh, it's the idea that when uh, sometimes a a black person is in a w- heavily white community, they de- they separate themselves from those behaviors that would be considered too black. Yeah, and they pr- adopt more more white behaviors. Yep. as a way to make white people feel secure with them being around. Oh, okay. And we see this present in the film when Star talks about how she won't use slang. Yeah, and meanwhile we get like you know um, all of her friends using you know slang all around them and and probably adopting speech that would be can be considered them trying to be black, them trying to be urban, them trying to be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, she says slang makes them cool. Slang makes me hood. Yeah, and she says I hate myself for doing it. Yeah. Which is interesting. And then we go to the locker room and we get locker room talk, but usually locker room talk. It's a different kind of lock. Well, I guess they're still talking about sex. But we found out her boyfriend, Chris, brought a condom on her. So basically, he was trying to pressure her into sex. Yeah, but later on, I don't think he was. I think when he talks later on, he's saying, I don't know where you were coming from. So I thought I was doing this. So I, I thought, yeah, but well, maybe I, I need to do this. Or Yeah, but it wouldn't be the first couple where the boy thought one thing was happening and the girl thought another thing was happening. Well, no. But the, it doesn't make the girl's perspective any different. She felt she had that sprung upon her. Yeah, but I think, I don't think he was, that was his end game. But we such. don't know. Because no. we're, we're aligned to her. Yeah, the movie yeah, aligns yeah. us to her yeah. tightly. 
just whether the way or he not, is later. Whether or not his intention was malicious with it, she still felt like it was very, very sudden, and that can feel like a very pressuring situation. And because she is the one we're aligned to, we sort of have to take yeah, her perspective I think on he that. He was under pressure. Like, do but, I, am but, I doing the right I hear thing? But we, we don't know his side outside no, 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 of the no, conversation no, 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 he has no. with her. Right, not right then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, even even when he talks to her, we, we get a more full picture from her. We don't have a scene where he talks to his friends. Oh, Star's no, really upset, no, no, but all no, I was trying no, to do was this. So no. because of that... But he speaks later about... Yeah, it. but she feels uncomfortable. And I she think does, if there's a situation seen. where a, a, any any girl's going, I feel uncomfortable... Yeah, I, I just say, the, the female perspective on this it would be that even if their intention isn't malicious, because I've been in this situation, even if the intention isn't malicious the pressure from male to female in that situation can come across as incredibly daunting and incredibly pressuring even if they don't mean it to be even expectant i imagine even very expectant mm, okay. and so there's different there's different pressures in there and you they can you can be the nicest person in the world and not mean this in, not mean it maliciously but it comes across because sex is such a yeah. almost possessive type of a thing that it is yeah no which i think the film does a good job because chris does come off as a pretty nice guy in the end but i think that's what george is saying even if he is a nice guy you can still completely get get it wrong wrong. yeah Yeah. but what i'm Mm. I'm trying to say is from his point of view because later on he says later on um is that she goes on about the girls all wanting sex yeah and he felt i felt she can can i felt he felt that he was under pressure going am i doing the wrong thing here do i need to say this then do i need to do this yeah when she didn't he didn't for her i mean you so, yeah the, the relationship you know I mean? needed more communication right. but I mean, the fact is he acted on it she doesn't break up with him liam so i think I, 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 I mean, i'm hearing him, what yeah. you're saying she's going you but she needs to go you need to know you've made a mistake i understand he explains his rationale and she goes they're not breaking up he's not a predator no no no, no that's no, not how no. the film's presenting him no, no, no god no because no. she it's just him. it's just a boy and a girl who should have talked to each other yeah, yeah, rather yeah, than yeah. have their actions yes, of assumption yes, yes, go. Yes, yes. and i think this seems important because this shows her as being this is a this is a normalized problem free of ethnicity a boy is trying yes, she yeah, feels yeah. pressured by a boy into having sex and she's not ready and she's strong and she's independent and we see her and her friends sort of rally together in this idea that you know we are better than this yeah, yeah. okay ethan anything you want to add we just had a big conversation <laughs> no i i was basically like uh intention or not it's it's all it's also it's a, it's a two-person thing so if one person feels uncomfortable they're it, no matter the intention, that's always the the prerogative. Uh, then, good time to talk about Chris because we meet Chris, played by yeah. KJ Apple. Why don't you go ahead and drop your one fact on us? Here? Yeah, go on. Uh, KJ Apple was not originally going to play Chris. Okay. Uh, KJ Apple, uh, sorry, Chris was going to originally be played uh, by. I want to make sure I get this correctly. Where did it go? Uh, was originally going to be played by Kean Lawley, who is a youtuber influencer and actor uh, who is in barely anything important but um i bring it up for this film because he he was kicked off the the uh the film because videos surfaced of him using racially offensive slurs oh. yeah it's probably get fired from this film for sure of all of the films get fired from film i mean film is full stop but definitely yeah. this film yeah. and from what i can tell they're so much better off because kj apper is Amazing. Oh, he's brilliant. And KJ Apper is also half Samoan as well. I wondered if there was... Yeah. Oh. He's in Riverdale yeah. as well. 
He's Archie in Riverdale. The ginger one. Yeah. Shut up. This is Archie? That's Archie. I'm, yeah, this, this I'm is glad Archie. they didn't do Archie wrong in this one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just had a bit of face blindness on this one because yeah, I did not see, notice I, it. That, I got it because that's why I Googled him because I went, I'm, I know that face. See, if it's Archie, he's got to be ginger and have freckles painted on him, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it. Yeah. Well, you, you know Archie from the comics. Oh, no, Archie's from the comics. Yeah. yeah. So basically, it's like, it's like, it's like a, it's like they took Archie from the comics, but made it like... Um, really? Him? Yeah, but they I'll give him like red hair. Hang on, and they kind of make it like it's like a, like the CD teenage drama. So yeah, almost yeah. like it's like oh, what was it called? Not Beverly Hills Nine Two One Zero, although not not too far removed from it. Yeah. Oh, okay. what was the one Heather Locklear was on? Heather Locklear, Melrose Place. Yeah, kind of like a Melrosey yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. but then it gets a bit more fantastical as it goes along. Oh, but originally, okay. it wasn't a, it wasn't a half bad show. Oh. It, was, it was Luke Perry's final role before he died. It was. Yeah, I know that much. Played Archie's dad. It's oh. very goofy fun now. Is it? Yeah. Um, and so we have the, and so Chris walks up and we have the reveal. There's a song. Pippin. That wasn't the song. This is the song of Pippin's people. <laughs> okay, hang on. I'm going to have to do a little. Da, 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 da. So there's the reveal of Chris and we have the song. And then we have a slow motion and we have a pan up, which is everything the teen film tells me. This is the love interest. Yes. This is your typical. Like I teach my students to do this exact technique. <laughs> Maybe not the pan up, but she's, she's all about the shoes. And yeah. so that's important. So we have yeah. that for the pan up. But the key idea is this is somebody important. It's KJ Apa. It's TV's. It's Netflix's Archie Andrews. <laughs> so, um, and he goes, oh, he knows Jordans are my weakness. And this whole time, we've been having kind of like this internal monologue voiceover done by um, Star. Yeah. And it's important because A, it creates intimacy between us and the character. Mm-hmm. And secondly, it lets you keep some of those narrative passages, I guess, out of the book. Yeah. And yeah. you just get to sort of do that as a voiceover instead. Yeah. Because I imagine the book's written probably in first person. I should imagine. I so. would imagine. I know it's written as from her perspective. Yeah, so, yeah. so that would make sense. Uh, and so you get the idea that she's been hiding her white boyfriend from her black parents. Yeah. Because he's like, I want to come over. And she's like, yeah, no. Excuse under the sun. And if anything, this is, okay, maybe this is, maybe this is the one weakness Star has. Because Star's a pretty perfect character, which might be a slight issue I have with the film. Mm-hmm. Is she's really perfect. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. scared isn't a character flaw. No. You know what I mean? But this is. This is a different kind of fear. This is, she knows what the, but it's dishonesty to her boyfriend because she's not being honest with him why she won't let him come home. No, exactly. I, I think my dad, I think my dad doesn't know about you, but we're not going to bring that up until you actually come in the house. That could have been mentioned a whole lot sooner. Uh, a lot, a lot sooner. That easily could have been mentioned in one of these voiceover things. They've been together six months. Six months. Uh, especially because I'm jumping ahead, but mum knows about it. Yeah. The brother knows about it. Surely this should have been a plot point. <laughs> Just a thought. Yeah. Um, and he says to her, he's trying to explain. He says, I know I screwed up. Look, we've been dating for almost six months. A little bit of exposition alert in the dialogue here. Mm-hmm. Although you could go six months is one of those, is one of those benchmarks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So six months is a benchmark. Six yeah. months is, is a benchmark. It's those things, by, especially probably in teenage land. Oh, definitely. Six months is this big number, and that should represent progress in a relationship. Definitely, yeah. When you get older, I think we realize these numbers don't mean as much. Nope. Or, maybe, or maybe we don't. I don't know. 
Um, but Chris, uh, I got my notes. I don't know if the dialogue is cheesy or not. Potentially two levels of distance for me or three. I talk about culture. I talk about age. I talk about nationality. So there we go. And then we get this bit where he's dancing and she goes, anybody else would think he was acting black or trying to act black, but this is just Chris. And I went, is, I don't know what to do with that. No, they kind of, cause kind of what they want. Other people might think it's cultural appropriation, but I'm going to be the one who signs off that it's not. Yeah. I think it's her saying he's not doing it because he thinks it's cool, because he thinks it's a black thing to do. He's doing it because that is just how he is. Okay. If we had if we had the story from another character's perspective and they went, oh, he's trying to act black, does that change this? Yeah. Because she gets to be the the only barometer for us of Chris's behavior. Mm-hmm. She does, yeah. But I yeah. think that's because she is she's the girlfriend, so it's the probably one of the more intimate relationships that we see i will say at this point i realized how good the cinematography in this film was because he's dancing with his lovely slow zoom into her and i'm like it's it's really especially with the voiceover it it was it's weird because he's just dancing he's just acting like a goof and i'm sitting there going the camera works so good in this sequence (laughs) but it's still quite endearing as well oh it's meant to yeah yeah. it's meant to endear us it's meant to forgive this is for us to forgive him there was an initial problem. She's forgiven him. We're going to forgive him. And kind of foreshadows he's going to be the exception. Yeah, yeah. Because for the most part, with the exception of one extra, he's the only white guy who gets it in this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really. And that's an important character to have, or else it's just really simplistic. Yep. Yeah. Um, where do we go next? We're going to go to... Um, oh, we get the... Qu- <laughs> She goes, they start like cuddling. They goes, I hear all the questions. Why is he dating her? And I'm like, hang on. This is 2020. Yeah. We had a show in Canada called uh, Degrassi High. Okay. This is set in 2009. 2000, set in 2009? Yeah. It's, okay. uh, the book is based on a true story from 2009. We had a show in, in Canada called Degrassi High. Um, <laughs> Drake's on that, isn't it? Drake is on that. Uh, he's he's on the reboot. He's on the reboot of the grassy. But anyway, it's the same sort of legacy. And there were two characters. And I'm talking. This must be like 1991. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who had like an interracial relationship? And it was like everybody was asking them, "Why are you guys together?" That was a big deal in '91. In 2009, the book for a film released in 2018. I went, "Is it?" I know that the bigger question I think would be the fact that she's poor. Hmm. i don't know i think that's one i mean we said about obviously the different uh even cultural experiences as well i think here that is that's still a big deal Get, interracial relationships here but this isn't said here this is set in no, the states i know, I know but I'm just, I, that's one of the th- things that is still a thing here is it i think so okay i'm not aware of that isn't the first um interracial kiss done by um star trek Back in the 60s. It is. It is. Yeah. But as far as a normalized high school but, I mean, relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, we have seen texts that have done this. I mean, shoot, what was the movie? Oh, I'm trying to remember what it was called. Save the Last Dance was oh, 2003? Two, three, yeah. Like, what is the... I'm just saying that... Yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. I don't understand this. And what there's, was- there's ways you can tell a much more nuanced story. Yeah. Not why is she dating him, but there could have been some really like generalized assumptions about black culture made instead, yeah. rather than just why is he dating her? She is black, he is white. And I'm being funny, I don't think everybody would look at her like that. No, it's a very privileged community, right? Yeah. It's, a, it's a very white school, isn't it? Oh, she, she, she is, wouldn't be like finger that. quotes, the black kid. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I love this scene only because I like the fact that he doesn't even acknowledge that. She looks around, and normally if someone's eye contact moves, your eye contact moves with it. Because for a film that's going to talk about a much more subtle form of racism mm-hmm. with its student body, mm-hmm. much more subtle, it doesn't really line up with this whole, why are they together? I think it comes across as also like, what because he's obviously one of the most, like, he comes across as one of the most like, attractive people in like their year group and those sorts of things. So I think <sighs> it comes from this, the girls going, why is he with her when he could be with me? They really underdeveloped this school. There's like three students who matter. Yeah. Yeah. There's a uh, star. There's Haley. There's uh, Chris. And then there's other girl who exists to be a barometer of how everything else is going. Yeah. I don't actually know what her name is. She's good. Her name. Yeah. Um, and then we meet, is it, is it Kenya? Kenya. Kenya. Yeah. 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 Uh, the only person she hangs out with in Garden Heights. And it's really interesting to have these two scenes juxtaposed because we clearly see, see them a difference between, um, Star, who's been du- dual coding. And then we see Kenya and kind of the difference in the way they carry themselves. Isn't Kenya half sister? No, I think she's dating. She's dating no, seven. No, Kenya is oh. the daughter of, um, uh, of seven's, seven's mum. Okay, so actually, yeah. technically, they're nothing to each other. Oh, no, okay. they're not. They do. They do say it briefly at the party. Yeah. Okay. But she says something along the lines so, of just because my dad hooked up with doesn't make us family. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, so the sense. only person I hang out with in Garden Heights, I'll tell you what, this party, the use of red. Yeah, in this party, oh, the was lighting really, really in this good. film is outstanding. Yeah, I said that when I was watching it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this is effective. Star doesn't feel like she fits at this party either. And Kenya's a great juxtaposition for who she is and how she feels comfortable or not comfortable. I think Kenya's like a terrible friend. Yeah, because she makes that they're there for two minutes. We're like, oh, they're like besties, <laughs> and then it's like, no, they're gonna leave you. Nope, you don't. Man, tell you what, she has, she picks really bad friends in this movie. She does. Star's got terrible friends. Um, uh, they're talking about, um, I'm trying to build up to a quote here. They're talking about how, I guess that you, cause Kenya's upset because I think the guy she's dating is also with some other girl and Kenya's going to like throw down with this girl tonight. Yeah. As in, like, fight her and wants uh, Star to have her back. And she probably doesn't like that at your school because, you know, you don't have hoes there. Her words, not mine. Yeah. And the quote <laughs> that came back is, Hodum is universal. <laughs> Hodum. I'd love it. I love that so much. That's brilliant. Did anyone else think he looked a lot older? The guy that she's supposed to have been with who's now with this other girl? I, 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 don't, I, even remember, I don't even remember who this guy is. Oh, okay. Uh, he just stuck out for some reason. And then we meet Khalil. And the voiceover tells us he was a brown-skinned Moses in the Red Sea parts. And it was kind of it was a great introduction for the character. Yeah, he's a great he's a great little character. I liked him. Uh, Talking about the use of voiceover, that was important. Uh, they're shot very close together, and they have this really long conversation, mm-hmm. which at a house party is impossible to have. Is- the music would be way too. Let's keep it low so people can have conversations. <laughs> yeah, this is important because the audience because we're not gonna have much time with this guy. Nope. No. Leslie, nope. That's how much that is. Um, <laughs> I like Leslie. Um, so she looks at his sneakers earlier, and I went, "What?" I was like, "Was there a cutaway?" To it? I felt like there was a cutaway to his sneakers, and then later she scuffs them. I don't know what's going on with her shoes because that's a big old scuff for one little moment. Well, she says, doesn't she, that um, something to do with 
Pumas? No. No, he's at Jordans. Jordans, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. She said he always had me at Jordans or something. That was the first boy, but then we see the yeah, look down and he's wearing nice, nice kicks nice, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a nicer one. Yeah. yeah, and like she's a massive sneakerhead, which would be a slang term used for someone who collects trainers. What we would call trainers in this country, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, and usually Nikes or Jordans specifically. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's a whole like resale market, like it's insane. So I've I worked with someone who Jordans who, are expensive, aren't they? Yeah, I worked with someone who like puts in like all of the like pre-sale stuff yeah. for several different ones and they're just to resell them and then the vi- wear them. and then the vintage ones as well yeah, and then like yeah, there's, there's yeah. a whole secondary market on it it's, it's really cool. yeah 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 and so um she scuffs them she sneaker head. actually it's strange because she goes down to clean his his sneakers it's a very intimate moment mm. yes yeah, very very intimate moment and then you know she she and she says how do you have the money for these and it's kind of left just hanging there and then shots are fired, and everyone just gets out of there. You know, I've never explained why shots are fired. I, I guess, it's, Ethan, I don't, I don't think it needs to. I guess it's just one of those in the air. It, it would happen. Yeah, Khalil- also the fight, the fight that I don't think the fight is linked, but no. it's also one of those. It's up in the air. Khal- Khalil explains as they, as they come out of it. He just wants to go party once, where like fire, shots don't ring out. Because yeah. that sound like that was in the house. Like oh, yeah, yeah. someone is, yeah. you know. That's why they is always, that a regular thing then? Well, I think, yeah, Khalil tells us that this is what happens when one, they go to parties. Once Ugh. where it doesn't happen. I, I wouldn't be going to these parties. No. If you're like, there's, they told me, hey, there's like a 100% chance that someone will fire a gun at this party. I'll oh, take yeah. a rain check. Yeah, same. That's just me. But I'm from outside the community. Yeah. You know what I mean? We also, also have a very different. We have a very culture. different gun. Not that you know in Canada we got we don't really handguns, but I lived in Phoenix for a year. I still wasn't like, yeah, sign me up. No, where's the gun party at? No. Although I think that's because obviously if you've grown up with it being the norm, it's not a norm. Hang on, thing. it's not a, well, a norm to have the to have guns around <sighs> to be guns to be in presence no, around, but fired. Oh yeah, no, it's not. That's not what. Okay. No, I wasn't. I wasn't going with that. Yeah, but the, obviously they're still going to these parties. <laughs> so, um, and so, um, they oh, the they go to Khalil's car, and uh, Khalil, and there's he's listening to some Tupac. I mm. I don't know anybody anybody listening to Tupac. No. I'm I not a big to. I'm not a big rap guy in general. I used to back in the day because my best mate in high school was black. Like 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 I'm white, right? So I mean like like I'm, I'm not like white just my skin tone. Like even like, like yeah, you listen to the whitest music you could possibly listen to. The one rap artist I really had for the most part was Will Smith, and he and I are done talking. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, uh, I'll I, slap you. I do that. own one Emin- <laughs> I do own one Eminem album. But but I don't want to be that hey, I don't want to be that guy, right? He, he was endorsed by Dre when he so yeah. But like I've curtain call the hits, right? Yeah, I've yeah. got I've got that, and I yeah. I mean, look when they had the Super Bowl, I was like, I loved seeing all that. Oh, I was kind of like, oh no, I don't get it. People well, are like, oh, it's like my it's like my childhood. I'm like, nah. It, it kind of was my childhood, but it wasn't by by choice. It was just by because my mate basically yeah. Paul was um, into it. And um, so I'd be exposed to it, and he'd be exposed to my my sort of music that I liked, so sixties, seventies, that sort of stuff. And he hated it. But now, when I look back and I and I hear that stuff, that music, um, it's just like, oh yeah, memories. Like I grew up in the mid nineties. I was in high school in the mid to late nineties in Ontario, Canada, where for the most part it was alternative rock, and the music stations we listened to that would be kind of what would be would be present, or at least within the youth culture. 
And remember, those are days before YouTube or the internet, folks. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, if yeah. you didn't have someone sort of exposing you to this music, you didn't really jump on board with that music. And there were still... No, but I did have someone... No, talk, 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 talk. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think Britain has always been much more embracing of a wider variety of music than North America has. Yeah, I agree. Uh, if you see it, there's an old... I was about this the other day. There's an old David Bowie interview where he's on MTV and he's taking one of the VJs to task about how they don't play enough music by black artists. Oh, okay. And the guy's like, you need to... He's trying to do the old businessman thing. You need to realize that my bosses are worried about the audience and maintaining audience numbers and advertisers. And Bowie's like, well, then you shouldn't be doing business business with those advertisers and he says if you don't have more black music i think he threatens to say then don't play my music if you're not oh, going to do that good old bowie yeah you, bowie's good you know what i mean oh yeah i'm off the fence now i'm pro bowie yeah, <laughs> I am, yeah. no no so it's just another case where you go the guy just got it but i think britain's always been much more because when i came over here uh, I, we've even had this discussion about like disco and things like british people just like a variety of music do, yeah i think in north america we go this is my music this specific little radio station's worth of genre that's me mm. i was exposed to a lot of um 90s country we got cmt over here that was great what country music television yeah, yeah. <laughs> Travis Tritt, Garth Brooks, yeah, we Dwight Yoakam. So, yeah, where I was from, was right. from and like, you did a lot of country music where I'm from. I loved it. I'm not a fan. <laughs> I, I'm not a big, apart from Johnny Cash and a few others, I'm not a big fan of old country. I like a bit of Dolly, but I like the 90s when rock and country collide. Yeah, new, new country, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so he gives a quote from, this is Khalil again, back in the car. He gives a quote from um, Tupac, one of, one of Tupac that yeah. says, uh, "The hate you give when you're little infants fucks everybody." And this would be like a like a, a motif they would come back to over and over and over again. It's also the name of the movie. Roll credits, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, she asks why because she kind of susses out that he's he's running around for king. And he goes, why are you doing that? Because the job he was supposed to go do didn't really amount to anything. So this is the chance that you've got. Um, and so this is a nice duality in a sense of her dual coding. She has her white boyfriend and in some ways she's kind of got this black crush, black boyfriend thing going on here. That she's very, living two very different lives. That's very boyfriend, girlfriend in this, in this scene. And, and, and it feels very authentic and, yeah. and organic and they have a shared history and all that stuff. Yep. So yeah, it's very well acted because it does come across as they have known each other since they were tiny babies. Like it's very well done. I'll give you that. The chemistry is excellent. It is, yeah, excellent. And In uh, fact, I think the chemistry between them two are more so than with uh, what's his name, Chris. Chris. Yep, I'll give you that. Yeah. Well, there's an argument there for shared experience growing up, anyway, isn't there? Because yeah. Chris is very white. Yeah, very white and very rich. Yeah. So there's just multiple barriers between them. But even as the even as the actors go. Okay. KJ oh, I see is, I mean. yeah. is probably grew up differently to how the other two did. Yeah. Although I've seen a lot of white actors have terrible chemistry of other white actors. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just... I'm just... And, and, and vice versa. Yeah. Um, they talk Harry Potter and their first kiss in a way more organic way. Yeah. I thought, this is good writing. This is really well done. It feels like they've got this shared history. I love they throwed, th- throwed? threw Harry Potter in there. Yeah. You know, I, didn't, you know, I didn't realize how big... You know, Harry Potter really was, and that that reach certain. Yeah, areas. and this idea that you know we've got we've got two black characters who grew up idealizing these yeah these these white characters yeah and going you know certain elements are just kind of and again it, it normalizes 
just like the conversation or the in the locker room or the conversation around, around the dinner table and some of situations where you go as, as, as silly as it sounds to go oh yeah oh i like it, it, it creates commonality yes. between yes a large mass audience yep. and a situation we might not necessarily find ourselves in yeah so there's also the the notion that a lot of um communities at least as i've seen on um on the internet and stuff obviously it's not entirely reliable but there are people who when they first read harry potter before the films um saw both harry and hermione as either mixed marriage or black because of the descriptions they give never mentioned skin tone for these two characters and you yeah. get the hair description on harry mm-hmm. as being wild and black and these sorts of things and especially with hermione's description as well you get several different people who have but gone that's a black character didn't they actually illust- but they have illustrations on the front of the books don't they Illustrations don't always mix up, match up to description, though. No, but I hear you, but if you put it on the front of your cover and go, here's the story of Harry Potter, hey, look, it's a white kid. Harry's on the first one, but Hermione isn't. Okay. And and Hermione in, uh, as a cursed child, they cast her as... Yeah, she's black in cursed child. As black, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. It's like uh, like right now with Percy Jackson. They've cast um, a black girl to play Annabeth, I think is the name. And that's a character that people well, have perceived as what as, as any race throughout the, the entire book's history. Look at how people lost their mind when they cast Rue as black in the Hunger Games. Do you remember that? Oh, maybe you're not. I wasn't a Hunger Games Oh, person. my mm. word. So, like, Nothing. oh, okay. There's people out there who are going to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that was great. When, when, when they did, did the Hunger Games movie, they cast a character, a little girl named, named Rue, and they decided that, you know, she would be her district, where they came from, that would be sort of a, a heavily black populated district. And people went, I can't believe they, and it was this, you know, oh, their social agenda. What? That more than one You're race can live this. in the world of the Hunger Games? Yeah. That was was that the same girl? I thought I read yeah. Shut yeah, up. She, she was re- ruined Hunger Games. Shut up. I, I had to double check that because I remember she's been in a load of stuff the last couple of years. Wow. Sometimes the universe just gives you one there when you go are. off on a thing like that. <laughs> that make, I can see it. She was really good in the Hunger Games, too. I need to watch these. Hunger Games? Ah. First one's all right. Second one's excellent. The second, only, the second book isn't as good as the first book, but the second movie's better than the first movie. So I've only seen the first half of the first film, so I've not actually ever watched it. Oh, it's, it's all right. Yeah. They, they really struggled how to do the narrator's voice in the first one. It's Woody Harrelson. Wow. The second one they get because they do money, they do, yeah, they, 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 they do a lot of Woody Harrelson and Stanley Tucci. Oh, cool. So, I mean, how do you go wrong there, right? Exactly. And, 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 and Jennifer Lawrence. Isn't, uh, oh, oh, um. Oh, uh, uh, Elizabeth Banks? No, no, Philip Seymour Hoffman, because he's the, like, Philip the, the Seymour president. Philip Seymour Hoffman, yeah. Donald Sutherland. Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it, this was a huge deal when this movie oh, franchise wow. got made. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, Why have I not seen this? <laughs> I don't know. Cause they're, probably because they were Aimed targeted at a, young adults. Yeah, young yeah. adults. They're, they're, yeah. yeah, they were YA movies. Yeah. Oh, okay. But it was, like, it made, oh, what was the name of the film studio? It kind of made them a major player for a few years. Was it not Lionsgate? Lionsgate. Though? It was Lionsgate. It's Lionsgate, oh, Lionsgate yeah. So there's, like, the big six. Really, kind of, that were out at the time. And then all of a sudden, Lionsgate kind of became the big, I used to explain to my, my media students, kind of a big seven, although I predicted when the Hunger Games ended, because they basically just, Lionsgate bought up a bunch of YA stuff, like young adult sort of novels, the mm-hmm. rights to them, and they just hit with Hunger Games. And so for four films, it was like a license to print money. And I'm like, I doubt they're going to find that as readily again with another series, and, and, and they really couldn't. So they kind like, of faded back. A bit like Vestron back in the day. When they had Day Dancing, that was their first one out. Oh, was of it? Eight. Yeah, yeah. Lionsgate did a lot of young adult and a lot of horror. 
No, and so every now and then something yeah. hits. Yeah. But really it's a numbers game. You're just sort of like just like playing tickets. <laughs> numbers game. Hunger game. Hunger, numbers game. <laughs> May the odds be ever in your favor. <laughs> and back we go here. I'm, I'm throwing up the Rue 3. None of you guys get it. But after you're out there, I'm yeah, doing, I'm doing the district. Get it? Some of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, it's, there we go. It's, it's like pop culture. It is pop culture, it is. yeah. I've not seen it. It's scouts. Yeah, there we are. Where are we at here? Uh, oh, so they've called them, and they tell us that Khalil was Ron, and when they used to play the Hunger Games, and there was this other Harry friend Potter. who were not told. Oh, sorry, Harry Potter. <laughs> and there's this oh kind of cheese, and there's this other friend who played Hermione, and we just get a passing reference Natasha. to her at this point, Natasha, and then a star would play Harry, and so we found out there was a kiss between them, their first kiss, and I'm like, this is like some Harry Potter fan fiction because Ron kisses Harry. <laughs> Funny. He then makes a move and goes, well, then who am I kissing right now? And I got to go, Georgia, like, this this is smooth, right? It's smooth. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that was well done. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how you segue from Harry Potter to I'm going to kiss you, but it totally worked. But he did it, and it, it worked. It totally worked. It did. And the casting of this guy was really, I didn't get down to who played Khalil, unfortunately. I don't I'm know like, if someone else can. But I thought, for such a small role, but he had to have this like, perfect smile, and he oh. does. He's a good-looking guy. He he's a, a good-looking really? dude. Like, yeah. when I like to see parts from, I totally get it. Oh. Dude's a good-looking dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll let Georgia find that, and here we go. So, she says that she is a boyfriend. He backs down and says, hey, 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 I'll play the long game. We've got time. I instantly went, this guy's going to die. Yeah, yeah, you did. I did. I went, you don't say that if the character lives. But he knew. <laughs> he knew Algie that she was with someone, didn't he? Algie? Algie Smith. Algie A. L G uh, yeah, right. A L G E E. He's in Euphoria. The fourth. Yeah. What'd you say, Ethan? He's in Euphoria, which is like the big the big show right now. Is that the is that the teams. one with what's her name? Uh with Zendaya, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and Judas and the Black Messiah, another film I really want to see. There we go. Um apparently that that um oh, I've already forgotten her name. Zendaya. I want to say Aquafina. Not the right person, <laughs> but it's it's like it's like a Many syllables, single name. Yeah. Um, yeah, apparently there's like tons of sex in that. That's all I know about oh, that. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. Lo- loads of, loads all of the, sex and all drugs. the sex is in that. How has yeah. this missed me? Oh, it's, it's like <laughs> one of those American HBO things. <laughs> oh, yeah. I need to watch this. Succession's the one I hear. Show. Reverend Bruce, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it at some yeah, point, but Succession's the one. Oh, I've heard lots of things about Succession, yeah. yeah. I guess on Apple TV, I might be able to, hey, there we go. Hey. Um, maybe we'll do like a, uh, well, it's one of the many things we'll do on the Cleared for Takeoff <laughs> docket you and I are supposed to do. Kids in the Hall, I want to do that as well. We'll do that. Um, the police. So instantly we get this tracking shot from behind and we're like, oh, it's a point. Of, and we're like, oh, it's the cops. And the lights come on, but we were still inside the cop car. Yeah. Which is a, that's really, it's kind of like a Jaws technique. They make us the, the yeah, like predator yeah, for yeah, a moment. Yeah, yeah. Clever. And then Star, no, so, so they get pulled over and instantly Star's hands on the dash. And he's telling Khalil to do likewise. Now, no point am has I going to say Khalil deserves what happens to him. Has he never had to talk then? We do get that his mum his mum's him. A, his mum's his mum's an addict, isn't she? Oh, okay. So, so he probably this so he conversation have it probably to the same doesn't degree, happen, no. and so this is me when I'm trying to get a kid to behave in class. He's just he's just sort of responding in every situation. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I was that kid. <laughs> so Khalil, sorry, uh, stars the hands of a dash. Khalil doesn't. And he's on the wheel. Finally, he he complies and puts him on the dash. I think she pleads because Star's like begging him. Yeah. 
And then um, it comes over. We see that most of this exchange, at many points of it, through the literal eyes of Star. Lots of point of view shots. Mm. And we see the cop's hand is already on his gun when he approaches. I've had this situation myself. You've had the situation where cops approach you with a hand on a gun. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I was given a little bit of back chat. But only because, not because, again, call me ignorant, maybe. Um, I, I was only 22, and I was in America. I was in L.A., and I was up in the Hollywood Hills. I didn't know you weren't allowed to stop after a certain time. And I was just taking pictures. So in my mind, I'm taking a picture of the night sky and stuff like that, and he's being quite confrontational. Yep. So I start being, well, come on, dude, you know. And then I see his hand go to his hip. Okay, the difference would be then his hand went to his hip. In this film, he comes up, his hand is already on his hip. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so, but... but, Well, that made me shit myself. I was just like, fuck, because I was out of my depth. I had no idea, but, you know... Uh, Khalil pushes back. He's told, "Hey, you know, turn your music down." What? No, it's my it's my music. I don't want to turn it down. And you're like, and, and the whole time, stars kind of like what the audience is doing. I think we're just like pleading, turn turn your music down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just do, do what do you're it. being Comply, asked. Yeah, what, yeah, it's got to be frustrating, but but do what. It, it's unfortunate, but we fight like, this fight later. We've we've been the, our first entry point to this film was the talk. Yeah. yeah. So we remember that, right? It, structure is important. It's the it's first thing we're exposed to. We just heard and that, it wasn't yeah. that long ago, and he's no. not doing it. Um, and so Star starts filming. She's told to drop the phone, and she does. Again, she's got the right to film it, doesn't push back, but is being respect. So she's yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. within the talk a little yeah, bit here. Yeah. Um, and so then the cop goes off to his car for a minute to run the plate, I think, or run the license yeah she's trying to find the phone which we know because she says where's my phone i'm like i think we got you were looking for your phone it was a line i could have done without but then khalil comes to the window and he's grabbing stuff and talking to her and we're like oh no this is not gonna go well he he was so educated about he grabs something now i couldn't even see what it was when he grabbed it it. was a brush it was hair yeah yeah. i know what it was because i saw it oh could you see it yeah i could but i I wasn't i was also typing so maybe i missed it when i was doing the the tippy tippy tap tap it wasn't a brush i had associated as a brush do you know what i mean i just saw it was a black hair brush that's why oh was it hair hair, black hair is very very different Uh, to white hair yeah so it was a, it so, wasn't so he grabs it he turns around and then it's in like it, it totally took me by surprise how yeah, instant I, this shot was that made me jump and then for a split second we get like dash cam footage mm. from the police officer's car which sort of grounds it in a bit more realism that's clever that was clever to do that and he the, the cop rings in the the shooting he says he's got one one suspect down the other one's in custody the word suspect is used yeah. in custody yeah. it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. what is going on um, the cop is young and white, and still looking for a gun, and hyper aggressive, and very scared, and and yeah, and he says, "Where's the gun? Where's the gun?" And he sees it's just there's no gun. It was a hairbrush. At which point he just swears, <laughs> and that's more or less where we leave. And we see her trying to talk him. That's the ambulance. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And it really doesn't cut much. Me, we just kind of go with the two of them. I, yeah. I think for the most part, they keep him in, in, in like a singular shot over yeah, her shoulder, yeah. looking at him breathing. And he didn't make it. And and that's that. And then yeah. we cut to the police station. And um, point out, it wasn't just one shot that was fired either. It was it multiple was shots. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, Directly to his chest, not to his legs, not to anywhere else. It was yeah. a shot to kill. And, and we that's... find they have an interview. And I was wondering why she didn't have a lawyer yet. I, I did opine that out loud. 
Uh, maybe they needed one, although I would have thought this family would have lured up instantly based on what we've seen so far. Uh, the cops want to ping the gunfire at the party on Khalil. Uh, Star points out that she's referring to the officer as 115 because we did see her through that point of view we shot did. get the badge number yeah. in yeah, the yeah, confrontation. Yeah. Uh, they point out, they want to see, is Khalil a drinker? Was he drinking at the party? Were you drinking at the party? Anything to discredit either of them mm. at this point. And no questions. And she brings it up. Why don't you ask me any questions about, about, about the shooting? Why is it about the party? Uh, someone comes in and ends the interview, and that would be Uncle Carlos, played by Common. I've seen him before in things. He's a rapper. Uh, yeah, he's done some acting as well, but but, but, he's, but he's a rapper. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I like him. Uh, I thought he had a very important role in this film. Yeah. Very nuanced. Yeah. <laughs> because I kept thinking to myself, well, hang on a minute. How can one side be fighting against the other side, but there's people on that side that have come up through the... Because it's not black and white. Well. Pun not intended, but yeah. it's not. No. It's there's so much more of than just um this confused me. Yeah. I mean it, it, as we later find out when he says Yeah. It's complicated. It is complicated. Um and I appreciate the fact that they left some complications in. Yeah. Um and they didn't make him out to be a bad guy either. There is a brilliant episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine that handles this as well, with Terry Crews okay. being a, a black police officer. It's really interesting. What, post? Post. Post um, George Floyd? George Floyd, yeah. Um, and so, um, Common ends the interview, and the next day, Dad tells Star, I didn't name you Star by accident, shine your light. I guess Dad had unilateral naming rights to the kids. He had some yeah. great lines, didn't he? He did, and he's very good at delivering them. And he is. Uh, we had a gathering uh, at Khalil's grandma's house. And Grandma was glad that Star was there and that her son, her grandson didn't leave the world alone. Uh, we do find out, she says, that Khalil was selling stuff for King. Uh, and then uh, we this is where I first started noticing that any time we see the high school, maybe it wasn't shot this way initially. Maybe that's why I didn't catch it. Oh, well, the blue. The blue. This is when the blue started to yeah. notice. I started to notice the blue in the high school here. They're trying to show. A oh, I, know, I noticed it the first time. Oh, it's, yeah? like okay. a, it's a constant. It's a constant throughout. Yeah. I well, like after this point, I gets, definitely picked up on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Does it get more blue as well? Yeah. Okay. And we had very warm oranges around her home. Yeah. And as a way to sort of, I guess, show the the dual coding, maybe. Yeah. 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 Um, we find out the officer who did the shooting was placed on paid administrative leave, uh, and the parents don't want Star to be a witness in the investigation. Definitely not, Mum. Mm. mom definitely doesn't want it and then through this we find out that star's dad spent some time in jail and while he was in jail carlos stepped in during that time now it took me to almost the end of the film to realize i think carlos is mom's brother not yeah. dad's pip's doing athletics <laughs> pip's <laughs> jumping from chair to chair what's he doing here i wish that was recording yeah that brilliant <laughs> oh, he's gonna do it again now he's, he's like you're talking about me <laughs> Uh, and we go to basketball, and this is where they started the least subtle switch of the friend into a racist that maybe has ever happened on film. I don't know. I, don't, I think this one was rel- this. This came about. I I believe her in this situation. I don't know because she she is. I don't. I just don't think she's thinking. I don't think that's actively. Oh, I don't believe her. I think yeah. I think it's trash talk, but I think it's racially motivated trash talk. Yeah. Well, th- but even when we first get introduced to her, and um, she's always using AAV, um, 
She's uh, trying to be. Sorry, help me out. AAV. Oh, uh, African American vernacular. Okay. So I've never heard it, of this. No, I haven't heard that term. Oh. So it's it's basically like all the sort of the slang and the words that would be associated. So she's always saying that kind of stuff. I do hear you. Uh, she's like our people. I do. Uh, fair enough. I get you there. I do hear you. However, I would say that Star herself tells us that the school as a whole, as a group, uses. Oh, slang the- terms, which I think is meant to be AAV. Yeah, I, but she, she's with, the one we with, see do it, but we're told by yeah, Star that everybody does with, it. Yeah. With the friend, she's using it more as her entire personality. Was like people can just use AAV and just say it in passing and not use it as their personality. Meanwhile, this this friend in quotation marks would make it her thing. It's sort of a, oh, I can't be racist. I've got a black friend, so I can say whatever kind of. That's the, or at least that's the interpretation I, I get from this character. Okay. She thinks she gets a free pass. Well, we're talking around it. Let's say what actually happens here. So, Star's bouncing. Star's a terrible basketball player. Like, she's playing like this. Like, anybody could steal. No, her to mind's- be fair, she is kind of distracted. Yes, but it's. Uh, yeah, but still. Ethan, she's play- maybe don't play. She's playing basketball like like a, like a third grader does. Yeah, yeah, where, yeah. like, you're like, oh, this thing bounces. You bounce too much and it goes way too high. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, it's a thing about i was listening to um oh what was it called the rewatchables with uh bill simmons and one of his pet peeves is sports movies where the sports scenes don't line up with like skill yeah and it was just me going there's being like i stole the ball from you and there's like i can barely bounce a ball and walk at the same time which is kind of what was happening here um the ball stole one anyway and Haley, the, the blonde girl we're talking about, says, just pretend the ball's a piece of fried chicken. Now, you got to keep in mind, fried chicken is like a cultural food in the American South for, um, well, I don't even know the American South, but American in general. So when Tiger Woods wins the Masters for the first time. The deal is if you win the Masters, you get to choose what's on the menu the following year. Oh, okay. And so he chose like uh, fried chicken, mac and cheese, and collard greens. Mm. foods that are associated traditionally with the black community oh okay see this was lost not that me. not that white people don't like fried chicken no 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 but no. this sort of the idea of it is like saying to a black person pretend it's fried chicken like that that's incredibly insulting and okay. racially motivated in the states oh, so okay. the notion of no no we had fried chicken for lunch the girl who's saying it would be aware of the power of the word she just said oh okay whether you just had fried chicken for lunch or not well, I guess that comes. That's a that's a cultural divide then, then because yeah. obviously that was lost. No, on no, me, but that's so why yeah. I'm trying to say. Like, yeah. trust me on this. Yeah, yeah. I think she's definitely being racist. Does enough to throw her friend off the scent. It, it, yeah. For now, you could have pretend it's your lunch. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, if yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. you meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just say that. Yeah. Why? Wait, I'm supposed to remember what I ate for lunch when we're doing trash talk on the court. Yeah. yeah nah. Yeah. So uh, then we get, uh, then we cut to Star hanging. Oh, hang on. It was a joke. Remember, I know you better than anyone else, which is interesting. Oh, she could. She really could. There's nothing wrong with with your white friend knowing you better than anybody else. However, we've already been told that she's dual coding. Mm -hmm. And so the version of herself at school isn't her authentic self. No, no, no. But the version of her with Kenya isn't her authentic self either. No. The people who probably get her authentic self is her family. Yeah. Hmm. So interesting, we go, I know you better than anyone else. And then we cut the star hanging out with Kenya. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Kenya wants to know if Star's willing to, in her own words, stir shit up. And that means, are, are, are you going to testify? Yes. And we all want you to testify so we can see some justice for Khalil, which would make sense. 
But then who comes over? Anthony Mackie's going. It's one of my three days on set. <laughs> let's let's drive on up and we'll do a totally unconvincing scene in the car. Yeah, that wasn't great, was it? Oh, like he's kind of telling her not to not to testify and not to bring that fact that Khalil worked for him. Without but saying in like the Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's I very like, around the houses. He doesn't actually get to the point. Which, I, guess, I guess I guess she's not supposed to say what he really means, but it's uh, like Oh, it, Anthony Mackie's not intimidating. He's not. <laughs> Anthony Mackie's not. He's not this. I'm sorry. He's Cap. not. He's not the big, the big bad. You know. No. Oh, yeah. Just <laughs> when, when I think of the guy who runs a street gang, it's not Anthony Mackie in my head. No. no. I need Danny Trejo for that. <laughs> yeah. He's a scary man. What, Dan- Danny Trejo? Yeah. Yeah, but wrong ethnicity for this film, I think. No, I know. Yeah. But he's a scary man. Oh, he's, a, he's, really he's, he's, he's done real jail time. He's a really... Is he? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a, he seems I really, believe so. I believe so. He seems a really lovely guy in interviews, but he scares yeah. the shit out of me. Yeah. Um, so uh, he drops them off at her dad's store. Yeah. Dad doesn't like it, gets in the car, and has... <laughs> A very civil conversation, it feels like, with King. Uh, we find out a lot of information here. We find out that King bought the store for Maverick. And as we later find out, I think this is his payoff for why he did he did the time. And then Maverick, King bought him out. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this is your reward for doing your time, for keeping me on the street. Let me buy you a store, and now you're out. Yeah. But it wasn't friendly. I thought if you're doing if you're doing something for each other, there's there's. Uh, but this is he still left his team, as it were, isn't he? He still turned his back on what what it is that well, he was doing. He, they talk about a domesticated life. He says, "If you ever marry Aisha, then you'll see what I'm talking about." Mm-hmm. So I think he gets that is that he wants to live a family life. Um, not at one point in this movie, right? King is supposed to be the king, of yeah. the lords, right? Yeah. No, at one point did I ever think that Maverick was the underdog on if this. If you told me that Maverick ran the gang. Yeah. And, and that when out. he came out of jail, he, I'm going straight. Yeah. I'm buying this place for me and my family to have a second go at it. It's yours. And he stepped I up. believe that story. I believe that story. That's how I felt. This is a case of just the casting was done wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's I a felt. bunch of different people you could have... You could, I mean, it's not as good a part, but you could have cast the guy who played Maverick as king, and I'd be like, buying that. Yeah. You could have cast Common. I would have been buying that. Yeah. 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 Um, why couldn't Why couldn't Anthony Mackie be, be Uncle Carlos? Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because I believe that. The yeah. cop who thinks he's doing good, but he's conflicted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I totally believe that. Um, what else do we have here? We've got... Um, a king doesn't want... Start on the stand talking about Khalil and his connection to King. And then he ends the conversation, goes inside. Mom's like, we're moving. We're, yeah, we're moving. Which we found out the backstory earlier, Georgia. You were talking about this a little bit. Uh, I don't know if it was on mic or off mic. But the idea that when the parents got together, like um, the mom's mom was going to like kick them out yeah, of the house. Yeah. Because they they worked hard her. to get them out of Garden Heights. Yeah. And then by she marrying... By marrying Maverick, they married is just because they getting together with Maverick, um, sort of disowned them, and so she's back in Garden Heights. Yet she's trying to sort of end the cycle with her kids, yeah, because that's why they go to this fancy school, yeah. So we have that, Um, and she says, "Look," she says to her to her husband, "Where you live does not define who you are." 
and try to tell them it's, it's okay to move. Yeah. Which is an interesting perspective, and it's one the film chooses, I think, in the end to reject, given how the film ends. Yeah, slightly. I think it. I think it's because it becomes a safe place that they can celebrate who they are in again, rather than being a place where they have to fear who they are in. Yeah. Uh, Ethan, thoughts on that? I, I agree with George. I think it's one of those things that also just because of the impact this, like, what is about to happen like affects the the town staying in it plus like at the end it, maverick's a bit of a different man and they've sort of been able to s- meet in the middle i guess i don't know okay um and then uh dad thinks dad makes this reference where he thinks harry potter is about gangs i'm like no dude it's about star wars didn't you hear my little speech about star wars that's what it's about <laughs> but there's a lot of fun they, they all wear very different colors and they get into fights yeah. with each other about who's the best and i'm like all right it's a cute it's, it's something i never would have thought of looking at it as um, would love british schools yes <laughs> star talks about the hate you give and he knows it like you know star thinks that like oh it's the hate you give and he goes yeah i i know tupac yeah it was my generation new tupac i get it yeah and uh then we go to khalil's funeral there's an open casket flashbacks of their time in black and white and i was gonna say i love me a black church choir yeah i do i had the benefit when i lived in phoenix it wasn't a black church choir but it was like it was a very in- inclusive and integrated sort of church choir with like hundreds of people. It was led by um, Samoan, a, a, a woman who was Samoan. Uh, but we had like several soloists who were like, um, had those big black voices that you would yeah. associate with this. Oh, I've never had more fun singing in my life. Do you know what? I had, this, I had a similar experience, but this was in um, an old stately home yeah. at Christmas at Castle Howard, I think it was. Uh, me and the ex-wife, we went down there and um, we heard we heard this singing in because we were walking around the house and uh we heard this singing i was like oh that sounds good we approached this big ballroom type thing or big room uh and there was these people singing these choiry church songs yeah and it was amazing yeah. i was so enthralled because the energy yeah. in that room was amazing to be there it was just like obviously i've seen it on tv with like sister act and stuff like that yeah but i'd never actually experienced it yeah and when you're there and you're experiencing it, you can't help but move. It's part of what people think it's makes great. people have these other other bodily and otherworldly experiences whilst they're in church. It's part of the well, atmosphere that comes from the music and those sorts of Bono things. Bono has talked about these evangelical sort of moments and experiences, and he says music's so important to that because no one ever had that experience, he said, looking at a painting. <laughs> 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 I'm like, you're not wrong. He's music not. is so important to, to our emotions and yeah. and where it can take us. Uh, I wouldn't be the singer I am if I wasn't underneath underneath this 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 choir director. Like she could, oh, she was amazing. Yeah, the vocal range they give you. Yeah, and just the ability to sing with power. My, I learned how to sing with power when I was there. My my dad um, was in a choir when he was a young young boy, and um, I never knew my dad sung. Yeah, <laughs> and unfortunately, when my his uncle passed away. Yep. Um, so my great uncle, I guess, um, who I didn't really know that well, but we went along to his funeral because not many people were there, and I heard my dad sing for the first time. And do you know what I was? genuinely shocked was he in time great yes <laughs> how great of a singer he was i was just like oh my god it's it's it's, it's great when when sort of you get to drop the veil and people go whoa yeah at my school they're actually doing really a mind. uh a like britain's got talent sort of 
parody thing, I guess. So oh, not okay. parody, but like a little, yeah, like their own that. version of it. Yeah. And I've been asked, I'm like, there's a bunch of teachers who have no idea. And a bunch of students <laughs> who have no idea. So I'm going to go up and probably just rift and do Creep by Radiohead. Uh, and just sort of, just sort of destroy it. Yeah. And people go, wait, you sir, get- <laughs> sir can do what? You get, you get well into that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, lost yeah, my ba- yeah. I lost my something I don't have to practice. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I've done it for karaoke. I can go on, just need to make sure I know the words, and I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so there we go. Um, but anyway, we have, this, we have this big church, and then Sister April, a character who's about, you know, uh, justice, social justice, and about changing the landscape. An underdeveloped character? Mm. What? Let me rephrase that. Just, just a flat character, in fact. Can we just mention how he's in a... a- pristine white suit and casket because he's a child is that what it is it's pure it's white children's caskets and coffins and things are are usually white because they're children i picked up on the white but i didn't understand why because he's a child okay okay um we get told by uh sister april that uh it's impossible to be unarmed when our blackness is the weapon that they fear and they're going to do powerful a, quote. They're going to do a peaceful march past the police station, and as she walks by Star, she totally like eyes her up, and like no one's supposed to know that Star was the witness. No, no one's because a she's a minor. Yeah. first off, right. Uh, the protest continues. Uh, we see that uh, everybody kind of, we see that the father Maverick gets his family out of there because he's he's, he's worldly enough to go, this isn't going to be a peaceful protest. No. And we see through news footage later, it's not a peaceful protest. It breaks down in the, into in, in, into violence because it, it's 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 emotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And Star scrolls through some past black youths. I guess this must be their Tumblr that we hear so much about yes. later. Yeah. And stops on Emmett Till. And you said, who's Emmett Till? And I said, let me wait to the podcast to teach you, you about Emmett did, Till. Yeah, yeah. So Emmett Till, I used, I, I used to teach this. Um, it's a photograph I recognized. Okay. Emmett Till is a boy from, I believe, Chicago who goes down to visit relatives in, again, I think it's Mississippi. It might be Louisiana, but I'm pretty sure it's Mississippi. And while he's down there, there are different reports about what occurred. But it seems to be the accusation is he whistled at a white married woman. And so um, basically the woman complains about it to her husband when he gets home that evening. He, his brother-in-law, and someone else go and find Emmett Till. Now, Emmett Till's 14. I don't know if I mentioned that. He's 14 years of age. They track him down, they drag him, they beat him, they lynch him, they kill him. They throw his body in the river. Um, afterwards, not done yet, afterwards they get him. They, it takes a couple of, it takes a while for them, for him to be found. So by this point, he's like bloated yeah. because of the access to the water. Yeah. He gets taken back up to Chicago, his body does. His mother decides, no, no, no. I'm going to have an open casket because I want people to see what they did, what happened. They do catch the men. They are put on trial and found not guilty by an all white jury. A matter of months later, they sell their story to a magazine describing how they kill Emmett Till because of double jeopardy laws. You can't try them. So Emmett Till is is one of those massively sort of important cases where you just see just how rigged yeah. the system is. But, and especially in the American South, 
But just oh, and later it found out the woman recanted her story and said he never whistled at me. That's what? Emmett Till. Yeah. Do you know what? Right. Even my worst enemy, I could not do that to. But they did it because they could. Because he was yeah, a but, black child, a black male child. Well, because, because yeah, it was Miss. Because I think it's Mississippi. Because it's Mississippi, and because it had more lynchings than like the rest of the Union combined. You know, you, you know what I mean? Like this was. They did it because they knew they could get away with it. And so, who are we yeah, without fear of retribution? And the scary, the statement here is that if you, if you're a white man with so much power, what? And, and, and you know. But to me, killing someone is a big thing, not just something that you just... You but see, there's a, there's we, the point. Because we see, and everyone should see, every, people of people of colour as, we're all human, yeah? That's, yeah. How, that's how, where your brain is going. Yeah. They didn't. They were not I mean, equals. They were not humans. Yeah, but I could not do that even to an animal. No. Look at Buffalo. I couldn't. Do this you know what I mean? right, but, and no, one, no one's sitting here going, this is a normal response no, for no, people no, at this time. No, yeah. but... I I just can't get my head around. But we it. still have atrocities that happen today. I mean, yeah, pe- there's yeah, still people who are completely gone. Yeah. But the, the mean, difference would weekend. be the difference would be that this the, is that the, the system today we hope would find those people and hold them accountable. Whereas back then, the system was rigged in a way that would make sure they weren't held accountable. But aren't we all born with growing up to know what's right and wrong? We're not. Not, not in the, not when it comes to racism. There are so. There was a video that came out. Uh, oh, hang on, wait. Week. Are you trying to tell me that racism is is naturally ingrained? No, 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 no. Because no, Liam I'm just saying, asked. I'm saying it's Liam, tall. I'm Liam, saying it's oh, okay. Because Liam yeah. just asked, aren't we all born knowing the difference between right and wrong? And you went not in regards to racism. So I just wanted to make sure that we got no, that no, right. No, I don't. A, a freshly born baby obviously couldn't. But this is a thing that is taught. You're grow, you're grown up with. There was a six year old child. Uh, it was a video that went went around this week. A six year old child with a whip, uh, bashing on a black family's door. Yeah. That is not. That is taught. And I think that is not some. And I think that's the point of of a Tupac quote to keep coming back to. Mm. The hate you give little infants fucks us all. Yeah. And it's the idea that you know. You have to give it to them. Like you, infants do not learn racism. No. So, so what he's saying is that by get, teaching them at a young age, these feuds that go on and on and on and on and on from generation to generation is, is basically over nothing. So it's exactly that because it goes from generation to generation because it is taught parent to child. Racism, um, racism isn't natural, is what he's saying. Racism yeah. is, 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 is a man-made disease. This is this is issue with, with this weekend. Sorry, you see it with uh, like working in early years because the, they they don't know any different. You had young children don't know the difference between male and female either. Mm. Like so, it's it is things that it is a societal thing that we put on children. There's so many different societal things. Some for good, some for bad. Like you don't steal, you don't do this, that, and the other. But there are people that then also push other notions such as racism such as homophobia such as these all these different things but they are societal notions pushed on children social contracts yeah Yeah. by by parents by communities by those different things and a lot of them are wrong but we are we're slowly hopefully developing as a entire race to hang on hang on Uh, i think race is the wrong word i think you just made a mistake there as a people the human race oh as the human okay fair enough just this is a film about racial tension so i wanted to keep the word as a species it's a loaded word it's a loaded word so um yeah am i 
Should we pivot back to the movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Sorry, yeah. I just can't just no, you're fine. Get my head around. Um, and so we get. Uh, I'm just trying to find out where I was. Here we are. Uh, back at home, April is uh, kind of introducing to Star the concept of what a grand jury is. And a grand jury is what determines if something can go to trial. Usually, they're like 16 to 23 people. Mm-hmm. That's what the word grand means. I only found that out researching in two seconds before so, we got on. So what is a, a grand jury? What's a typical jury then? 12. 12. Oh, okay. So 12 grand, angry men. Yeah, just oh, 12. Okay, yeah. Okay. But unlike a typical jury, grand juries don't have to be unanimous. Oh. A majority, which could be two thirds, could be three quarters, there's a little bit of sway and might differ from place to place. Okay. But typically, a grand jury is some sort of majority, but does not have to be unanimous. Um, can you prove what you saw? Um, Star is asked. And she's like, well, no. And that sucks if they go to an eyewitness. How do you prove you saw what you saw? Yeah. Yeah, but she said, I had a phone. I was she told was to about, put it down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, mom doesn't want to be put at risk. Uh, April goes to leave and then started some exposition about how her N- Natasha died when she was a child and said she always felt like a bad friend because she was afraid that she'd be gunned down too. And based on what we've seen about King and his group, Mm. yeah i don't think she's necessarily wrong no. um but um she's you know the guy who did it eventually died so it's like here's a little thing and we'll tie that up nicely here and now we'll move here she's i want to be a better friend this time and um so back at school oh my word this is like i think this might be my most offensive thing in the movie the justice for khalil march yeah where they that use happens, his death as an excuse to just get out of class that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens all the time. I'm sure it does. Yeah. I'm sure it does. And this is the example of... And I think it's presented here as... You know, we also hear Haley use the word, like, we have to present it for our people, which is just completely yeah. tone deaf. Yeah. And what... I'd be very curious if I could ask the character a question. How our... Yeah. Our the only thing you can get is young people. That's yeah. about as our as you can get. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't even go to the same pivots. school, so it's not even like our student people. It's, it's not students. Yeah. It's not the po- place they live because no. they live in the rich part of town. I don't understand it. She's yeah. like, oh, it's all about our people, but also, wouldn't you want to not be at the math? Like she uses it as a joke. Is this? Look at me, I'm quirky. Thing. And it's interesting because you get like the Black Lives Matter, like and it talks about the performative nature sometimes yeah. of mass protest. I think it also talks to a, a degree about the importance to let, if, if, if you want to be an ally and you are not of the community who's doing it. So if I want to be an ally to Black Lives Matter, yeah, it's important that I am an ally in a supportive role but I don't take up the leadership of that. Yes, 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 yes. Because that's not my... That's, that's not... Yeah. It's not our people. No. I, 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 I want to help. How can I help? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not in a way that takes it away from who the voices are yeah, who yeah, should yeah. be leading this. Yeah. And this is like that worst case of this run amok. Yeah. Where you've got Haley seemingly leading the charge, and they've made all the posters up so it looks like it passes the eye test on a very surface level. Yeah, yeah very it's, surface. It's someone in the school's gone, oh, hang on, there's a there's a protest like loophole that we can access and go home if we decide that we're protesting this. Yeah. Whereas, so they've just done bare minimum. And I'm sure maybe in the school there are some people there going genuinely, they heard about it or they actually used it and have gone we genuinely want to protest this properly but the majority oh. of the student body you see just going yeah we're going home yeah i missed the part which is who else is to speak up for our people girl 
<laughs> even yeah. that, even that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so she says, this isn't right. She leaves. She asks, can you come get me? We don't know who you is. I think we're guessing a few people. Mm. And it's Uncle Carlos. Yeah. yeah. Which I quite liked. Um, and I think it speaks to that relationship. If, if, if dad was really gone for three years, this is important. Mm. I would have liked them to have given them a bit more time as a, as a twosome, oh, especially if you're going to have that scene later on. I would yeah, like one more yeah, scene. Exactly. That, that, one more scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a huge scene, no, but no, one no, scene. But we needed to see that because yes. that was out of the blue. Because all we got was a little passing comment was, you know, you're not their dad. Well, it didn't feel that way when you were in jail, but yes. I needed something where he's yeah. showing care and concern. He does break up the interview, but that's about what their rights are. I wanted something family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I did. Uh, but this is the push for Stardust Peak for Khalil. She has an interview. She's promised they'll cover her face. Star, like, outs the whole family and the King Lords. <laughs> Just like that. There's a difference between, hey, uh, I was there. He shot. It was a hairbrush. This is garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here's everything that's wrong with, with our neighborhood. And let me drop my dad and the King Lords. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, jeez. You're opening up a whole kind of worms there. And I wonder why, why do you think this is? Is this because we need a clearly distinguished bad guy for this film? Is it too simple? Not simplistic. Because it's not simplistic. It's complicated. Do we need the simple, he's the bad guy? We need something. So to, we yeah, get the yeah, feel yeah. there's closure. Because the story's not over no, otherwise. No, 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 no. no. I think right. it's because we, we also concepts. need the, we also need there to be a, there to be, issues within the black community it's not just black versus white now because if we have if we've got king as a threat yep as much as anthony mackie might not be like if we've got king (laughs) as a threat then there's a threat within the black community not just racism is that also because this is the problem we can easily solve after two hours yes we can't solve racism we can solve anthony mackie's miscasting yeah Yeah. get him out of there (laughs) yeah ethan you were gonna say a couple things uh, yeah i think there are two concepts you can go with i think george's one um hits a nail on the head there but it's also the fact that obviously throughout the film when she's getting interviewed at the police station or even now there it's always brought up about uh Khalil's violence or him being a drug dealer and, and it's it's to because because the go-to whenever whenever there is a shooting it's always what was the criminal record uh what was that what was the past even if it was like 10 20 always go to that so i i think with this it's to say he did these things. We won't deny that. Here is why, and here's the systemic issue. And he, uh, but he's still a victim. I think it's to to try and push a narrative, push a, back against a narrative that is so easily done with he's the media. A cr- when he's a criminal, therefore he deserves to die. Yeah, that yeah, kind of to push back against that. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. To push that, to push that narrative. Uh-huh. But that that's always the one that happens. Yeah, this, this feels like a lazy. Um, you need it. You need this. I guess you need this simplistic villain. Yeah. And so this is the way to force that into the fore. I don't see anybody being this foolish. No. 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 Um, she could have done what, uh, like the argument that Ethan was saying, like about how um, mention all of the reasons why, but you don't need to name drop. You wouldn't name drop no. the guy. No, because who runs the neighborhood have, you live in you can still have the film and, and have him go she was your talking interview, about me you don't your, need yeah, to name drop it your interview is it going to put like like a protective glass ceiling no, around your house no. which kind of is so they go out for dinner I, I do also judge the fact that nobody seems to think this is a big deal yeah yeah everyone's like oh proud of you i'm like you opened a whole bunch of like you opened a whole bunch of problems here yeah on a character base level yep 
Um, oh, one thing she says, though, is when she does call the interviewer out and say, you're only talking about the negatives but Khalil. So what about the officer? What would you say if he was here? I'd ask if he wishes he'd shot me, too. Powerful statement. Very powerful. You were afraid it was going to be like Jerry Springer. Well, come, <laughs> we've got him here. Come on out. Oh, yeah. That would have been bad. That would have been. Uh, after some food, the King Lords rest at the restaurant with some pushing and shoving, and there's a big blow up with the cops, and man... Does this show you how quickly things can escalate? Escalate big time, yeah. She writes a, what she would feel as her wrong this time, though, doesn't she? She, holds she gets the phone. phone out. She's told to put it away and says, I have a, I right, have a right to, to film, film this. this. And it's only when they realize she's the witness yeah. that they get out of Dodge. And that there's a whole cafe full of people. Oh, and everybody's filming now. Yeah, yeah. But mm. if you felt you was in the right, you wouldn't stop anyway. They know that they're not exactly. necessarily in the right, though. So Why? Racism. Oh, yeah, but there's a black copper with them. Who's protected by his new community of the police force. I think yeah. I think there's a really important scene coming up. So can we table it until we do the okay, scene with Common later on? I'm just confused. Um Yeah, yeah. Um there's a big Oh, I said this already. Uh so he makes the kids line up on the lawn. And that he, was powerful. He, he drills them on the 10-step Black Panther plan. Yeah, 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 And makes them recite back what their rights Step are. Step seven. Step seven, by any means necessary. By any means. That means going to jail. That means, but whatever it is, you stand up for your rights by any means necessary. You end police brutality against black people by any means necessary. This caught me a little bit choked this bit powerful scene very powerful Powerful scene uh watching the news and this is over at uh they're playing basketball on um the playstation 5 got no issues or places whatever <laughs> they got the other way controllers yeah. anyway um and star's not really feeling it and you wouldn't know would you no no she's definitely being surly and her friends going why you not why you not i think we have to have some tension so they created some tension and then as they flip through the um channels the channels she's eating hot cheetos i respect that i love love me a flaming hot cheeto never had one uh oh it's fantastic um we see that there is oh i don't hang on though i mean american flaming hot cheetos not british flaming hot cheetos british flaming hot cheetos might be as well be called we put a little bit of ketchup on it. Hang on. What oh like? no, what no, no! Like? I'm what talking are? about like I'm Proper talking about like when these. when I when I'm when I'm when I'm in East London, all of the shops will have the American okay, the specialty. Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Bossman shop will always have the correct stuff. There we go. Because I bought, I saw some in the, in the local village shop here, and I was like, "Oh, flaming hot Cheetos!" And a, they're like cheese puffs, like not, a proper Cheeto yeah. is like yeah, crunchy. Yeah, we don't have the proper Cheetos. No. So oh, first okay. of all, I was like, "Not right." So it was, it was like, it's like a tangy tomato. I'm like, "No, no." <laughs> a, a good thing of flaming hot Cheetos when I was younger would like have me at the end of it. I'd be like, "Hoo hoo hoo!" That must be bad. It, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, that's yeah, yeah. why I like Takis. Takis are good for that. Is that something Australian? Uh, no, no, they're American. They said <laughs> they're, they're these like uh, purple bags and it, it's like flaming hot Cheetos, but like properly spicy, not even spicy, but they have a hell of a kick compared to what I think flaming hot Cheetos do. I, I found it funny when you said, yeah, T A K I S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not know these were American. Hey. Because I think they're it's not a, a relatively new thing. They're a Mexican brand. Oh, <laughs> oh sorry, that sense, no, no, but that would be yeah. the, 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 the it's, next it's natural. That, it's that synergy. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I need to try these. 
Yeah. I was watching some American, some Australian program where they talk about Takis. So I think that's why I thought uh, they were Australian. Yeah, uh, it's become a, a real TikTok trend. So I Austra- think it's Australian Survivor. There we go. They I were all talking about Takis. I thought he was taking the mick because he's New Zealand. <laughs> I thought that's why that's funny. Every week, I am I, the country. Every week, I choose ones. something else. Anyway. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, and so we, we we do see, and the media does frame the family of the officer who did the shooting in a neg- We're getting death threats. Well, <sighs> um, so it, also because it's two. It, I, is it? I think it's two different news channels that we see compared to like which sort of estate you're in as well. Oh really? Um, I, don't, I think I, so. I, don't, I don't know. I think Garden Heights has its own has its own news news report going on. I don't know. I, I they wish a different narratives, uh, but that but might be me. The Evening Standard. It was a very it was a very um, sympathetic look towards the family of the copper, and it, 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 this is a complicated one because you would like to believe that it's still you, we have to go through the the due course of justice. Yep. And you can't until we've done our investigation and had a determination. Everybody's innocent until proven guilty. That's mm-hmm. that's what my natural oomph wants to be. Yeah. And therefore, if you get if the family's getting death threats, I'm like, but this girl who's like, no, he's a person too, and I'm like, Ugh. yeah, yeah, it is hard, isn't it? It's it, it's complicated. It is complicated because they they take us down this road where we're naturally aligned with her, star, no, star, yeah. yeah. Than we are with the copper, aren't we? And because we were, and even more so, because we were in the car, we saw it with Star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're less likely to sort of. Whereas if you're just a just hearing if, it, if you're just on the street, yeah, yeah, then it kind of depends which echo chamber you're in, which yeah, reinforces yeah. the status quo, which is kind of what we've been talking about the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, out of all the things that Haley says in this movie, this is not the most egregious one for me. <laughs> no. That's not saying much, but it's not the most egregious one for me here. Yeah. Uh, why did you unfollow my Tumblr? And this was like, I don't even know oh. what language this was. I was like, this is 16 year old for. So I'm going to throw it to the young people on this one. Oh, okay. What? Well, why is this so important? <laughs> what is Tumblr? First off, Tumblr what is Tumblr? Is a social media site. Okay. Um, it was very big in probably to be fair when this is set if this is set 2009 tumblr is yeah. very very big now it probably it's probably off. stopped being big kind of 2015 ish it kind of 2000s 2016 everyone yeah, moved to yeah. twitter and made twitter awful but by the way was, you can follow us at best film ever <laughs> on tumblr with a good was, not a, tumblr's one of the ones we're not on <laughs> it's a combination of kind of all of the other social media platforms so you could okay. put it had it had tags you could tag anything that you wanted um and a lot and it would like lead to other posts with those tags on um it was photos it was videos it was links to other things it was just written posts it was quotes it's all sorts it had this big um and you had your own profile as well so you could re um oh what was it called re-upload reblog reblog something and yeah. and you could like things and those sorts of things so it was a combination of twitter facebook and instagram all How in one some take off and some don't what do you mean well, why did that not take off? You, everything you explained. It got bought by Yahoo. Oh, it, oh, okay. It did take off. And then they were like, one of Tumblr's big things was uh, artistry and also um, porn yeah. and, oh, uh, oh. And, uh, and not safe for work art. And then to, uh, Yahoo was like, we're not. We don't want that anymore. Oh, and he's. Yeah. Oh. Ethan's cut out. But yeah, so it was. Oh, I'm back. 
yeah tumblr was used for like not say for work stuff for um fan fiction for a lot of like fandom based stuff stuff that you wouldn't want necessarily your family and friends that you had on your twitter and your facebook and your instagram <laughs> seeing that you liked it was very a fandom kind of based thing and then when yahoo bought it it got like whitewashed right. a little bit oh, so okay. did, did they buy it to whitewash it? as far as it's great i do want to get i do want to get to julian before too no, long no, 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 i just no, 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 sort of into it sorry. into a so whole tumblr thing tangent, sorry yeah it's a tumblr was a thing and unfollowing someone would be just like i'm following someone on instagram or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. this yeah well and, we even see earlier on that when uh she when star posts that uh photo of uh all the victims of of racism uh hayley was like what why would you do this why and that's sort of like your blog? yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Chris wants to pick her up for prom, we find out. And we get this little scene of mom who's really up for prom, but yeah, Star's not feeling it. And she says, forgive and move on. That's what you need to do here. And, you know, about her friend, although she didn't really like Haley, which I don't think any, and gave us another reason besides this moment and kind of when Haley's always been a bad friend. And I don't know how you predate that beyond this, but i guess the, the story kind of tried to do that about the time they offered to dye their hair the same color yeah because Haley decided we should do it but there's always in any friendship group isn't there always the one person who sort of drives the bus for everybody yeah, yeah. now maybe in this is like the toxic mean girl way but yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but then we find out this is where we find out about uh dad cheated yeah. well not cheated they split up briefly yeah but they make it sound like he cheated but they they had split by what she said yeah by all accounts but forgive and move on, and that's what happened with Seven, because Seven is Star's half-brother, but not the not Mum's natural child. Yeah. But seems to love him just like anybody else. Yeah, just as much. Mm. Yeah. You really like that. Yeah. Uh, we got a prom. There's a tracking shot with shallow depth of field to show that she's different, and she is different. She looks like she's doing a little less dual coding now mm-hmm. this feels a bit more a bit more in line with who she believes herself to be in her home community yep uh and you know lots of stairs so that we make sure that we get this right here yeah and then chris calls her over and he's upset um because she's the witness and she shares her struggle between being williamson or being garden heights because she's neither of those things really and this is where chris enters the part where he's gonna say all those things that white people say <laughs> so we can unpack them uh including i don't see color yeah. and she goes if you don't see my blackness you don't see me and there's a point to that it's go, a really important it's, message. It's, it's not mm. no and when people say i don't see color what they mean to say is i'm not racist i treat everyone the same and i yeah. think what she's trying to say is but you need to realize it's more nuanced than that yeah. it's about not about going treat us equally but it's about going realize where our different starting points were yeah and realize how what effect that's had on me to this point and then you're because Chris is a guy who is trying to do the right thing, but getting a little wrong. Yeah, which I think is really important to see, actually, because it gives you anything that like, say, like a white audience watching it. Obviously, Chris is probably the closest we have to um, us in that film. And so for him to be getting things wrong and being corrected, but in a very civil way, in a, kind of the right way to do it is, is really important for other ethnicities watching the film to see, I think. He's, he's a genuine good, like accurate representation of, of what that can be because you don't go straight into a into an interracial relationship knowing everything you're never going to until you experience it and you learn i still learn from from time to time because that that's that is the experience that's what happens and i like that they don't make it so oh yeah he is he is the friend to to all black people he still needs to learn he he's 
he's got it, but he he's he's got spirit, but not all of it. There's a wrestling couple named uh, Cody Rhodes, and his wife's name is Brandy, and they've he's even gone into a little bit of he hasn't gone explicitly, but he has said there's been times where I've got it wrong. There's been times where I've completely got it wrong, and I've told and my wife said to sort of call me out. And I thought I was doing the right thing, but I I, I wasn't. I, I was just had a different viewpoint of where I should be, and she sort of clued me in. So yeah, I I, I, I yeah, it'd be really. I'm glad about the simplistic. They're an interracial couple, so they get it. Yeah, it's 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 going to be a a, a process. It is going to be a as process. it is for oh, many people who need to sort of shift their worldview because we thought we knew what what a situation was, and we're having to sort of recalibrate. Mm-hmm. Um, seven knocks on the window. I'm going. Why is he at the prom? And I'm like, hang on, two different moms. They could be in the same year group. That's totally possible. Although he graduates at the end and she doesn't. No, she's a senior. I, thought, but he I always thought he was the younger brother because she was like, I was no, nine, he was begin- seven. No, that's no. It's he was ten, I was nine. Oh, uh, because uh. his name is seven. Yeah. Um. Are you sure she doesn't graduate? Well, she sat in the chat in the crowd. Watching. Oh, is she really? Yeah. Then why is she a prom? Or maybe maybe it's maybe he's at his prom and she, he's he she's might the be date. A year older. Yeah, yeah. She's the date and yeah, Chris is the one. There we go. Um, he goes. I'm gonna take you home. Oh, so I'm looking forward to the burgers you have for prom. Oh, me too. And I'm looking forward to the extra stuff. She goes. What extra stuff? And we're thinking mm-hmm. he's gonna he's gonna break out the condom again <laughs> and ruin everything. And he's like, I'm gonna take you home and I'm gonna meet your father. I'm like, whoa, well played. Yeah, very, very well played. played. Uh, and then Chris, when he comes out, takes a nice because the limo pulls up in in like the middle of the projects, right? Yeah, yeah. And Chris <laughs> takes a long look around and just realizes I don't say judgment, but he's taking a look. Yeah, he's taking a look. This in. is where she's from because she wouldn't even let him pick her up. No, because no. alien to him, isn't it? Yeah. Well, no, because he wants to though, and she's yeah, terrified yeah, no. what that means. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so they said we got to make sure you get color, so some color before you go in. He goes, I got color on the inside where it counts. <laughs> And they go, all right. And they ask him, what was the first question? Uh, pumpkin uh, or sweet potato. Oh, yeah. for the record. I, I said, I'm, I'm ridiculously white. Pumpkin pie is great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like sweet potatoes. So there we go. But sweet potato pie was I the correct answer. And is mac and cheese a meal? And I would have got this one wrong as well. I'd have been over two. Or side dish. It is a. I, you, you've had my mac and cheese. It is a yeah, full meal. It is, uh, except for unless it's like at like a. I have made Thanksgiving dinners where it's on the side, and then yeah, there's other I, stuff going on. Because they were, I thought they meant specifically for Thanksgiving. Was it a meal or a side? No, I just mean is it. No, because for, for Thanksgiving, no one's saying full meal, Ethan. Oh no, that's why I think the miscommunication turkey. happens with them. No, I think no, that's you're, you're, you're just wrong on this one. No, it's, it's, I'm the question wrong. is, I'm gen- still learning. The question is, in general, <laughs> is it a full meal? Because he then goes on to say it just comes. It's a meal that comes out of a box, and they're like, "No, it comes out of the yeah, oven." No bubbling. one, yeah, Ethan. No one's serving a box of of craft dinner, mac macaroni and cheese for Thanksgiving. Hey, everybody, hey. what are you thankful for? This great the meal. People, uh, oh no! But when they I said love mac when they cheese. said mac, mac and cheese, something that comes out of the oven, I'm like, yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. So I make a good, I make a good mac and cheese, but yeah, I, I, I found probably found mine from. That's the first sort of time I've experienced it. See, I have now I've sidelined because I, I, it's now like a, a side for me now. We had Christmas dinner and I we made mac and cheese as a side, and I, I can't ever have Christmas dinner 
uh, the same now. All right, we need to power through to the finish because we need to get Julene on the <laughs> show do. here. Sorry, so, Julene. <laughs> uh, I've been messaging her a little bit as, as we as we go through. Uh, Dad thinks Chris is the chauffeur. <laughs> well, I know, right? <laughs> he is dressed a little bit like in a tux yeah, and not yeah, like yeah, a driver. Yeah. I'd be like, who's the? Why is the sixteen-year-old the? Uh, yeah, well, eighteen-year-old the uh, the chauffeur. What's up with that? Dad's not a fan of Star having a boyfriend, and she goes, "He's not my white boyfriend." He's just my boyfriend. I'm like, careful. That kind of feels like the whole, if you don't see my blackness, you don't see me. Yeah. His whiteness is part of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think something that dad's, dad's on board with that. He's like, I think dad's going. You can't be as simplistic as that. Yeah. You got, there's something that has to be not dealt with, but you got to realize what that's going to, especially in, in, in the area they live. But also the dad. I judge a little bit here because he's judgmental. But I think that's a good, that's good. He's not a perfect character. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which yeah. we'll come to later. But it was ironic after the, if you don't, you know, I don't see color. And she goes, yeah, he's, yeah. Not my boyfriend. he's just my boyfriend. I'm like, that feels counterintuitive to what you just said. It does, it does. Um, and then he's like, all right. It, it, it tell you what, like, like, Chris nails this. Chris nails the whole meeting. And he goes, I'll see you around, Mr. Whatever their surname was. Carter. Carter. And then uh, Carter. <laughs> <I'm British>. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he leans in for a kiss. I'm like, dude, feel the timing on that. That's not the time for that. <laughs> And then I was like, good night. Yeah, that's great. It was uh, funny. And he says, I guess I didn't set a good example of a black man for you. And she goes, no, you didn't. And we're like, whoa. She yeah. goes, you set a good example of a man for me. Uh, and we're like, oh, well played. Yeah. I like how you did the negative thing. So we thought, and then you went, oh, no, no, yeah, changing it. Clever. Um, they hug. And it's like the director went, is everybody happy? Yeah, okay. Shoot through the window now. <laughs> yeah. Because the timing bang. couldn't be more perfect. Bang, oh. bang, bang. Whenever there's happiness in this movie, I know something bad's going to happen. Yep. And as dad gets out there, they shout to him, tell your daughter to keep her mouth shut. Damn bleep. <laughs> yeah. Beep, beep. Um, and they go to Uncle Carlos's house. And uh, when they drop everybody off, and I was just jonesing out because he had a Chevy Blazer, and I used to have a Chevy Blazer, and I missed my Chevy Blazer. Um, Maverick's going to go for a drive back to the house and take seven with him. And he spoils for a fight, and he stands defiant out of his house. And you need to look at this point at Carlos's house. Carlos's house oh, is nice. nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. So when we talk about the difference in community and how it's not as simple as just where you're from and where I'm, it's not as simple as just purely ethnicity. There's layers to it, and one of the layers is you know how's it worked out for you so far. Mom is very different to dad in this movie. Was, and yeah. you look at mom's upbringing. She's a doctor. She's all, yeah, she lived with, 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 she left to be with dad, but she still has this sort of professional. She still has the upbringing. Up, she had the education. Yeah. And then you have dad who's, you know, an ex-con who's now running the shop. So, yeah. so did the mum and Carlos, did they grow up in the project part or did they no. have a better oh i see so you get the idea that the generation before them they were in the they were in this garden oh, heights oh okay they got out and then that's why they turned so badly on mom how when mom she, ends up with maverick how does she meet him then i educate i think they sent him to a fancy school let me rephrase that i think they might have been from the area kind of sort of oh okay but she goes to a fancy catholic school oh okay and they said it wasn't so that we'd meet god yeah. <laughs> it wasn't so we'd learn how to pray. Learn how to pray, that was it. I was yeah. wondering how they met and how they how they come in. I guess there must have been some sort of commonality. There yeah. must have been, yeah. Um and then there's there's a uh a, a great scene between Carlos and Star. Mm. And he says, You need to see it from and he sort of breaks down the cop's perspective and all the things he's trying to process. 
As he's going through, yeah. And he said, it's not that simple. It is complicated. She goes, well, what if it was a white neighborhood and he was a guy in a suit and a Mercedes? He could be a drug dealer. And the answer is, yeah, he could be. And I probably would say. And she goes, haven't you heard that? He goes, it's complicated. And I'm going to be common. And this scene here, it, it rings true of me a bit. Because he says to her, or she says to him, would you ask him to put his hands up yep. first rather than shoot first? And he's being honest. And he went, well, yeah. I would I would ask him to put his hands up if I was there. But it's it's hard because he's playing into the expectation of what he knows and also what he's been trained to do. Yeah. And I think there's this theory that if you're going to Garden Heights, and we you can't go to a party there without shots ringing out, right? Yeah. So there is a a, a mindset when you go into that of neighborhood. Course, of course. And there's a mindset when you go into Williamsburg or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's different. Williamson. Yeah, and I think he's going like, it's a complicated issue. And it really is. And this is where we started talking about when you're 17, yeah. you kind of think it all breaks into this. And I'm not here to say that I disagree with the plot. I'm far from it. But I'm here to say it's to star. It's really, it's really clear. Mm-hmm. And I think to Common's character, it's really not. And I think we see that mirrored in the relationship between him and his, and his brother-in-law, Maverick, yeah. and how they can't get on. But eventually they find peace with each other. But I, d- I don't believe Common ever changes his overall tune. No. Nor do I believe the film tells me he's wrong for not changing his tune. No. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think at first blush, this might look like it's a really clear-cut sort of um, narrative. Yeah. I think there's a lot of nuance in here. Oh, yeah, lot, there is. Lot, there is, yeah. Uh, we've been. T- is there anything you want to add, just before I move on? Oh no, no, I'm. I, I, I got nothing. Here. Okay. Um, and so the grand jury, and it's a glorified voice. If anything, I have a complaint. We spent so long with this movie, Tom and the Grand Jury, and it's nothing but a glorified voiceover where you pull a thirteen reasons why, and imagine you see the deceased person yeah. in front of you. As we don't get to see her speak, she's just sitting there staring, and we hear the voiceover. Mm-hmm. From a filmmaking perspective, I thought this was what we were building up to to some degree, and it felt unimportant. Back at school, Haley says, I guess you're not going to get over it anytime soon because she's different. She's not like other black people. (laughs) Haley's just doubling down on, okay, what do I have to say to be the most racist version of myself on it? (laughs) She is really. Oh, is a hairbrush a weapon? What almost is because Star almost like beats Haley with it. Yeah. She doesn't ever touch her with it though, which I think is really, really important. Yes, but Mm. holding it back and sort of moving forward. No, of course, but I think she's, it's it's important that she doesn't ever touch her with it because it doesn't. Oh, if she touches it, it muddies the message massively. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess you'll see the trauma of what's going on with Star. That was a hard scene. It was. That was a hard scene. Um, King beats up seven, we found out. So Chris drives Star home. Uh, King's looking for Star. Uh, we find out uh, she goes into, is it Aisha? Is that the name of the mom? Yeah. Aisha's house and says, what happened? She goes, what happened? You snitched, so my baby took an ass whooping for you. Um, King comes home. And I, I, I love that none of King's guy noticed a Range Rover. <laughs> yeah. The widest vehicle there ever was parked out front. It's not even a Land Rover. It's a Range Rover. It's a Range, Range Rover. Rover. Yeah. <laughs> And as they're driving back to safety, there's a protest and they both check the phones and we don't even have to be told. We see from the reactions mm-hmm. and we figure out what's happened. Yeah. Oh, and there's nothing. No charges. Uh, the protest starts out of the car. Seven's going to stay with her, but she tells Chris to get Kenya. And Lyric, is it the name of the little sister? The little? I think so. Yeah. 
Um, we then see someone smash a cop car window and we get proper riot and proper, uh, there's a guy in a suit, a black guy who's trying to get his side to calm down before they confront each other. He's yeah. a big, he's a big guy and he? he's, yeah, trying big to, guy. he's trying to sort the crowd really yep. by himself. He's there to protest peacefully. That's what he's there for. Yeah. And he's not there for what it's unfortunately going to turn into. Um, star, but, but doesn't history prove that when she put a blockade somewhere, there is going to be riots. It doesn't just calm down. Somebody's there with shields and batons. Yeah. It's, it's there is the notion if you if you had have just let them walk through and stand outside of City Hall, sure, it probably takes a lot longer to develop into what it becomes sure. if it does at all. Yeah. Um, Star tells April she wants to uh, talk. Uh, the she's I want to use my weapon. Um, I thought with a tense situation, it might not be the best time to speak in metaphor. No. <laughs> Maybe it's better to say I want to talk. Uh, although I understand how it pays off something said earlier in the movie, but I'm still like, maybe we just go direct here. She says, my name's Star and I am the witness. And she says, Khalil lived. It's not about his death. It's the fact that he lived and now he's not. His life mattered. Um, you have until the count of three. He lived. Two. He lived. One. And then a tear gas gets thrown out. There's a riot. Um, as they're destroying local businesses, they do spray paint black owned on businesses owned by black uh, members of the public, which means don't touch that one. Mm. Um, Barack Obama, when 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 um, the riots happened, said that I really think the the looting and the rioting, the destruction of, of businesses mm. muddies the message. And I don't know. We're, I'm, I'm on the outside looking in on this one because it's hard for me to understand that myself. Mm. And I'm going to speak from from my perspective here. Uh, it's hard for me to understand that side of it. Yeah. Um. So when there's also a pack mentality when they come to loot and well, stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's. <sighs> I think it. Bec- I think from what from reports I've heard, especially around when it happened recently, the mentality becomes we're taking back because you won't give. Obviously, that's not right. Stealing isn't right, and those sorts of things. But I think that's yeah. what the mentality becomes: is you also won't insurance. you won't listen unless we do something. Oh, I don't care about insurance, yeah. Ethan. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. I just don't. I, I don't. <sighs> I yeah, th- I don't think I don't think the people doing the looting and writing are thinking about insurance at I, that point. Um, I'll just say what I don't understand, and it's I don't understand if you know you're running out with something that you've stolen i don't understand how that changes the perspective of people who are dead it doesn't it just feels like it's material gain yeah 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 i agree so i don't think it's a complicated issue as we've said and just like at times i think there's a performative element on on that side as well where i'm not using this as an excuse to um skip class but also why would you want to Sorry, go on, Karen. But maybe I use this as an excuse to get this because it's never everyone. It's, it's not, never it's everyone. Never everyone. It is. It is and a so, small group. And so, and so when Obama, I was listening to Obama and he went, "I think it muddies our message." I'm sitting there going, "I think, I think I get you because I don't understand it." No, I think there's probably some people that do it because they're going, "This has happened to us for years and years yeah. and years, and we've tried talking, and you've not listened, so we're gonna show you." But I think there are also people in that group that also go, it's an excuse to be violent 
without necessarily massive repercussions because it's in a mob. And if you take a film like, and we'll talk, I want to talk about it a little bit at the end, but do the right thing, where it's the business owner who kind of is responsible for what occurs. And so they get back by sort of getting even with him. Now, I know you guys haven't seen it, but that felt like that destruction of, of his business that made sense within the, within the confines of the story. This one, I'm, I, I sit here on the outside as someone who doesn't understand going, I don't understand. And I don't either. So why would you want to destroy the shops and the community around your own community? Why do you, why do you, surely that must have but, an impact like on said, you afterwards. Like I said, I don't understand. I'm not here to criticize. I'm here to go, I don't understand. Uh, that's where, that's, that's, that, that, that's yeah. where I'm at. Yeah, same. Insurance or not, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I hope if people are, we're just trying to, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's, it's very difficult. Julian, you picked people. a difficult yes. movie for four white people yeah. to talk about. Thanks, Julian. <laughs> Both times. Both times. Yeah. What was the other to be one? Fair, to, uh, Django. As well. oh, okay. oh, Django. Oh, okay. Yeah. Django. Oh, Django. To be fair, I had a different, I was with a different audience um, for Django. St- still, still, my girlfriend and I watched this one. Still very hard. Yeah, yeah. It would be, wouldn't it? Mm. Lot of tears. So I, I would hope that anybody listening goes. We're trying to be as honest as we can. Yeah. Both in what we can understand and what we fail to understand. And maybe that opens a dialogue. I, I mean, I do find the whole, it, all of it, all of everything. You were really, really emotionally affected by this. Yeah. I was probably crying from about 15 minutes in till the end, yeah. like maybe breaking to my, for my eyes to stop literally tearing and then going again a few minutes later, just because it was, it, it got me, but I am, I am really interested in it. I want to learn more. I'm going to power through to the end, and then we can get Julian on here. Um, uh, there we are. Um, so as part of this, um, there's a pickup truck that picks up Star and Seven. And there's a, couple, kids. there's a couple other random people who get in the back of the truck, too, including a white guy, yeah. which showed you know a white guy involved in the protest, which mm-hmm. is great. Oh, I thought it was an Asian man who was a reporter, or I'm just really blind. Oh, there's a white guy in there. In the I think there was an Asian guy. guy and a white guy. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, there was two of them. Because I kept seeing the white guy over and over again. Because he asked if he could get in, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, and they say, yeah, sure, which was great. Yeah. Um, and so they need to go to my let's go to my dad's store because we need milk. It'll combat the burning on the skin and the eyes from the tear gas. They get dropped off at the store, making and King is waiting, and he just sort of like beckons a masked man to go forward because he's like, I gotta go shoot some Avengers stuff right now. So if you can go <laughs> ahead and I've done my bit. That's best a wrap on me, right? Um, there's a Molokov cocktail that goes off, and the place goes up in flames uh, after they get the milk. The milk's worked its magic yeah yeah. Uh, up drives maverick and unlocks the door two locals have been trying to sort of get in there and it's, I think it's important they see that this happened yeah because it's going to sort of tie up our our nice loose end that we can tie up uh up run mum up runs uncle carlos but it doesn't matter because here because the face-off between maverick and king and he goes for his gun and i was it's like why isn't it there what's going on he keeps reaching for it what was well, it i didn't know if he's trying to throw him off no and all of a sudden you and hear then, leave my daddy alone and yeah. sakani has the gun and this is what the voiceover says it's not the hate you give it's the hate we give but we can break the cycle and star stands in front of sakani and sakani drops the gun and I, I wrote my notes here. Remember what Sakani stands for? Joy. 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 He's clearly lost his joy. Yeah. Uh, and we get asked by um, Star, how many have to die before y'all get it? No more. And she stands between the police officers and Sakani because they kind of got their guns drawn. They're gonna, they're gonna shoot the kid. Shoot the kid. They, they draw as soon as the gun is out. Yep. It doesn't matter who's holding it. 
Mm. I mean, uh, it's happened before. Yeah, King, King, we get the coda at the end. You know, everybody goes home and the sort of cooler heads prevail. Uh, we get told it's about rebuilding. King went down for the fire. The snitching rules no longer applied. I guess not when he tries to burn people alive in the yeah. shop. Jeez. Uh, they're going to stay in Garden Heights for now. Uh, Star and Chris are good. She's changed her hair, but clear. Uh, so her hair seems more it's, it's less natural, not, less dual coating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you oh, know, she's like no it. longer trying to decrease her blackness to make white people feel comfortable. Nope. Yeah. Um, she won't stay friends with Haley, but she is still friends with that other girl, that barometer of goodness. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Star is given the option to go through Khalil's stuff and takes a Harry Potter wand. She's got all three wands, and there's a great lens flare. As she says, she's going to light up the world. So uh, I'm just going to go ahead. If someone wants to go ahead and just, uh, I don't know, what do you think about the conclusion with the three wands as I try and message Julian with our information here? I thought it was, oh, it was clever. Sweet. It nice. It tied it all in nicely because you see the picture of them as three young children as well, with their in their Harry Potter garb and wearing like wearing the robes and stuff when pointing their wands. It's and really it was, really lovely. And it's also a throwback to an innocent time, wasn't it? Yeah, of Before course. Before all that, because you see, I think it is really interesting that obviously there's three of them, and the first one dies very very young. I think that sets up this whole thing really nicely especially then at the end when she's lost she's the only one left then she does feel like she has to speak out on those sorts of things i think it's mm. it's really lovely and very well done i think it's very well written i to, when i saw that it was a book i went i, I might i might buy that i think i'm i might I might read the book yeah i know how well, obviously i know what happens now but i think reading it's a different situation altogether books and films and there might the be same. things in the book that is different to the film yeah nuance is easier to come by with a my, my phone's doing like an automatic uh, voice to text thing I wasn't to do that. <laughs> um it, it's a more nuanced thing because you've got more time to expand moments and let them breathe like i can only imagine when the, when the kid pulls the gun at the end yeah what does that look like at the end of it yeah. the poster for the film as well is is the same as the front cover of the book which i thought mm. was really lovely because the front cover of the book is a girl um black girl behind like a, almost like a placard with the name on it and the film is exactly the same, but it's Star as the character with, with the placard as well, which is really cool. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we've got Julene here. Hello, hey. Julene. Hey. Hi. Hi, I'm so excited. Julene, <laughs> you... Shit. film. Julene, you chose a really difficult film for four white people to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so sorry. No, it's great. Yeah. I'm looking no, forward... It's, it's been really I'm really looking forward to yeah. this conversation because the way we, we, we present... And first off, Julene, great to have you Hi, back. Julene. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Julene. Because Julene sort oh, of suggested... I've got some films. My outfit, I'm like cleaning. <laughs> oh. Julene was like, what's this idea? What do you think? I said, hey, it's your pick. You pick whatever it is that you want. And so I was like, okay, don't know this one that well. Because I don't think... It, I think we'll see in the numbers in a minute. It didn't really cross over. No. But, uh, Julene, why was this such an important film that you wanted to pick? Why was it one that you were, you were sort of itching to hear us talk about? Because when we when we were on last time and when we got on a couple times, you guys had mentioned how like the police were viewed differently in your country. Mm-hmm. And when you share the stories about how, you know, police would get like stuff thrown at them and, and cursed at and I'm going, Oh God, and y'all didn't die? Like, <laughs> yeah, I can see. And I just felt like this this film 
it like start such a nuanced conversation yeah. about the different ways that police are viewed in in the US versus where you are. And um I watched it with my son. I rewatched it with my son. I tell you, like I wept through this through this entire movie. Yeah. So did I. Yeah. yeah, but George is weeping from if I can, George is from the perspective of just yeah. a narrative or a hypothetical or an outsider's perspective. Like an empathetic rather than this could be me because it, yeah. it couldn't it's not it's not me the closest i could get to it was if i did ever have a relationship with a black person and then my children yeah. were but i couldn't ever me because i am very very white so. just just for anybody who's outside the conversation julian are, are you comfortable talking about your sort of ethnic makeup yeah sure um i'm actually filipino and spanish but uh I descend from a black indigenous tribe in the Philippines, the first peoples of the Philippines. And um, my, my husband is a black American and my kids are black Filipino and Spanish. We are an Afro Latino family. I just wanted to bring that up because there's certain elements that I think we're going to lean on Julene's life experience for that. If, if people don't know Julene and they should, she's got a great YouTube channel. Go ahead and check that out. (laughs) Weren't you making tamales a little while ago or something like that? Yeah. Um, the, the season premiere, I made tamales with uh, Valentina and uh and and you shared with us your your first public speaking uh gig which i went ahead and watched and it was about you know you got to move you got to swerve that's been in my head that's been in my head ever since i sort of uh (laughs) saw that but but if case people weren't weren't familiar i just wanted to sort of explain why you know uh, under what what's the difference between our perspective Mm -hmm. and julian's perspective and julian's perspective not just uh, in regards to the american side of it but just also in the sense that um you you've you're going to have a much more nuanced understanding of some of these specific situations than, than, than we will. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's also the area too. Um, that garden Heights or is it garden Heights area is, is in a, it's a neighborhood in Mississippi. Oh, it's Mississippi. Okay. Yeah. It's a neighborhood in Mississippi. I, I grew up in the Northeast like uh, run the New Haven area in New Haven. So now New Haven is again, that is that Connecticut? Yep, that's okay. Connecticut. Hey, two points. Well me. done. I know, right? <laughs> it, it's it's so weird because you can definitely see um, the effects of redlining and gentrification because I lit I lived in like what they called the hood in New Haven where I could see, but I could see Yale from my house. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you go like a few blocks in the wrong direction, you know, yeah. and you're a Yale student, you might come back, you know, a little lighter in the pockets if you come back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but is there that sort of side by side, which we we sort of get here through Garden Heights and is it Williamson? Williamson, yeah. And yeah. how they're sort of like almost almost neighboring, you sort of get the feeling for or at least not that yeah. far of a drive that you can make daily. Yeah, yeah. But yet your worlds can be so, so different as a result. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I actually, I, after the George Floyd murder, um, I wrote an article about this that was in Codem Magazine, uh, that was published in Codem Magazine called Walking Wild Black. And I talked about the different conversations that I have to have with my child versus our neighbor's child. Mm. Um 
you know, just going to the corner store. And this movie is so crazy. Like, again, I like I might cry again because this movie is like uh, for me, it's like a parent's worst nightmare. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> my kid's supposed to be somewhere. They stop off somewhere else or they get pulled over. And then next thing you know, they don't make it home. That's really interesting because um, we notice when it starts. I mean, the film has a very powerful opening when they're having the talk. And we talked about the difference between what the talk means, I think, in our collective upbringing. And uh, where it would be about, here's the sex talk, as opposed to, you know, what we see here, where this is the what to do when you are pulled over talk. Yeah. Yep. Yep. See, um, in, in my article, I talk about my, you know, my son getting invited to go to the corner store. And I tell him his talk consisted of, all right, son, you know, first you got to check him before he walks out the door. Um, is he wearing something that covers his face? Does he, is he wearing something that might make him look suspicious? My son is a six foot black teen. So, you know, yeah. There's like a different thing. You got to watch what he wears. Um, I I talked about, you know, pull up your pants, get a, take that hoodie off. It's a hundred degrees outside in California. It's hot all the time. So, you know, that would make him look suspicious. Hoodie on in a hundred degree weather, Mm. you know, get some pants that fit. We don't sag over here. What are you, what are you doing? You know? So, and then, you know, if you get, if the police hassle you, get your hands out your pockets. Make sure your hands are seen at all times. Um, do what you're told. Don't talk back. Comply, then complain. The goal every day is to make it home. What's my number? Do You don't have to speak to them. Just simply say, I'll, you know, I have a right to wait for my parents to come. You know, do not be disrespectful. Don't talk back. Just say, I will write to wait for my parents to come. Remember my number by heart so that you can call it from wherever you're at. Remember, you get a phone call. And these are the things because it's not just, it's, we worry about the things that may make police nervous or suspicious of our children. That's really interesting because that ties into the scene in the film that we were talking about with Common, uh, Common, Uncle Carlos, Carlos yeah. and Star at the table. And he's trying to sort of uh, suggest all the things that goes through his mind due to his training and due to the situation. And I thought that was a really interesting, nuanced conversation because up until this point, it had felt fairly... Um, universal in the way it was treating various things but this scene was actually really and he, he doesn't back down at the end and go i'm wrong he just he yep. goes he goes it's complicated it and there are elements nope. there are elements where you go at least from my perspective i'm curious to get your thoughts on this where from my perspective i was going you know it, it is dark it is nighttime i don't know what it is i'm in a neighborhood where gun crime is is frequent uh, just to, you know obviously they had over the the the, the radio you know there's a party and there were gunshots fired all these things that if you're by yourself all these things that sort of if it had been the white 
policeman who was being charged who said it we would have gone what but not only is it is it a black cop but it's a member of the family saying it i'm like Mm. this is a really nuanced kind of thing that's how i read the the sort of moment where i went i understand why she thinks she's right i understand why he thinks he's justified yeah why he sees his why he sees the complication in the in the whole thing what was what was your reading of that julian um what i i love a well-rounded story yeah so a lot of people don't get that police okay so i have the basis for comparison when i was in the military i had gun training and we got weapons training mandatory training every other day we were in the training for something something weapons handling weapons assembly how to clean your weapon uh bomb assembly here's how you handle this every other day because these are dangerous things if handled improperly can hurt you or someone else Mm -hmm. police do not have the funding to train their officers this way so i know everybody's out there and i'm probably gonna get canceled you know but look they're saying defund the police. The police do not have enough funds to properly train their officers to begin with. And then we get to defunding them. They'll have even less training, which means more of our kids are going to die in the street. Mm-hmm. So um, my reading of this was that it's trying to paint a fuller picture to open up a better conversation because you know when when we're angry and we're hurt as a community we're not trying to hear why Mm. because in our minds there is no excuse to gun down a teenage boy yeah of of course when you put it in those terms everyone's gonna go of course not yeah, yeah. And then when you hear Uncle Carlos Commons thing, I like the the fuller communication where you're going, huh? And, and yeah. he's been he's been painfully honest, and he knows he's not preaching to the choir. Yeah, he knows he's he, he's, <laughs> he knows he's preaching to the very opposite of that. Yeah, and even in, at the conclusion of the film, we just got the the dad Maverick and Uncle Carlos ain't beefing anymore, but we don't find out like. They haven't come to an accord together. No. And it's about that conversation, I think, which, yeah, I, which I thought was a little bit of nuance that, that, that I'm glad the film, I'm glad the film has in it yeah, yeah, for yeah. a fuller, because you can't solve racism in two hours and this no, film wasn't yeah. trying to, which is why I think we came to the conclusion. I think that's why you have the, um, the woefully miscast Anthony Mackie in this yeah. film. <laughs> Ma- Julian, Julian Mackie, Mackie, Mackie sucks in this film, Julian. He's not threatening I'm in any way. Take him seriously. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, they should have cast Common as the bad guy. We said that. Or, we, we, um, said that. we said we cast did. Common as the bad guy and cast Mackie as Uncle Carlos. Yeah. Job done. Yep. Yeah. Job done. That 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 would have been a better. Casting. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I thought Common was good in his role, but yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. like, there's definitely a mistake there. And so the reason why you have then King, the reason why you have Anthony Mackie's character, is we can't solve racism, but we can feel better about this. This yeah. is the happy ending this, we can give you. The, yeah. We'll get rid of King, 
and then that's solved, I guess. Yeah. Also, I like how it showed the the effects of the stop snitching culture, yeah. like how it also hurts us. It doesn't just hurt the police. It hurts us, too, because we can't we cannot really sit here and say we want our neighborhood better when we are also condoning you know Keeping this quiet. yeah, yeah in th- our neighborhood but at the same time that means we have to close the wage gap close the health care gap close the employment gap close the education gap yeah which, uh, we, yeah, which education we, gap. which we saw as a massive start at the start at the very start it sort of get got got sort of glossed over a little bit but why is she at the expensive school because if you go to the uh into the local state school you're gonna end up running drugs or getting pregnant or 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 getting dead was kind of the way they sort of presented it as yeah, you know yeah. this, that's not that's yeah. not a path to any sort of life choices as we would say where i'm from yeah and and that's the thing too it talks about uh it touches about how we have to change our mentality too. I went to a PWI for high school because I wanted to. Like I worked hard for that. I got a scholarship and went to a PWI. Sorry, what, what's and a PWI, Julie? It's a <laughs> it's a predominantly white institution. Okay. Oh wow. <laughs> so you know, I, I went to a PWI for high school and. You know, it was it was a lot of oh you forgot where you came from, oh you you know, oh you too good to hang out with your friends and you too good for this, oh college girl, you, you know. It, it's uh it's hard because so you know who the real ones are because they'll be proud of you for succeeding. So when you're saying the conversations of you forgot where you came from, these are people within your own community. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Wow. So, is so it, yeah, like how do you, you, you think you're? Is it this like you think you're better than us? Is it that kind of you're abandoning us, or you have this elitist sort of mind? Like, is, is that that what what's sort of being brought to you? Yeah, like it, it's like oh, you know, you're too good to kick it with us. You're too good to go to the regular school. Kind of like oh, now you think you're better than us, but that's the thing. Um, that mentality has changed. We. We, um, you know, a, a lot of times uh, with within the black community, we talk about having conversations outside of the white gaze because, you know, it's kind of like what happens in house stays in house. Mm. But it it all relates. It all relates. I think that's why <laughs> King's character in this and the kind of the struggle that they go through with that and the resolution that comes from it is important because if i'm kind of interpreting right i think that's the the film is kind of suggesting that because she a star says it, it says we what was it we all i can't remember what she says she says rather than they she says we at one point like, the hate the hate we give yeah the hate we give so it's like it's almost a we need to stop the infighting as well as stopping the what's the entire the like the us against them type mentality as well because if we're fighting within ourselves and there is like the say the mentality that Julian was mentioning of oh so you think you're better than us yeah that if that doesn't stop then you can't necessarily expect the uh, the other stuff to stop either yeah mm. exactly 
Oh, <laughs> sorry, you just got me thinking there for a second. So yeah. there's there's that. Um, Julian, we can officially say between us, we made him speechless. Yeah, it doesn't happen. To- <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. doesn't happen too Not often. Been r- running the pod for over two years. It's only happened a handful of times. So, <laughs> so there we go. Um, it's interesting. Uh, from a storytelling perspective, I felt that the grand jury trial was going to be a much bigger part of the film. And actually... It's not much of anything, save for, I think I made a reference to being like 13 Reasons Why, where she imagines the deceased member kind of just sitting around her, kind of not, as she, we don't even get her like testifying, we just get her sitting there staring while a voiceover happens. Mm. And it just felt like that was, this was supposed to be a big deal. This was, let me rephrase it, this is supposed to be her finding her voice. And maybe we're saving that because we want the voice to be when she grabs the megaphone at the protest. But I think I really need to see her. The result of the grand doing, trial becomes the event, doesn't it, right? Rather than the grand trial itself, like it can still be like a minute in length. If yeah. you, I mean, if you have to, I'd rather it was longer. But it can still be a little bit of time. But then just give me, oh, give me some. Like we talked about this for an hour in the movie, an hour plus. Mm. Why is nothing happening? Yeah, it should have done. Well, yes, uh, I agree. There should have been more to the grand jury, but um, I think the the like the climax point of this film was her grabbing the megaphone she said it was she said the megaphone was as heavy as a gun which i don't don't know i've held a gun i've held a megaphone i don't i don't think i I don't i mean and it really depends on which gun like like i should imagine which megaphone as well they have these little small (laughs) megaphones didn't they yeah uh, to be yeah. fair, she, she runs up to the one right at the protest. She goes, are you ready to use your weapon now? I'm like, ah, maybe not the best time for metaphorical talk no. when you got police there with clubs and guns and stuff. Let's just let's just say you're ready to use your voice. Yeah. <laughs> you're ready to speak up for your people, whatever it might be. But let's not do the... Uh... To be fair, that character I really couldn't get on board with. No. April? Was her name yeah, April? Yeah, yeah, April. It felt at times like she was almost going to turn on them. Like she felt, she didn't feel genuine. All of There's the time. that bit of the funeral where she like eyes up star and you're like, oh, what's this about? Yeah. Mm. And it just felt like she was the person who comes in from the outside says, you got to stand up and then fails to realize the impact that has in these people's lives. And I felt that something, something could have been, yeah. that, that, was, that was a really interesting story point that didn't get picked up on. She, she really felt like, um, like I don't know, she didn't feel like she was trying to really help. She she felt like the people like outsiders who come into the neighborhood telling us what we need instead of asking us what we need. Oh, I wanted to bring that up. Her boyfriend during the protest. See, he said the wrong thing when she first told him that she was the witness. He said, "I don't see color," and she said, <laughs> "You don't see it. me." Yeah, <laughs> but. In the protest, I feel like he kind of redeems himself because he doesn't try to fix her problem. He asks her what she needs from him. Yeah. And that's that's how you be an ally. Yeah. I know we don't need a savior. You want to be an ally? Ask me what I need. So there is I think you just said people. it much more succinctly. It took us, <laughs> it took us a while. <laughs> we oh, talked, wow. we kind of came into that same thing, but you know. 
Yeah. No, and me, I used, I was not speechless at that time, so I used many <laughs> words to get there, but yeah. Uh, the, the, so there is the criticism of the white hero complex, isn't there? Well, the white the, savior, the isn't white it? The white savior, savior complex. Trope. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, um, I think hopefully we go, we know you don't need that. We but. review dangerous minds. We know what the white savior oh, trope is. No. <laughs> we even spoke about it yeah, when we did um, Hidden Figures with Julian. Yeah, Hidden Figures. We yeah, talked about yeah. it there, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Or on Julian's pod. <laughs> yep. I still, I still it, love Kevin Costner in that film. I'm sorry, I do. <laughs> I, I do too. He in the film, he seemed more like about the science. Like it's like he's so balls deep in the science that he just he has the privilege of ignoring everything else. I'm just really enjoying the, the other character, the term balls deep, because oh, that's geez. a very. I don't. Know, it's a. It's a very kind of like over here. At least that's used by the like the youth and the like chavy kind of people yeah, yeah and then it's oh. parodied and then it's parodied kind of by like people who are pretending to be those people so that's like one of those terms yeah. that gets thrown around quite a bit so i'm just, I'm just enjoying your use of it <laughs> that's cool uh, something that we picked up on, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. And the movie helps with the cinematography and the use of the of the, of the color palette between um, Star's two sort of communities that she spends time in. But this notion of dual coding, the, that you're one person when you're oh. off at your school and you're that version of yourself. Now, professionally, we do a little bit of this with professional roles when we're teachers. So obviously, the way we are <laughs> at school can't mirror the way we are. No. But that's a choice I'm making based on profession, not because of anything, not because I have to make myself less threatening to it, so that someone else will feel okay with my presence. The only time I have to do something like that is when I'm following a woman down the street. Well, following. There's <laughs> so, so a woman in front of me going down the street, and, and I, will, I will cross the road so she feels safe. Now, that's a very small action. Yeah. Uh, but, but Julian, when I started talking about it, you sort of lit up, and I think I, I just kept talking. Um, but w- did, did you pick up on this notion of, of, of the two uh, versions of herself? Yeah, it's called cold switching. Cold um, switching, that's long- what I wanted to say. Yeah, I had a conversation with Zoe about that from Backlog Cinema when we were discussing Aquafina being, being criticized <laughs> for her black scent. Um. And he said, you know, how do we know it's not, you know, they're code switching. Yeah, yeah. Um, code switching is something a lot of people do. Like, um, I've I've done it. I do it. So I still do it. I do it so much. I don't even think I realize I'm doing it. Where, you know, I get with my friends or my family. And, you know, it's a whole different vibe for when I get in with, like, um, like when I get in for business, when I'm trying to negotiate something for, you know, my shows, my anything, when I'm trying to negotiate or when I'm negotiating, uh, you know, cost of an article or something. And when I get in there, you know, I might be, yeah, what's, what's up? What's going on? <laughs> you know, bitch, don't tell me this, you know. But when I get in there, I'm sorry. I, I don't think that's going to be. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't feel like that's going to be uh, actionable. So, come back to me with a different figure and let's talk about it. That's brilliant. <laughs> I kind of do code switching, I guess, at work. So we all mic- have. Ele- everyone has. I mean, I mean, I, 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 yeah. I, I, I have micro me- conversations with people because I serve people. Um, depending on who comes to me, so say like a guy, a builder comes up to me, goes, "You're like, how are you doing?" 
I go, yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, yeah you, you, you mirror that. Yeah, I you can kind of mirror people. But I, I think the difference would be the code switching we see if it takes place in the movie is about Star making herself, taking some of her more yeah. black attributes yes. in order to make the white people feel okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. And I it's had, like queer code switching when I yeah. go to like, when I go to college, I get to be like, I get to be myself and I got to be like fully open about who I was. And then I come back here and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Well, no, not Wait, doing whoa, 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 whoa. Are you say, saying, you saying my that, own skin? Are you saying that you're holding back on us? No, 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 not with you guys. Right. I mean, just like, <laughs> in the, no, in the national, in like the, the general public. Oh, okay. like, I, I grow, I've been, I get so when, I was with friend, <laughs> when I was with friends. When, when I'm with my friends, I'd be, I get to be sort of more, more fluid and androgynous, and I wouldn't have like any of that. So when when I was at uh, college, it'd be, it'd be fine, great, and then. When I when I'd come back and I'd sort of be be working in a shop where, um, if I look a certain way with how I present myself, I would get called awful awful. Yeah, things. you shared some stories about customers who decided they were going to take <laughs> out their uh, oh god yeah their bad days on yeah. any numerous parts of your identity. <laughs> yeah. It's weird because yeah. I, I'm in this. I was in the same. You're older. You're older. Oh, okay. Old yeah. people feel like they can pass judgment on people Ethan's age because what are they going to do yeah. about it? Oh, okay. The long hair, the painted nails, the, the my voice is so See, weird. And, and that's the thing, you know, setting boundaries is ageless. So that, you know, if I, if I can, you know, just for me to you, people go in there, they can say what they want, but setting boundaries is ageless. You know, and there's professional ways to say, I don't know who the fuck you think you're talking to, but it's not me today. (laughs) Yeah. Not today, not ever. There's like real professional ways of doing it. And (laughs) and boundaries are ageless, man. As as a teacher, what I've learned is going, respectfully (laughs) 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 if i throw the word respectfully it kind of means yeah yeah no i'm gonna do that with me (laughs) 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 only only when it's a a difficult Uh, conversation (laughs) my my favorite thing is per my last email oh Oh, when that yeah. happens, I know I, I I done messed up with something here. I had to do it with a with a parent at work at the weekend because they hadn't they'd got the time wrong for dropping off their child, and were getting a bit like arsy about it. And I was like, as per the email you received, yeah. like <laughs> you can't. Uh, yeah. I tell you, I realised something just while you're thinking about what you're going to talk about next. No. With the conversation, obviously the one that floored you, because that's, I'm, I'm going to keep going into that because it's really important that we floored you. I realised, I know it's not the same thing at all, but I realised, I think, why I was able to grasp onto the concept of stopping the infighting before you stop the others. It's because it's similar to the female perspective of like slut shaming culture and those sorts of things and yeah, of victim blaming. Yeah. It's exact. It's not exactly the same thing, but it is on the same level there are conversations within like the female community as a whole of if we continue to point out people that are because they're scantily dressed we must assume they're this that and the other if we don't stop doing that we can't as a as a gender expect anyone else to stop doing it as well and it's something that i think rung just the whole notion of that sort of thing that's why i went it took me a second to go why do i relate to what julene's saying on that level I think it's because it's the same sort of notion. It's not the same topic, of course, but it's the same sort of notion that's there. You have to stop 
criticizing each other before you can expect other people to stop criticizing you makes sense yeah yeah and i mean there's a reason why you know they say uh you have to police each other and yeah not allow this to happen because you know we're each responsible for our brother and our sister we are i'm trying to remember where i was before that now um, I was going to talk about bell. I was going to bounce off what you said. We're talking about bell hooks and intersectionality, but it's just the idea that nobody's just one thing. No. So you know, we see there's there's issues that Star is facing in this film because she's black. We see there's issues that uh, that she's facing in this film because she's poor. Mm-hmm. We see there's issues she's facing in this film because she's female. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And these three things, because you can't just be like these things overlap, and, and you find this like like. Sorry, go ahead. And she's in an interracial relationship. Yeah, and she's in an interracial relationship. <laughs> I'm going to say all the syllables rather than just slur them together. <laughs> um, and so, what Bell Hooks, who is a Black American philosopher, would say is that you know it's not a. Unfortunately, it becomes infinitely nuanced because you can't just put people in these nice little binary sort of setups. You're a man or you're a woman. And that was before we started talking about the spectrum that is gender. Yeah, and then you know you're straight or you're not straight or you're. Um, white or you're not white and these sort of all these sort of situations you can sort of lay people into and I go yeah but you, you never really get to strip the other parts of your identity and say but for this conversation I'm no longer this or I'm no longer because I only want to talk about this one thing and so I think the film and, gave us concepts that lines up with that and for people people like me it's it's all it's there's a whole separate conversation too where you know, some people feel like, oh, well, I'm not black enough, Asian enough, Spanish enough. Yeah. And same with my kids. Oh, they're not black enough, Asian enough or Spanish enough. And, you know, what they they call it passing. You know, yeah. one of my sons passed, two of my my daughter, my other daughter, my, my daughter and my other son do not. And they're definitely treated different. But pass is not being Just- part of one of these communities. They don't they don't. It's, it's often white no, passing, when, isn't it? Yeah, they, yeah. they pass for like, they pass for one race or another. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So never it, it's, it's very different. And, you know, the idea of being enough of something, yeah. that's where the intersectionality comes in. I, I, use, I used to be insecure about that, if I'm being honest. Like, I felt like I wasn't, I didn't fit in into one community or another. Mm. And then, and then I grew up in a Puerto Rican hood. So (laughs) it's like, I really just didn't fit anywhere. But after a while, you went, like, you get to my age, I'm 35, I'm 35 years old. I'm out of F's to give and I'm tired of everybody's shit. (laughs) So, Julian, you're unique and beautiful. And you are, you are a, Baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I miss 35. <laughs> I, I only no, turned 21. 35. 35. Okay. Fine, cool. Either way, fine. my first number's different. So. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> Uh, you've got it you got her <laughs> you broke her <laughs> oh i'm trying to think of everybody's least favorite character in this movie Haley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh 
Oh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that exactly that. <laughs> I'm, try, I'm sort of playing Haley's greatest hits in my head, and um, I yeah. think the two ones that stand out the most for me are the fried chicken comment when they're playing basketball. Oh, for the record, Star can't play basketball to save her life. I just want to say that. No, she, she sucks. Thank you. She really Thank you. <laughs> I was getting grief from people. You don't bounce the ball this high when you're on the team. Secondly, though, it, it, it's, it's the, the, sorry, the fried chicken comment. I'm like, that is just egregiously bad. It was interesting because it was a conversation that opened up here yeah it opened well, up here because, because, because there's elements of that in- yeah because that's something very specific to the to the american yeah it, experience that was, that was like cultural as well as yeah. racial so yeah that was interesting but the other yeah. one the other one was um and we talked about a little bit with, with, with allyship already but it was the uh i'm gonna create a a justice for khalil rally so i can get out of my chemistry test and that performative nature of performative wokeness yeah and that's it's so it's so dangerous because it it like poisons the water of the work people are actually trying to do yeah who are legitimately and it just it just opens up the opportunity for for someone on the opposite side who you're fighting against to go look at that that's all about that that is yeah well I think the juxtaposition of her privilege versus her star's boyfriend privilege is very interesting. There, he is a very interesting foil to um, what's her name, Chelsea? Should because Haley, what Haley, Haley, when she makes that fried chicken comment and goes, "Didn't we have it for lunch?" So you did you buy that? I don't. Yeah, I don't buy I that. Didn't. No, no, I didn't buy that. <laughs> but then at the same time, like, it's one of those things where, okay, maybe she really doesn't know. Maybe maybe her privilege yeah. allows her to be so far removed from this stereotype that she really just doesn't know. And then they juxtapose her with Star's boyfriend who says, I don't see color. And yeah. he really doesn't know that that's annoying. <laughs> you <laughs> That's that is an annoying exposition of his privilege because Star can't help but to see color. That is her life daily. That is our life daily. So if you don't see that, then then you definitely don't see us. But you touched upon this earlier, didn't you? It's not like we don't see color. It's- we said we. I'm not like I'm not like <laughs> Chris. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, because I, cause I said the same thing to my, my mate in the high school was black. He was the only black kid in our school. And I said to him the same thing. I don't see colour. And I weren't being racist. I weren't being... I think it speaks to... I Sorry. Just, I was just being... He was just my mate. That didn't matter whether he was... I think there was a time, probably the time 20 years ago, right? 25 yeah. years ago, if you were in high school, right? Yeah. Where I don't see colour was like, that was the... That was the correct answer. Oh, okay. Or at least th- that, that's kind of where we'd, we'd, we'd gotten to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, you know, but then the idea of going, okay, that's default. I want to treat everybody the same is kind of what's being said there. Yeah. But I think in the time since then, we've gone, okay, I hear you, but let's acknowledge the different starting points that we're at. Yeah. And I think that's 
what that is. It's not that anybody's saying about CJ, he's a CJ, Chris, Chris, he's a bad dude, but he's definitely a guy who's, who thinks he's doing the right thing, but he's just getting it a little bit wrong because he doesn't realize if you say, I don't see you're missing her whole journey. Yeah. It's like, it's like the, the image that goes around sometimes it's like the two different versions of equality. It's the person like the short, the different height people. Everybody, everybody fence. has the ability to look at the baseball game, but yeah, they're giving, different heights. So you give someone two bricks is yeah. equality, but giving the shortest person three and the second one, two and the tallest person one would be the correct version of equality. Cause now everybody gets the now same experience. Gets the same experience. Yeah. yeah. It's like that versus the, the other one. It's the difference between equality and equity. That's yeah. That's the mm. concise way of putting Again, it. Again, there you go. Concisely put. <laughs> well done, Julian. Well, yeah, well done. <laughs> I'm just trying to get my head around the whole basis of it because that is completely different. I what I what I like about the treatment of Chris because Chris makes some some mistakes in this film. Oh yeah, of course he does. Nothing agree yeah. like nothing egregious, but no. he just makes some mistakes. Yeah, and the fact that he's able to learn from this yes. and show that he's still. He's trying. Taught, he's taught as well. And it's not going to be as simple way. as, oh, I spent five minutes and now I understand no. how racism works. No. Because it is a bit of a lifelong journey, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And I think through him, we get to see that as long as your heart's in the right place and you're asking the right questions and you're taking the correction when given appropriately. Mm. Yeah. Then that's that's currently what the journey is. Yeah. And, what, and, what, and what's being asked. I think. How am I doing on that one, Julian? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, but the thing that lives rent-free in my head with Haley is when she said, you're different. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of times Asians are considered the safe minority uh, or, you know, the safe person of color. We, we, We are supposed to be quiet and all the things succeed. Um, it's there's a whole thing like if you go on like YouTube and and Google the the safe minority, that that's what that's how the United States views Asian Americans. And a lot of times, when the way she said, You're different, Mm. and it's it's because she has code switched. Yeah. To make her white classmates feel comfortable instead of just being herself. Mm. When and herself isn't scary. Herself is kind of sweet. She's like an adorable sneakerhead that yeah. wants to get through school. Like she's a really sweet kid. Even a prom, she she's wearing her dress and she's got her she's got her she's got her, her, her shoes on, her Jordan. She said every time a sneaker is cleaned improperly, a kitten dies. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. great. That's great. Yeah. Not that so the kitten she, dies, but <laughs> <laughs> so it, I I like that line lives rent free in my head because it is the exact problem with there. There is a difference between code switching to make to be appropriate for wherever you're at, and then completely changing and code switching to make other people feel comfortable where you shouldn't have to that's the difference obviously we've all experienced the code switching where you do it for a reason like to be to remain professional or yeah, to remain I mean, it's, those it's, sorts of things we don't have we, to we, do we can't relate we don't to have it. to do the second one no. 
Not really. We can't relate to that. No, not no. That's what I mean. They're not yeah. the second version of it that's doing it to like try and protect to try and make yourself yeah. feel safe just for yeah. being you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've we never don't have had to do that. It's outside across the road. <laughs> yeah. Um. I once again say I don't follow women down the street. <laughs> I say, and, they, and again, it's like the we briefly discussed it last week. I stopped wearing skirts at a certain age because of yeah the male sort of, gaze yeah. and those sorts of things. So there's there's those kind of I guess that's a type of code switching because I'd much rather wear a dress than jeans and a top. But you do it to whatever, but it's not it's not the same thing. Yeah, I was like, I, I personally like no offense. I don't feel like it's the same thing. No, go for it. Um, yeah. Only because code switching is a is you know more. It's like behavioral, everything from the way you speak, carry yourself, and even being aware of your body language, as opposed to like changing your like what you wear. But that is a completely valid opinion, though, because I can see that mm-hmm. changing what you wear to avoid sight lines and hassling yeah it's, so it's, it's not the same thing i can definitely see the i can see the connection yeah you mean uh i'll tell you what lives oh, it lives rent free in my head although i love your statement so i just want to piggyback off it but while we're still hating on Haley, uh, <laughs> um the bit the bit where she asked star oh are you not over it yet yeah. and it's this yeah. idea of when's this gonna blow over are we done yet are we done yet it's fixed right you want you've had your bit we've, we've talked about it we had a little protest we're we're done with this conversation, right? As opposed to, you know, that's not what changes. Changes, it's, 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 it's omnipresent. It's, yeah. it's, it's a consideration. Not that you're always ready to necessarily, not that, not, not that every day is a protest day, but just the idea that we're not going to go back to normal. Mm. That's not the point of this, is to reset to the way it once was. Yeah. Well, yeah, the way she said, oh, well, you're not over it yet. Um, the idea that, like you said, they can reset, but nothing's changed. Her behavior has not changed. No behaviors has changed. And this is a very interesting, uh, again, like juxtaposition to when Star goes to her own community, nothing changes either. So when nothing yeah. changes... She goes to the grand jury, nothing changes. She goes to here, and Haley is like the embodiment of nothing changes. Yeah, I just remember that April woman was totally cool. With the she's leading a protest, but I'm like, at no point was she like there going, "Oh, I can't believe this happened," or "Let me phone you," or she's just kinda, I I like she's kind of. I think the news only just breaks, doesn't it? She's a very she's just she's a plot device of a character, isn't she? She just kind of pops up i think she gets like four minutes of screen time yeah. if that <laughs> and she could have been really interesting actually i think if they'd have developed that a bit there's more. a few other ideas that i mean wrong. It's, it's a very it's a very nuanced piece and it's something that definitely has driven conversation driven conversation here uh, yeah. amongst us it's driven conversation between us and julene uh, and i want to thank julene for just your your, your own personal um, how, how much of your personal experiences that you've shared with us as people who see this almost from a distance, both for um, where we live in the world, mm-hmm. as well as just being on the other side of that privilege, um, something that we can't really relate to. And so it was, it was interesting, though, how the filmmaker made it accessible for us. 
Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So by opening up at the table with the conversation that's taking place and by making us stay so tight to star throughout that we sort of see her perception. Oh, I got one question. I got one question. The hairbrush scene where she almost hits Haley with the hairbrush. I wanted her to beat Haley. Well, I was, I was scared. I was no, scared because, on, because if she hits, she loses everything, doesn't she? Yeah. If she makes contact, she she's the one who couldn't keep her. I mean, as it is, I mean, she's that will be traumatizing as yeah. it was. But, but definitely if you make contact, um, I got a chance to speak to, um, when I was at university, Julian, uh, Minnie Jean Brown Tricky. And Minnie Jean Brown Tricky was one of a Little Rock Nine. So the first nine students. Yeah. So she's, so she's the one who got kicked out because someone used a racial slur on her and she dumped her lasagna all over his head or something like that. Wow. So, so, so the minute she made contact, not all heroes wear capes, not all heroes wear capes. But, uh, so that was, I think at the time I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. But the further away I get from, I'm like, wow. But that, I mean, there's the example that the minute that she crossed the line once, she was out. That was yeah. it. It was over. And so the rage, which the actress, who we just found out was the same actress who played Rue in the Hunger Games, go figure. Um, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh I have blown God. Julene's mind twice in about 90 seconds of talking here. But yeah. I so. saw that movie like a million times. No way. So, um, but the, you can you definitely feel her rage and the amount of self-control it would have to take to not follow through. Yeah. And not take up arms yeah. and not become violent because then because that's, then what happens? That's restraint, isn't it? That's, it is. Yeah. I I know this is a uh, well. I thought it was interesting that she she used a hairbrush to do it, just to show that literally when you're afraid of a person, it doesn't matter what's in their hand. And uses her hairbrush too. Right. Takes the hairbrush, hairbrush out of Haley's bag. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. And speaking of hair, I thought it was very nice to see how she she went from wearing her hair in that protective style yeah. Yeah. throughout the entire movie in, in braids. And then at the end, when she was able to be herself, like sort of nobody is ever actually all the way their self in a PWI. Let's just be honest. But she was actually able to be herself. She removed her hair from the protective style and wore it naturally. Yeah, I, I, was, I thought that was a really lovely touch because it's not commented on at all either. It is just a visual thing, but it was it was really nice to see. Yeah, I think it's it, infer- it was, inferential, but I think you're able to pick up quickly what the meaning of that yeah, is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I thought that that was really nice. Um, I, and you know. They didn't they didn't talk about it at all because there was just so much to unpack. But that that one thing was just the icing on on a really really wonderful cake. Um especially especially like the hair conversation is also a very <laughs> conversation. And that that was just a beautiful visual to bring up. It was I was really lovely to see a few it was a few weeks ago now but something went round facebook about um equality and things and it was that a kids tv show 
had included a song about wearing your bonnet to bed. And oh. I learned from that and it was so interesting because I didn't know about bonnets and those sorts of things for natural natural hair so they wear it so it doesn't get tangled while they sleep and those sorts of things i've never heard of this but yeah well, it, this is what it is but for so the children seeing it because they were seeing it on tv the little girl in question was wearing her bonnet to bed now because it's on tv in her favorite program yeah. and so that it was just it was so lovely yeah um my daughter well when when i can get her to do it i <laughs> i try and get her to wear her bonnet because cotton breaks hair breaks textured hair it drains the moisture out of textured hair and it makes it dry and starts break. So uh, both uh, my son with his locks and my daughter, she wears the bonnet to bed and my, my son has the lock. So. Okay. I just thought it was so, really interesting to see it creeping in, obviously not enough, but creeping into children's media and those sorts of things as well. And. Um, this movie, I know there's a lot of things specific to the United States, but I wondered if there was like these type of problems in mm. in England because I met people of color from England and they always seem so surprised. Um, <laughs> I, I, it's very difficult know. to answer this question as as four white people. Yeah. Um, Ethan, maybe you've been privy to conversations about this. I mean, I do know there were sizable Black Lives Matter rallies, and I do know there are some people who would share some stories of theirs. From my perspective as an absolute outsider, um, someone who's lived in the States, someone who's lived in in America, well, the same place, someone who's lived in the UK, Canada, and the States, it does feel, from my outsider's perspective, markedly different. Um... It'll be interesting because I'm not even sure, like you said, Julian, I'm not sure how many people who've, uh, who've lived here have necessarily lived there as well and can make a make a comparison. Make a comparison. Mm. But, Ethan, I did sort of set you up. I'm going to see, is there anything yeah. that you can add? Um, it, it, it depends where you are. Obviously, we're in, we're in Norfolk, so when, when my girlfriend comes down, we, we've had conversations about won't go into the shop alone or my, my, my place of work, actually. Uh, my old place of work, I knew the security guard there. And she she went in uh, while I was working, and he basically just sort of followed her around until she left. And then the week after, when I came in with her, when I was not working, and he was he was security guarding there, um, saw me, took a couple of steps, and then saw like saw her, then saw me, then took a couple of steps away. Um, Norfolk, it's not as, it's just looks. It's a lot of looks that you see, like confused stuff. But even, even then, um, again, I can't, I can't talk to every experience, but there's still problems that, that happen in London. There was a video, I think, a few weeks ago where there was a, um, a young black boy who, um, was getting like harassed by a couple officers just because of what he was wearing. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's, it's because of the culture of what, of what, uh, people his age were. And because yep. of that, he was first down. He was doing not. He was doing nothing. He was he was just going to college. And again, this is from my still still limited perspective. And it will it will it, it will never be it will never be entirely accurate because you know that's that's how it is. And I I still won't ever understand. But even from what I've what I've seen over over time, it's it could be a lot better. 
Um, I don't think it's anywhere near as bad as what's happening in America. But even then, I think British racism is very different to American racism. It's it's a lot less explicit. It's a lot more subtle. I would agree with that. Um, I mean, John Boyega laid a very impassioned... I mean, I think everybody's seen that that speech he did. If you're over here on during the Black Lives Matter sort of protests and whatnot, and figured that he was going to end his career as a result of this, yeah. he even says that I probably won't work again as a result of his speech. And it's just the opposite. I mean, what, what if he? If John Blake will never have to look for work again. He's 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 set now. He's great. Um, I, I say that Shooty Gat was had a very weird weird week. I'll be honest. I I didn't hear what you said, buddy. Oh, uh, Shuti Gatwa, who's the 14th Doctor. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, now, very interesting week. Intersectionality again, right? We talked yeah. about this. He's not, because he's black, <laughs> but he's also gay. And so you have yeah. that sort of interlocking thing there. Um, he's very excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> I am so excited for this actor who I can now wait. <laughs> I just think he's so young. That's my thing. I'm like, I can't relate to these he's ones anymore. eight. Really? Yeah, he seems so young. Um, <laughs> I, I think the systemic stuff. I think Julian, the stories about the police officer who pulls you over and you're not sure if this is going to go your way or not. I, I, outsider's perspective, you don't hear stories about that nearly. I've I've never heard a story about that. No, we had an MP last year, the year before we had that. I but, remember Dawn, Dawn Butler. True. I guess the difference is we have like we remember individual instances. Yeah, as opposed to just a- it's the norm yeah so yeah i think i think it's different but i wouldn't it's this isn't the world where racism went to die there's still there's still a fight that's fighting here <laughs> oh definitely yeah but um no i think from a distance you look at what uh, we, we sort of see what's happening in the states and we go whoa that's uh that's intense and we said as well, it's More part of the police stuff comes down to the, the gun culture. The gun as well, culture as well. If, yeah. if we do, yeah. if we or anyone does get pulled over, we don't have to fear for he our sh- lives. No, no one thinks, for the most part, I don't think anybody thinks you're reaching for a gun for the most part. Uh, therefore, they can't respond with a gun. It's, uh, yeah, there's that side of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, <laughs> um, I, I was, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Well, while you think of that, I'll hit. We're in the end game now. Yeah, we are in the end game now. And if you if you find out what if you remember what that is, let us know, and we'll definitely talk about that. Um, Liam, it's that time though. We need a random word, buddy. Hairbrush. Hairbrush. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's a good one. It's, it's a loaded one in this one. Yes, Lo- loaded. Not even being a pun. Look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. Uh, the money. <laughs> The money, money, money. $25 million, $23 million budget. What does this film make? I saw it, so I can't play. Okay, Liam. Um, 65. 65. Ethan. 95. And Julene. I got 85. You're all way high. Oh, really? Yeah. 35. Wow. And only 5 million of that was internationally, which I think speaks to what we said. This but, feels yeah, like yeah, a yeah, very yeah. America-centric kind of film, and maybe it's... I, I, got, I mean, is it a that we? Oh, I'm, just, I'm trying to figure out why it's not released internationally. Is it because we're going not as applicable to us? Is it because we don't want to open these conversations? I don't know. I remember I saw ads for this on YouTube back in like 2018, and I was like, "Oh, I'd like to see that." And then it just it wasn't available anywhere. Only, even in like, yeah, it only took five. Even even the art house where where I'd go, it even it only work. took five mil. 
in the rest, like yeah. not even Britain, in the rest of the world. You know what I mean? That's crazy. So 30 mil in the U.S. and Canada, 5 mil rest of the world. That's mad. Well, it's just about release and who else are you up yeah. against? And other, other places make movies too. And this one might have been one where you went, okay, not to... Or you see how it does in the States. You go, do you want to release it else? It didn't do huge. So this film would have taken a loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause although it's, it makes 12 million more at first blush, like a bunch of that money goes to the cinema owners. A bunch of that money goes to advertising. the advertising. Yeah. So it probably lost a lot of money on it, actually. So uh, we didn't mention how this book was banned in a bunch of high schools. No, of course. It couldn't be put on the shelves because it, well, basically it's like in, in the States right now, because of critical race theory, like a bunch of textbooks are not are being rejected because anything that suggests that it's not an equal playing field okay. is being banned because we don't want to open. Are they worried it might incite something? Or? Yeah, in a sense, yeah. Oh, okay. What, what, what you're sort of really right-wing conservatives are going is we don't want white kids thinking that they should grow up feeling guilty. <laughs> And it's like I don't think it's it's that to sort of say you know history happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a thought. And it's, well, it's still happening. <laughs> this the thing about that that really just kind of chaps my ass is that it's <laughs> it's it's erasure. It's erasure yeah. at at multiple levels of erasure. And again, like I talked about, like the in like being indigenous being being multiple things it's erasing our history so that people don't understand you know how we got here and then the mandela effect we're gonna think oh this is just how it is this is brainwashing this is the very beginning of brainwashing you erase the truth and then you replace it with another truth and that really irks my soul like my daughter was invited to not invited she was her class had like a thanksgiving play and she came home with like construction paper headband and like a feather and i was like i was like honey what is this and they were like oh yeah she said i get to be part of squanto's tribe for the for the for the Thanksgiving play, and I was like, "Oh, well, you will not be in this play." Yeah, I would like to speak to your teacher. Yeah. And I I spoke to the teacher, and I was like, "I don't think this is appropriate." She's like, "Well, you know, we just we kind of do it so it's appropriate for little kids." And I was like, "Squanto was kidnapped and never saw his tribe again, and he was a slave." So you're asking my daughter the only black kid in your class oh, to play a slave for the Thanksgiving play. Yeah. And she was like, oh, I see. I was like, so she will not be participating, and I really suggest you rethink this. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's the thing, like, the teacher had no idea of this history. And this is what happens when you erase it. When we ban books and ban history, this is what happens. 
Uh, this is usually where we talk about who would you cast as who. I ain't touching uh, that with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm experiencing Chris's life, so, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. KJ Apper is from New Zealand, so we can throw that one yeah. at Ethan. KJ is from New Zealand. I'm learning. I'll be the random white guys in the back of the pickup while they're driving everybody to get the milk. That's me. That's all I want to be. Uh, no, I think it's fine. Um, whose story is it? That's obvious. What's the story here? That's, I think we've talked about that. Role of women. Mm. It's good. I really like it. Yeah, this is one of the better ones yeah. we've done. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. And I would just like to take the role of women time to just say thank you to Julene for correcting and educating me and the rest of us, both on the pod and in general, because I think it's easy as a white person with privilege and a voice, a platform, to think, to try to like try and be such an advocate that you go the wrong way sometimes. And thank you for correcting me especially earlier and educating me and i'm gonna get a bit emotional now because i think you're great <laughs> or or to try oh. i think there's a desire to want to see how we can relate to something and sometimes like we said off the top the answer is we can't mm. sometimes it's i get it i don't get it and i'm not going to be able to get it not on that level and uh we're just people here and we said at the start we're trying to have a conversation and as long as it's steeped in honesty, I think I think we're all right. As long as we're always coachable, I think that's all right. Yeah. I think that's <laughs> what makes this movie great is that it's it's relatable. It opens up a conversation. It shows the entire story. So you do not have to be black to understand this movie. You don't have to be a person of color to understand this movie. This this movie is like a window to to uh understanding each other like a walk a mile in the other guy's shoe kind of thing Mm -hmm. and and it's and it does it without demonizing anybody it's just it's 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 a really great movie that way and i that when when you guys were talking about police and the last time i was here i was like I was, I was like, I was scared for you as you were telling the story. I was like, oh my god! And you didn't get shot. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah. And then I was, <laughs> I thought of this movie. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I think I thought of. From being honest, I feel such sympathy for the police over here. <laughs> yeah, <I do. laughs> because they get so much stick from people. And it's like they're just trying to do their job, and sometimes oh, it's just dreadful. Um, it's so weird so how different. it's different. So it's different. so different. Yeah, like where I came from, Julene in Canada, we have our provincial police, and they're kind of like our. I think they're more like our heavily trained, sort of centralized, like police force. I guess like a state trooper, maybe. I don't know. But then we have our. There was a town I used to work in, and it had like its local police that basically was like you, you put a want ad in the paper, no. and people who apply will train you. But these are the guys who used to harass the young people, and that's in like a predominantly white community. They just harassed the youths because they were youths. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like then you add, you know, these these other elements. It's like, oh my god. So yeah, I think I think I sort of see. So in Canada, there was a little bit of. Wait, 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 hang on, which which was it? Was it on? Was it OPP or was it? It was local. Ah, for flippity <laughs> Um, best character, Maverick. Maverick for me, yeah, because he had flaws yeah. and he didn't always. He reacted. He was telling his children not to react in a certain way, and yet he did the opposite 
in different times. Yeah. You know, so he wasn't fully following his own code. Um, but you can understand it because he was emotional. And sure. we, we all get emotional. We all feel, you know, if a family is targeted, you want to do something about it. And that's what he what he did. So Maverick, for me, even though he was trying to bring his children up to do right and to feel and to understand their social awareness around them, he was also flawed in his own way when he get emotional, which was nice to see because he makes him human. Julian, what, what, what did you think? Who is the, who's your favorite character? Oh, I'm torn between Maverick and Khalil because Khalil was a good boy. He, he did bad things, but he was at his core good and he's an absent presence throughout the entire movie. Yeah, that's a good point. So, and it just, he, he he is kind of he becomes a symbol yep of yep. of you know what's wrong like the the health gap wage gap education gap he he becomes almost like the lamb that gets sacrificed so people can see what's wrong but i think maverick because this is a this is a strong black man that loves his wife, loves mm. his kids. He is a great role model almost. He yeah. made a mistake, he did his time, he came back and he tried to make it right. We, yeah. we we talked about that earlier, how often the media in either fictional or non-fictional narratives will present black men as absent fathers, as absentee, and to see such a strong paternal presence in this family uh, was uh, powerful. That's why he gets my vote. Ethan, really quickly, yours? Uh, oh, I'm torn between Maverick and Star. I'm going to go Star just because I, I love her arc and the fact that she gets to embrace her, her natural hair identity is, is beautiful. Georgia? I really like Mum. I don't know Mum's name, but I really liked her. I Dr. Mum. Dr. Mum. <laughs> um, just her, because obviously for her, it goes the step further as well. She's trying to look after her children, and that's that's really lovely. Okay, best moment or element? I'll go first, just to give people time to think really quickly. I'll go cinematography was brilliant throughout so i'll just say that as a blanket thing but my favorite scene is uh star and uncle carlos mm. at the at the dining room table just the, just the two of them in the in the morning that was my favorite uh, i appreciated the the nuance the more full i think julian said the fuller sort of um conversation that took place there julian how about you um the opening scene yeah when he says when it happens and it's gonna happen yeah. it wasn't if it was when and and when he starts explaining and it's just like i can feel the tension i feel the tears rising up and then and like i can i remember that this is a conversation i have with my own kids before they even leave the house every single time every time because kids need to be reminded. And that scene was just so powerful to me. Uh, really quickly, Georgia. Uh, the, I get the kind of the, the call back to that scene when they're lined up in the garden. The recite, uh, step yeah. seven. Step seven, yep. That, that. Any means necessary. Yeah. Liam. For me, it was the uh, little kid pulling the gun. <sighs> I did verbally go, oh, no. Yeah. And then, and then, um, star standing in the way. 
and calming everything down and everyone lowering their guns. We needed her at the Oscars. Yeah. We did. Yeah. We did. <laughs> we did. <laughs> Get between Will and Chris. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ethan. Uh, I was going to say Sakani uh, with the gun just because I've never wanted, I've never screamed and wanted to turn a TV off so much in my life. It really, really shook me to my core. Uh, but it, it, it's the re- Recite the Seventh is so, so impactful because Maverick's seen so much. He's lost so much. He's experienced so much. And he's still got that brave face of we, we're going to continue. We, we, we need to continue. And I, oh, it was, it was wonderful. Uh, Grumble. Oh, can, oh sorry. What, what? Can we give honorable mention to the mother sending seven and all her kids out, like trying to be trying to be tough, but really protecting her kids saying, oh, take your get him out of here. She told seven, get out of my house, take your brother and your sister with you. Yeah, and he, they were like, really? And she's like, yeah, I'm trying to get my drink on. I can't, you know, y'all, y'all getting on my nerves. But then as soon as that dude came in, she's like, go out the back. Yeah, like, protective. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like you can see sh- because a lot of the attitude is that we have to raise our children strong. The ki- The world is not going to be good to them. So we have to be hard on them. So they expect it. They are. They are raised to be part made of tougher stuff and like you see the again the difference between her and star's mom who is who raises them with love to be emotionally intelligent to be intelligent period and to value their education and pours pours love into the kids Mm as opposed to having to toughen them up. And I, when I first had my kids, I thought I had to be tough. I was raised tough. I was raised tough too. And I thought I had to do this too. But as a young mother, I started, I moved my kids out the hood and I started to realize this is not what they need. They need someone to pour love into them. And having what broadening your worldview helps you to see this. Mm. So I appreciated that scene. It, it wasn't my favorite, but I appreciate it. Like I, I saw it and I was like, this, this is something I should bring up too. <laughs> Very fun. Uh, grumbles, Georgia. I haven't really got one. Liam. Is his name Anthony Mackie? Yeah. 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 Him. <laughs> <laughs> he weren't he weren't menacing enough. No, I agree with that. Maverick overpowered him in every time. Every every go. Every time. Uh, nor do I think his car was anything all that special. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is, that like, is this supposed to be like some sort of gangster car? Because it's just like Had a cool screen. It's just like I got myself a new Prius, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. uh, Ethan. Some of the voiceover dialogue felt a bit stilted, but I don't know. It's not, but I think that might just be my thing. The way that she had to give some expository dialogue always felt a bit stilted but julie um i have a i have a couple grumbles i love this movie i have a couple grumbles um the grand jury scene like you said it wasn't long enough we really didn't kind of see what people go through in there because they go through a lot with the line of questioning and then it would have meant more that the grand jury didn't indict if they would have made us see 
what she had to go through, the excruciating pain of reliving that moment at the grand jury, it would have, it would have meant more. It would have, we would have felt it more like we need to feel more with this movie, but we would have (laughs) felt that frustration way more if we would have seen her having to relive it during the grand jury scene. Um, My other grumble is that it's, it gave like happily ever after feel. And when it's never happily ever after, it's an ongoing battle. It is ongoing conversation. And I'm not scared of Anthony Mackie. I'm not. (laughs) Anthony Mackie was a drug dealer in my neighborhood. I would disrespect him every day. (laughs) You get your Prius off my lawn. <laughs> um, exactly. Oh, well, this garbage car. Yeah. Get this car out of here. Uh, I think you've hit most of mine. Uh, definitely, we, we've talked about Anthony Mackie a lot. We've talked about the grand jury. And I think the King storyline is to give us a happy ever after moment at it the is. end where... Um, yeah. Uh, um, oh, I didn't... And I, here's my other thought. If you're going to go so far on Emmett Till, you probably better tell the audience who Emmett Till was because they just sort of mention him and go, because I post a picture of Emmett Till and they go, and then no explanations given. So yeah, I, I earlier had to do a bit of a, a history yeah. lesson to some peeps about Emmett Till. So uh, there's my history degree showing up, uh, which is unfortunate. It, it, it's, it's a horrendous story, but uh, a powerful one. Uh, I feel like, the assumption was that everybody knew who he was because that name is synonymous with the with the fight with the fight for equity equality and um his mother is basically like in my opinion is a brave woman yeah because after what they did to her son they told her to do a closed casket and she would not she she refused. She was like, you open this casket or I will break it open. And um, she did a close, she did an open casket uh, anyway. And everybody saw. And it was like, she, she did it so everybody could see the horrific nature of this crime. And people would call it a crime. Um, instead of covering it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> is this something that every American would know? Would, would they all know the name Emmett Till? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, 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 I'm not. I don't speak for everyone, but <laughs> you. I I feel like anywhere you yeah? go here, okay. People because I didn't learn Emmett Till until I went to uni. Like in Canada, it wouldn't be a thing at all. But again, it's not part of our history. Necess- well, not necessarily. It's not part of our history. We've done some horrendous things. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> that's just not one, one of one of ours. I only, I only learned about Emmett Till when George Floyd happened. That's oh, really? The only time I that's okay. when I first learned about it. So I make my students when we do um, do the right thing, and I make them learn about a bunch of. Um, violence against um black youths throughout the years and uh, one of the ones that we do is i make them learn about him itself so i got a, i got a, a small microcosm of british kids so i'm like learn about this it's an important it's an important name it's the photo i recognized yeah. not the actual yeah i don't show them that photo but no. that's just i show them the, the, the one before when he was you know yeah 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 smiling yeah um yeah. ethan it's that time uh, oh. Oh, sorry. The, I was going to say, they don't teach Emmett Till in school, but it's one of those things oh, okay. where we, 
we all just know. Okay. I never want to hurt my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? That is a very distinct tonal shift from the Emmett Till story yeah, to here. Yeah. But we're going to try and, and continue on through. Ethan, uh, age game, age game. Let's all play the age game. What you got, buddy? Yeah, so first we have Amanda uh, Stenberg. Uh, who played Star. Okay. Star, yeah. Uh, let's have Julian go first. I'm going to go me, Georgia, Liam. Really quickly around the virtual table. So you said she played Rue, right? So I did. That was like, I'm going to go t- 22. Uh, I'm going to go with 24. Seen it. Okay. Liam? 23. All around, uh, sort of uh, 19. Oh, wow, oh. younger than we thought. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, then we have Regina Hall, who played the mother. Mum. 40. Uh, 37. 43. Oh, I was going to go that. 42, then. Uh, Ian was 10 years off. She's 47. Wow. <laughs> so I thought, for a minute, I thought I'd won. <laughs> <laughs> Not Sorry. the furthest away. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> uh, then we have Russell Hornsby, who is Maverick. Oh, Ooh. he owns this movie. He does. He's so my favorite. Um, hmm. What do you got, Juline? Uh, 45. Oh, I was going to go that. 46, I'll say. 50. 56. Juline was the closest 43. Wow. He's younger. Oh, look wow. at that. Wow. Uh, next, we have KJ Apper. Oh, Archie Andrews himself. Yeah. Okay, which character did he, he play? Plays, oh, he uh, plays Chris. Chris. 19? 22. 25. 27. Ooh, 20. Oh. Julian's got it again. Well done. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, we have the least anti- uh What's the word I'm looking for? The least threatening man in Hollywood. We have Anthony Mackie. Oh. oh. 32. I'm going to go 36. 37. 42. Uh, I'd say Liam and George were the closest. 39. Wow. Wow. I'm I was trying to remember what his age was at the last episode that he was talking about. I'm useless at this one, but that is okay. Thank you very much. The critics, the critics. Uh, 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, Georgia. What do we got? Yeah, we have got... uh, Kimboli Campbell from uh, Little White Lies. She says, worthwhile, but the dialogue lingers in the mind far more than the imagery does, which I disagree with. Oh, disagree with that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Famuera from uh, Empire Magazine. He says, a sophisticated adaption of a hugely important book that adeptly handles its daunting themes and provides a platform for star-making performance of Amanda Stenberg. Uh, then we've got uh, Richard Roper, rather than Eves, obviously, yeah. uh, from Chicago Sun-Times. He says, Tillman has an excellent touch for quietly impactful scenes with Star and her family, as well as the news footage-style depictions of marches and protests that go sideways. We've got, uh, I put out a fleece, as per usual. Uh, not a huge take-up. I think it's probably just one of the ones that people haven't encountered mm. as much. Yeah. But with the limited number that we got, 57% call this a great film. So if you've seen this, you think it's good. Uh, great, not good. Good 29, okay, 14%. So there we go. Uh, what do we have from the Patreon backers? Georgia, the Patreon. So we have got uh, Dwayne Smith, who says... Dwayne Smith? This is a difficult film to Dwayne comment Smith. on. Oh, right, I'm supposed to let Julene do that. My bad. <laughs> thank, you okay. for, thank you for, uh, for, for, for taking that. <laughs> <laughs> he says, this is a difficult film to comment on. The fact that the event portrayed in this film have never happened 
that have have happened is disgusting but the fact that they continue to happen is totally unbelievable and unacceptable in the uk gun violence is so rare it's not a culture i'm used to i can't fathom what it's like to live in this environment and the stress pain and worry it must cause every day this story is heartbreaking it's told so well it draws you in and instantly feel connected with the main characters and care about what happens to them it had me in floods of tears and who was that Dwayne Smith. Well written, Dwayne Smith. Very well written. Poet laureate for a reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, next, we have got Nate, who says, an all too realistic look at police shootings in the aftermath in America. I cried quite a few times during this film and even once during the credits. The acting is superb and still crazy that this is a common occurrence even today. More people need to see this movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's an important film. Yeah. yeah. That's the word I was, As opposed to maybe some bits about how it's made... Mm. And the it's an important film. It tells an important story. It tells an important story that yeah. I think people need to be exposed to, so they can have that conversation. Mm. Uh, next up, we have got Katie McRae, who has written us uh, her essay as usual. Essay of the week. <laughs> uh, she says we're, we're, we're going to do a five hundred word word count. <laughs> I think I need to a five hundred character word count at some point. Uh, I learned and grew in my understanding of systemic racism and the rampant injustice of the black community in America when George Floyd and other protests broke out in early 2020. I realised my need to educate myself. Many movies and documentaries regarding this topic were streaming on TV during the time and The Hate You Give was one of them. This movie did an excellent job of giving me a glimpse of several of the dynamics of the racism that plagues our country. I also read White Fragility by Robin DiAngelo which was super insightful. This movie portrayed the talk that black parents have to have with their children to prepare them what to do and say and not say. Uh, if they're ever stopped by the police due to racism, they portrayed how the police often profile black males for, from poor neighbourhoods. The police officer who kills, who shot Khalil assumed that Khalil was reaching for his gun in his car. Shoot first, ask questions later. They portrayed how white police officers are almost never in, uh, indicted for uh, wrongful murder of black people. We've since made progress through the George Floyd and Ahmed Abri cases. It's about time. It touched on a poverty cycle. Khalil had to make money for to take care of his family but couldn't get a decent job so he fell under the control of the king laws in order to survive i believe this negative cycle is perpetuated by systemic racism it touched on the subtle but not so subtle racism ignorance of her white privileged friends as seen in Haley. the theme of this movie centered around the vicious cycle of racism poverty violence and injustice and the inner city black community hence the title the hate you give passes on to future generations because nothing breaks the cycle the message of this movie is that we all need to break the cycle. White people need to educate themselves and be honest about their own racism. Black people need to speak out. White people need to listen. Well written. Mm. If you consider how little time we gave her, because we were pretty late getting the fifth share rankings yeah. up, she must use every moment between when we <laughs> put it up there and now typing. So thank you very much, yeah, thank you. Katie. Incredible. And then finally, we've got Reverend Bruce. He says, this movie is ever more relevant since the murder of George Floyd in 2020. In a simple but powerful way, it explains the issue of systemic racism that African-Americans face in America. Early on, we see the father, Mav, having the talk with his children about what to do if they are stopped by the police. My African-American neighbour has already had the talk with his kids, a conversation we have never had to have with ours. There are many great performances in this film, but Amanda Sendler as star um, is especially sensational. We see her trying to navigate the world of her neighbourhood and her prep school, at first not quite sure how to act in either after witnessing the shooting of her friend khalil she struggles to find her voice she finally does so at the end um when she takes the bullhorn the question is are we listening mm. well said reverend bruce thank you very much those two are very good yeah, they, very they, good 
not necessarily concise, but very good at writing what they write. Yeah. You can tell he writes good sermons. Uh, you're always looking at the preacher, like, okay, how long? How long we go? On, how long we go on this week? <laughs> Uh, thank you very much. Um, it actually happens. I don't have any write-ups in the fledgling fandom on this one. So wow. uh, thank you very oh, much, wow. folks. I think it just speaks to... Um, I said it was an important film. And so depending on what you were in the mood for when you went to the cinema that week, or you know, if it's if it's this or if it's the latest Marvel thing or if it's the latest it's weird how those are the things that we gravitate to and something like this is something we're going, ah. And some people just want escapism. And, you know, most weeks we're more than happy to give you some escapism. But this week, uh, it's an important film. It is. I'm glad that we, uh, definitely glad that we have done this. Uh, If you like this film, you would like, I've made reference to about five times already. You would like Do the Right Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's a very nuanced uh, situation with a very nuanced conversation. And one that picks up on the idea of they're black, but they're different black that socially yeah. acceptable blackness that blackness that we find cool yeah or you know helps us identify who we are and that's a really interesting conversation and one that i get to teach and i'm quite lucky that i get to teach so um that's one for sure uh, I, I, feel you, like, I feel like the hate that hate the hate you give should be on should be on the curriculum for film school I'm not going to fight you on that. <laughs> um, I'd say also we did an episode on one night in Miami, which was, oh, which yeah. was a see it or skip it where, you know, again, we sort of put ourselves on the side and went, yeah. let's, let's think, let's listen to what they're talking about as far as what does it mean to be a leader in the black community mm-hmm. and go, here's the different perspectives and how they can't even agree, but it's just great to sit in the room and sort of uh, hear what's going on. Yeah. So those are ones that I would recommend. Um, Julian, anything that you recommend? Um, we just watched my recommendation. Yeah, that's true. We did watch uh, your recommendation. Hidden figures. Hidden Hid- oh, figures. hidden figures! Absolutely, yeah. hidden figures. Hidden figures. Uh, the color purple roots, beloved. Oh, yeah. The these are uh, oh uh, anything by Maya Angelou. I know why the cage bird sings. Uh, yeah. Singing and swinging and having uh, oh what is that? I, for, I forgot that Joy Luck Club stuff like stuff like that because the help. if this the help yeah um just there's just so many uh, so many there we go so many recommendations um the the biography the biography of Madam C J Walker uh just, there's just uh. Uncle Tom's Cabin. <laughs> yeah. Uncle Tom's Cabin. Uh, it's a play that gets done quite often here. Um, let's talk about ratings. Yeah. Ratings, ratings, ratings. Uh, what do we got? What do we got? Let's start with uh, Liam. I'd never heard of this film when we started watching it. Um, I I like things close to the knuckle, but I have to be in the right mood for things that are truth-driven. Um it really hit me at points and I associated the character I, I, I liked the most was Maverick. Um, I also like Starb and there's other characters I liked and stuff like that. But um, it was so far removed from my life. All I kept thinking was I kept seeing things black and white, right and wrong, you know, and I couldn't understand why this was happening. So I was getting annoyed as well as upset by stuff. Uh, and it really had a profound effect on me. And I think I'm going to be thinking about this film for the next few days, to be fair. 
So I'm going to give this, apart from Anthony Mackie, <laughs> not being a great actor in this or a presence in this, I'm going to give this eight and a half jury members. Yeah, eight and a half jury members. <laughs> <laughs> Out of ten. Out of ten, yeah. Okay. Uh, Georgia? This got me. I didn't know what to expect, but it got me and it got me big time. Um I'm quite emotional when it comes to films anyway, but this one, I, I genuinely don't think I had a dry eye for more than the first two minutes, and even that was slightly weepy. Um, it just is, I think it's just so important. I think it should be watched more. I think these stories need to be told more because especially over here, we are we are ignorant to it and we do have white privilege and all these things, and I think it's really important that we educate ourselves so that we can be effective allies in that. Um <laughs> And this film did an amazing job of letting us have a look at the world that we're not part of, um, whilst not shunning us for not being part of it. Uh, but just as a, it was a window and it was really lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a couple of flaws in the film itself. If we're going from like a filmmaking standpoint, like Anthony Mackie and the lack of time spent in the grand jury. Um, so it's not perfect, but it's, it's very, very close to it. So I'm giving it nine and a half. Wow. Wow. All right, uh, Ethan. Um, there is a lot to this film that you can unpack and think about and discuss. As, as we have, I think we're getting close to like four hours. Yeah, we at are. This point because there is there is so much to this film. But f- removing the narrative from a filmmaking perspective as well, after all of the importance this film already has, the cinematography is stunning. The use of audio throughout you, you focus on certain sounds sort of the entire sound to really understand the perspectives you can get the, the overall score as well, being very subtle at points and more booming throughout lighting, the use of lighting, as we said, during the party, all of it is so so impressive and every performance except anthony mackie is is wonderful <laughs> i feel very mm-hmm. bad that i'm ragging on anthony mackie but I this guess- f- this film is phenomenal uh and for that i'm also going uh nine and a half sneakerheads wow, out of wow. ten this is just it, it, it's phenomenal i get the feeling anthony mackie won't be listening to our podcast yeah. <laughs> to be honest, though, if Anthony Mackie is the worst thing in your film, you've got a pretty yeah. good film there. Uh, Julian. <laughs> yes. Um, originally in the Patreon, I put eight because I was, I like I said, the grand jury, I felt like it would have meant more if there was more time. But I want to bump it up to nine. I I feel like I should bump it up to nine improperly clean sneakers out of ten. <laughs> um, oh, I feel I'm going to be the lowest. I'm going to be the lowest, and uh, I, I I enjoyed this movie very much, and I think there's some. I I think it's an important movie. I'm not sure it's a brilliantly made. I mean, I can see why it's 93, percent but that means it's nine point three to ten. It means that 93 percent of people liked it. You have a villain who's not acted well. You have a villain who's in there to give a happily ever after story about a story that can't have a happily ever after. No, and it's a little bit too neat. Um, also, I think Haley's descent into being I'm a racist happens like a flip of a coin and it's like she's just all the way racist. Yeah. And I thought um, there was I wish there was more. I wish there was more. I keep going back to that common scene. I wish there was more of that where we were looking but i think it's still a very strong actually i'm not my lowest i'm on from the lowest i'm gonna tie for the lowest (laughs) i'm gonna go 
eight and a half out of ten. I don't want to give it a joke on this one. I'm gonna go eight and a half out of ten. Um because yeah, it's just got some flaws. It's got some flaws I can't move past. But it's an important film. And I think sometimes those are are different things. Mm. And so I'm gonna go eight and a half. Uh, where did the Patreon go? Who is the voice of the people this week? Uh, so the voice of the people is actually quite low. So the Patreon went with eight. Eight. Yeah. I almost went eight. Mm. But then I got, I, I bumped, I bumped up. I almost went eight too. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. It's uh, it's an important film. It is. It's a very important film. And it fostered conversation. And if you're sitting there going, guys, you got on for almost four. Yeah, it fostered a conversation. Yeah. And mm. a conversation sometimes that can't be rushed. No. So... <laughs> There we, I, think, yeah, Julie, I think you've broken our record for our longest episode ever. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, Julie. <laughs> I, th- I think that's why I chose it because it does. It starts a conversation. It starts a conversation without putting people on the defensive. And I think that is oftentimes the missing element of this conversation. And if you want to start a conversation and get involved and come pick a movie and have us go for i'm not promising you four hours (laughs) but we'll bring you on we'll chat about what you want get a hold of us on the patreons patreon.com slash bfe lots of tiers for those three pounds you can get involved in some capacity that's five us dollars but we do have a tier that lets you come on and talk about it like reverend bruce does like julian does like hermes does we'll see hermes in just a couple of weeks actually in fact but now we're going to talk about what we are doing next week it says in my notes q george i'm there okay it's really interesting that we talked about uh some powerful characters this week not named anthony mackie (laughs) we talked about uncle carlos we talked about maverick and next week we're also going to talk about maverick and about iceman because next week we are we feel the need the the need need for speed speed. we're doing top gun next week are we gonna watch the new one as well when that comes out well that is the theory why i'm doing this because the new one is out and getting very good reviews so next week we are going to be doing maverick but we want to thank julene this week we're not doing maverick we're doing top gun we're doing top gun (laughs) we want to thank julene this week for bringing this film to the table letting us uh and and being really open about conversations and experiences you have that we can't relate to and sort of also kind of through that opening our our window again to a different world in a different capacity than just even the film did Mm -hmm. yeah so thank you very much thank you thank you you're welcome thank you you for being open to watching it that's why i knew it was a tough movie that's why i I I was like you're not wrong i was like are you guys okay with this movie (laughs) here we are (laughs) i asked i asked permission so please join us next week uh, it was it was between this and uh taxi driver don't 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 ruin the 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 plug for next time jeez Oh, okay. Sorry. Here we go. You're all right. Yeah, it was between this and a couple of movies that may be about public transportation and the people and the people who man them. <laughs> Thomas and the Rainbow Railway. Is that what it's called? <laughs> the conductor, whatever his name is, Mister yeah. Conductor from Thomas the Tank Engine. So, no, uh, but there's definitely a bus driver in it. There we are. <laughs> It's speed. Uh, please join us next week when we tackle a different form of transportation altogether with Top Gun. Woo. For best film ever, I've been Ian. I've been Liam. Yeah, I've been Ethan. And I've been Jolene. And I've been Georgia. And this week we heard a lot about of Tupac. 
and the hate you give. Well, if I can flip it, I believe it was Paul McCartney who once said, in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. Oh. We'll catch you on the flippity flap. The flippity flip flop. <laughs> <laughs>